triangle talk on the phone. It's some energy fucking with enemies. It's getting tempting to run in your home. <laughs> Buddy, I do it alone. Cuddy said, where are my homes? Don't just go hit him because I got to drive. You focus on aiming at me. August 4th. You motherfuckers be lucky as fuck that ain't nobody envious of you enough. Take it from me like a brother who dug off the mud on his hip and ended up cuffed. Then he just gets back. I won't get into new music right now, whatever, right? But because this is, I'm still again. Whenever new music's released, the albums at least are from last week. But then the mix of them, I have some of this week's singles. You know what I mean? This one's one of them. Because Easy Mill, Eminem's new artist, him and Drake, you know, co-signed him. He's a Filipino dude. You know what I mean? He's a Filipino white dude, I think. I'm not sure. But Eminem's on here. And the reason why I'm playing this because I'm going to talk about what Eminem's saying. Because here's the thing, man. This guy this guy is really running into the ground about like being hated for being... Listen, I understand there's gatekeepers who happen to be black that might not like... Like, might not give you your dues. Not because, like, they fucking hate Eminem, per se. But it's like, everyone in the system is kind of limited. And it's like... Like, the... Like, the... You know, like... the like That's why I kind of respect what Benzino was trying to say. Not so much against Eminem, per se, whatever. Because I always felt like Eminem was a puppet. But calling out the people that are fucking putting Eminem in the fucking forefront, even though he was supposed to be discredited because other people in the hip-hop industry hate him because he wasn't, like, you know, he, he turned the source into a complete shit show, essentially. So there's always, there's always been, you know, always been that kind of thing, whatever. In the 2010s, it seemed like, because, like, there was more, like, you know, awareness about, you know, some of the fucking stuff that, like, these executives put out, even though I felt like it was too gimmicked in the sense that it just automatically became about the, like, it became about Macklemore, it became about anyone who's a white rapper, so to regular people who just see, like, who are not, because like, if you don't bring up the bigger fucking picture of, like, why white rappers are will, will be propped up in in a you know in a, in a, in, a, in a you know in a predominantly black art form and you you don't go over the history of like you know what has happened in other art forms for, that's been taken from black people if you don't like disclose that cuz again I never used to look at that in that way so when you whenever you would have like rappers in the industry or like black publications in the hip-hop industry, shitting on, like, the white rapper, and you don't really have, like, uh, you know, a grasp of, like, the systemic shit that goes on and all that kind of shit and how, what they're called, like, you know, they kind of, like, limit what other black artists can do and then all... I, I mean, there's layers to it, like, you know what I mean? And then with the... And, but making it seem like it's a, 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 it goes to regular people, then... So, 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 then, reg, so then regular people... So then when we do it, then regular people will have, like not the best understanding of it because of how of what celebrities are using it for their cause even though they might be talking in code about the system essentially so they got to limit it so it always looks like oh look the black rappers or the black publications are picking on like you know Eminem and all that like that's how I used to kind of fucking view it before knowing you know the 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 greater thing of like the the, whole, the the greater thing about it and 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 now because like in the two thousand tens they were kind of pushing down against Eminem's accomplishments. Like here's the thing, I I was always more about calling out what like the like you know like you know uh, the purpose of like you know uh, of why Eminem has been propped up by the fucking system, whatever. 
especially in a, you know, a black art form, you know what I mean, like, like, you know what I mean, like, not that it's, like, Eminem per se is, like, you know, solely his thing, it's, like, the people behind, behind, behind him, essentially, you know, like, you know, like, the fucking, like, the political, fuck, the special interests that have shit, you know, that, like, you know, that have a fucking say in every fucking, you know, entertainment form, basically, you know what I mean, kind of like the, like, you know, the Howard Stern level fucking shit, like, you know, the Trump level fucking shit, like, that kind of, like, oh, anti-authority kind of deal. So, when you, when, when, when you have that, um, when you, when you have that, like, looking, so, so the 2010s, people would also just dismiss his accomplishments, right? And I, I never really fuck with that, you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna go after, like, you know, like, why you think, like, you know, like, the, like the, the, the Eminem propaganda that, you know, was around for the last 20 years, if you, like, you know, uh, if you fucking, like, got to the behind-the-scenes shit about that, and not just, oh, well, uh, you know, he's a culture vulture, blah, 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 because people are always gonna point out, you know, this guy, like, listen, man, he, he, you know, he, like, may have had, like, you know, an easier time breaking through, but the guy still fucking knows how to rap and all that kind of shit, he doesn't, he, people, he doesn't have any topic manner, but, you know, he, he does repeat some of the same fucking shit, but he still has, like, substance in his fucking shit, the thing is, he's one of these bigger artists who's, like, 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 one of, if, if you're a big artist, you're, you're basically used as a fucking, as a propaganda tool or a truth teller on some level. So there's some themes that if you look deep into, he is kind of exposing different themes of, like, of, of like, uh, like, for example, when he visits, uh, when he, like, visits, like, the whole, uh, you know, like, murder and, like, and, and, and rape shit. To me, I would look at that, the commentary of, like, you know, that you know, uh, the people that he is around, kind of, like, people that he's seen, like, he know, like, he, 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 he knows that those kind of, thought, like, like, those people, those kind of people exist in the fucking system, essentially, like, you know what I mean, like, he, I mean, like, the detail he fucking has is, like, he's seen some fucking shit, so, like, you know what I mean, like, he, even if something comes back to bite him in the fucking, like, let's say he gets revealed as being a fucking rapist or something, I'm not saying he is, I'm just saying, let's say that happens, there's, like, countless amounts of fucking songs that, like, this guy is, like, showing you the... It, it's, it's like Sopranos to me a little bit. Like, the, like, like they sh- literally show you what kind of c- crimes can be committed. And part of you wonders if, like, because showbiz is like a mafia, and each fucking... And because there's people on the lower end of... Like, on the lower level on Sopranos, like, some of the one-off characters and all that, or people that were in for a couple episodes, because, like, they got into, like, serious fucking trouble. Part of me wonders if it's all, like, kind of, like, initiation type of fucking deal, and it's kind of an exposition that, like, some of these showbiz fucking, uh, factions or inst- or institutions themselves are the ones that are fucking committing, like, they're showing you in their art what they have been committing, basically. So, on, on that level, I always feel like there's some hidden truth in either, like, either about kind of the, about the world or how, how everyone's kind of a fucking puppet and fucking used to, like, do some shit, or whether it's um, him, like, admitting to fucking, you know, potential fucking crime that might fucking come out in the future, or him, like, kind of self-confessing that he might be homosexual because he put that out in the interview, right? But again, so, again, I know I didn't get to the fucking song, but just when, when Eminem is pushing that whole, like, oh, I'm, I'm a white rapper and they're hating on me and they're saying that I'm a guest because, the, because in the 2010s that would have been pushed out, pushed 
push back against. Because now, what they call, there's a whole movement now, and I feel like, like, it's, it reminds me of, like, the 90s when I saw, like, a lot of pro-blackness, and everyone wanting to be, like, oh, I want to be associated with a black person, or, like, like, the, like, for example, like, you'd see some of, like, some brown people you know, right, like, in, like, junior high, right, with the cold, because, it, like, for example, like, he would, like, denounce, like, like, even being Indian because he considered himself more black, and so to me, like, I didn't understand the whole, you know, again, I didn't understand, right, but I, I just go, why would you be ashamed of who you are? Why would you want to be another, you know what I mean? So it always seemed like everyone, like, they made it seem in, in such a way, right, because there's nothing wrong with pro, pro-blackness. But the, but for, for dumbed-down people who weren't really familiar with, like, everything, everything that it entails, whatever, you would think that people were, like, scared of black people and that, what they called, they had to, like, suck up to them and all that kind of shit. And it would, and, and and then if, if you were really being like keeping it real, right? You would fucking like you know like get more aggressive if like uh you know um like because the stereotype was oh look see people are only nice to black people because they're scared of them. So whenever like somebody has like an aggressive pushback, it's like oh wow this guy really you know. And it felt like in the two thousands there was an overall thing in society where ever like anyone who claimed us like who brought racism up. And with the call, like the, the the perception by like the by like the like the the overall system, like the narrative that would ha- like, between the Howard Stern show and Opie and Anthony show and different fucking talk shows and all that kind of shit, they would push back on the narrative of like, oh look, this guy's crazy because they they would acknowledge like obvious racism, but if someone's calling out the racist fucking system, they would act like, oh look, you the you know you're going way too fucking far. So I was noticing in the two thousands in the late nineties. If and like I said before, I mentioned it during podcast, it felt like the whole OJ Simpson thing was like a cycle. On, on like, I mean, like it was real, obviously, but it was like a psychological experiment on people having racial divide. Cause I started noticing that where like where like you know um p- p- people would be would be more aggressive towards oh if you defend OJ Simpson, that must mean you support murder. Yet like there's the, the people who are like pushing against this a lot are the ones that are supporting even more problematic people in the fucking system. So, like, so in the 2010s, you thought that there was going to be more, like, there was more of an energy in the overall sense of, like, social progress and being more aware and being more knowledgeable about the systemic racism and how it's played a fucking factor and how there's, like, like, uh, you know, anti-blackness in the fucking system. And now since the fucking Black Lives Matter fucking protest in 2020, it seems like now it's, like, that was, like, the crossing fucking the line for a lot lot of fucking people who like say they're supporting supporting like 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 they support the social cause and all that kind of stuff to now kind of push back against people that claim fuck like for example they had no problem um people in the system had no problem promoting karen videos and now the same people that are promoting the karen videos are the ones that are now pushing back against oh my god you white people have it so fucking hard listen other regular fucking white people who might not fucking have the fucking knowledge and n- know the fucking whole thing other than what's presented to them like those people i feel bad for in the sense that i don't want them to feel like oh shit i'm gonna be hated forever so i might as well join the fucking white supremacist fucking 
the side, which won't be a, a promotional tool of like, hey, join white supremacy. It will be lured in with like sophisticated propaganda of like, hey, see, these people are never gonna like you. Uh, come join. Like those, like, like those people, I would want to fucking reach out to the people, like the regular, you know, obvious, obvious ones, not bad faith fucking actors who are fucking sports entertainers and have platforms and they're a sports entertainer online. You know what I mean? So so now it feels like there's a pushback. And I know I'm going all over the fucking place with this. But with the call, but like, it just, because now there's people, I see people commenting on this fucking song. And people like are now like, oh yeah, you see, they're trying to fucking shut down Eminem because he's fucking white. So, so he, so this is him basically in his heel mode now. And he's joining the fucking, like the narrative of like, oh my God, woe is me because I'm white in this industry. Even though like you, like, even though you're like, you're not some regular fucking guy. You're a guy that has the advanced fucking knowledge of, of why there would be like vitriol toward, like, towards the notion of, like, white rappers being propped up. Like, you could open the conversation up more. But now, because it becomes an on-the-surface on thing, people then automatically think because there's gatekeepers who happen to be black who might fucking, you know, not put Eminem on their top fucking five or ten top ten list that suddenly Eminem is being ultimately oppressed. And that's how I used to fucking fall for it back when, like, I had fucking limited understanding of it. And I see it being repeated. And and now that with the call, we're moving more into a right wing direction to make it seem like oh my god, like uh, you know, like oh look, w- w- like white public figures are the ones that are the real fucking victims and all that kind of shit. That's like the kind of fucking shit that Eminem was kind of leaning into here, in my personal opinion. You know, like like when Lord Jamar was talking shit, it fucking you know what the call people were agreeing with it. Now Melly Mel talks shit. And now it feels like more people are pushing back, like, oh, we're not going to have another Lord Jamar situation here. That's what it fucking feels like. Turn, I'm the realest independence and everybody gonna be envious of my beginnings. Got a service for the sinners with bodies, so stop trying to be another addition. Cause I'm the realest independence and everybody gonna be envious of my beginnings. Got a service for the sinners with bodies, so stop trying to be another addition. I done got hit in the head, barely survived that shit. Minus a 9 from 10, them and them spots still exist. But fuck a position, I'm tuning them in. Little you rock out with it. I ain't never gonna be an opt out, miss it, get the Glock out with it, get the pop and dip out See, of this, with the homies we mind. This song, he's this guy's pretty good. The other song I heard from him. The other, song, the other song I heard from him, um, I, I'll play it afterwards, but he sounds like Pete Davidson is, like, having a rap gimmick. And he's like, this is like you know what I mean? Like, it's, it sounds like Pete Davidson doing a character. But in this song, he sounds pretty, I guess because it's Eminem, so. Chain on them, wanna rap, they can see the meal gatling, filling up mags, I'm finna go clapping, getting that bag with a gold beat rabbit, I know they hate this flow. I'm in the mode to get to killing again with the best taking your dope, you never getting a penny unless still in the flow, so I'm gonna it again, it's a test, take it, he holds, they get the bitch in the big and the breast, nevertheless, I'm gonna get it in a way that you can never better, instead of setting a better, but let up with the beretta, make it do good, do good, do your bitches in front of better, cause I'm kinda getting fed up, always leaving y'all wet up, like, I'm the realest in the business, and everybody gonna be heavy, it's time I begin, got a service for the sinners who body, so stop trying to be in another game, cause I'm the realest in the business, and everybody gonna be heavy, it's time I begin, Cause I've really no right to complain much. Hip hop has been good to me, huh? But when they say that I'm only top five, cause I'm white, why would I be stunned? My skin color's still working against me. Cause second, I should be the none. See, like, 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 dude, if, if you were younger and he fucking was like genuinely in this game and he felt like he doesn't understand the systemic shit that goes on. 
whatever, I could understand how you might come to that conclusion, oh, well, I'm, I'm being picked on because I'm being white, so how, you know, how's this different from, you know, when, when, um, when white people do to black people? But he knows a lot fucking better, and you're putting that fucking whole notion out there that, oh, my God, I'm not being concerned. Like, dude, pe- there's enough people that give you fucking props, bro. There's enough people that give you fucking props. People recognize your fucking accomplishments. Yeah, there's some people who are not going to recognize your fucking accomplishments, and they won't fucking give a nuanced answer for it. So it'll look like it'll look like they're just hating, even though they probably don't want to fucking get into all the fucking systemic fucking shit. Because how do you really explain it? I'm struggling right here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know if I fucking did it properly. I explained it from a dumbed down guy's perspective of how I used to think, basically. Nope, that's why they can't put me at one. They're coming with more venom, so the haters I'm aiming it toward them. And all the envious rappers I torch if I'm on a joint with them. And that is the only retort, is I'm not played in the clubs. Motherfucker put a cork in it, only reason they still play your shit in the club is because you still perform in them. I am a guest in this house, but I turn this bitch to a mansion. That's an expansion, made it gargantuan. England, Germany, France, and Japan's in this bitch, even Dubai. Because my music, they Dubai. You died trying to sign just two side guys, just put down a screw my head up the blue eyed devil. I never quit, do I? Because you know you get washed like a bar soap. Pussy, you wouldn't give a cigar to smoke. I know it eats at your heart like an artichoke because you know that's how likely you are to choke. Your heart is broke as I pick you apart. I go bananas, proceed to spit every bar. Bro. I was spitting before my mother's water broke. It's not even close, you bitch. I'm my father, go. Gen Z is acting like rap experts. Sip up the gaps and close your mouths. Yeah. Bitch, you ain't been on this planet long enough to tell me how rap's supposed to sound. Y'all need to stick to what you do best. Shooting schools up, yeah. Go load up rounds in your parents' gaps and go to class and let off with the strap and go to town. Shout to the Furious Five and Grandmaster Flash, but boy, boy, there's someone who really is furious. Stay out his path, his wrath, avoid her. And I'll be the last to toy with a true set whose brain is like half destroyed, like a meteor hit it. Well, then went Melly Mel. We lost his asteroid scams. God was like, I got him, but I'm gonna start him at the bottom of the barrel. Brought him in the world where the mother was in volume and his father was a coward. Taught him as a child when the fucking body was around. How to get himself up and out of poverty and now not even a growl in his stomach. Gotta be a hound. So they put your body in the ground. Probably gonna sound like a cliche, but when haters try to get you down, say, fuck him. I'm the witness and the witness, and everybody gonna be envious. So I'll be Here's the other song from this guy, Easy Nell, that I heard. So this one sounds okay. like Pete Davidson yeah. a little bit. Uh. Okay, okay, easy, yeah, look. Uh, fuck that mainstream shit. If I ain't got a piece, I got a couple sharp things slip. I said that you mad. It's so like Pete Davidson doing an Eminem, like, 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 like a 99 Eminem fucking. No, no, a 2002 Eminem fucking. Uh, a 2002 Eminem fucking impression. Product from the trap for the raid hit Cause I'm up on my price while opposition remains sick I ain't ducking them bullets you siding me Why you hiding your face but my eyes can see That we're deep in the season for crapping street Watch me chill down my seat while I'm sewing my D And it goes like up down Couch plow, wanna see you duck now Uptown, chunk chow, bouncing at the club It go like up down, clutch plow Wanna see you duck now Uptown, chunk chow, bouncing at the club It go like up down Anyways, so yeah, that that just kind of pissed me off. You know what I mean? I I figure I'd start with an easy topic, but I don't think I fucking really conquered that one properly. You know, I'm kind of a fucking idiot. But yeah, no, that was the one. You know, that was how I could start. Again, I, I could go into this fucking you know this Trump arraignment shit. Thing is, it's one of the it's one of those stories where like I probably should just like let it fucking play out because then I gotta keep up with all these fucking details. 
Plus, I, I probably have... Again, I'm going to try to conquer the Trump stuff. And I'm going to conquer the fucking... The woman, the women's issue with WWE and the AEW. Because, like, that became a whole fucking thing itself. And I, you know, I didn't cover it on the recap portion. So I'm going to go off of my memory. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Because there's layers to it. You know what I mean? Like, the overall thing, I think... I'll get into it a bit. But the overall thing I'll say is that, like... There's more focus again. I, I'm not saying these these, these women's experiences are not fucking valid at all. whatsoever, um, you know, um, whatsoever, whatever. I think they actually are legit. But what makes it more psychotic and sociopathic, in my personal opinion? Now you don't have to fucking buy into my fucking opinion. I know being conspiratorial means I'm fucking right wing or something like that. I'm not a fucking right wing fucking guy. I'm allowed to be conspiratorial, and you know, again, you know, you don't have to fucking agree with it. I'm not fucking trying to, uh, you know, I'm just doing it for my own fucking sanity because of all the fucking chaos going on. So what makes it more psychotic though is that I feel th- these things. There's been more focus on declining the woman's quality on purpose, sabotaging it, and then, you know, uh, and then focusing more on these work shoot elements. Where, like, you know what I mean, where you have swole kind of, like, I mean, that it, it, like, this is where the, like, there had to be a controversial social media discourse storyline in order to get real fucking change, but they're actually making the fucking women who are supposed to be the key players in this all be cogs in the system who are playing their fucking role so that you fucking go, oh, well, uh, this person has credibility, so I must have to believe... I, I, I might as well just get into it now. What the, what, 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 why the fuck not? Why am I doing a whole, whole fucking preview and then I'm going to go to the Trump shit Why I don't understand anyways? Let me go on this, I guess. But, like, you know, when you have, like, you know, like... um. Like, you know, when you have people who, uh, uh, like, for example, go, well, R- Renee's a reliable fucking person, so that must mean that if she's saying something, then I have to believe what she's saying, or what Ruby's saying, or whatever. Here's the thing, it's a mafia fucking system. Everyone in the fucking system is a fucked up person. They might fucking have good qualities, and they might get along with people, they might be well fucking liked, but they all can also be fucked up as well, and not everyone in the, everyone who's in the fucking system who's a performer, nobody's in their fucking right mind just off the fucking get. It's not fucking, uh, that's not, um, you know, that's not fucking putting them down, I'm just saying, it's a very mentally unwell fucking, fucking, uh, uh, art for, uh, you know, it's a very mentally un, uh, unwell industry. The, the entire entertainment industry is a very mentally unwell fucking place. People playing different fucking characters, people riding off the momentum of people loving them and then people fucking hating them. It's a whole other fucking drug. People think that everything is all peachy keen because the aesthetic of everything looking like, oh, look, they, they, they don't have our problems. But here's the thing, that, yeah, regular people have their own fucking set of problems that they fucking deal with and it's a fucking struggle. But what they're called, like, but because celebrities are getting fucking paid, that doesn't mean that there isn't, like, more mental, mental fucking shit that goes on that fucking, that you don't fucking see. And, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I say they play by different rules, because their life isn't fucking easy as well. It, It might look easier because they have money, and they fucking have fame and all that kind of shit. But there's also another layer that's really, really ugly in all of this. And all I'm seeing is a bunch of Arkham Asylum weirdos in this fucking billionaire's fucking company uh, what they call, like, designed to act like fucking zoo animals. Um, so what they're called, you know, you basically force more fucking authority down their fucking... Even though, like, they're the ones that are forcing this to happen anyways. But it's also designed to maybe, you know, get a woman's revolution going or something. 
That's what you would want to hope for in the end of all this. Otherwise, just more work shoot level shit that's going to put fucking mental anguish on these performers' um, um, heads. You know, I, I don't know. So I, I can't go over, you know, every single fucking thing. Because again, like, the, like there's so much more playing out right now. But this started, like, yesterday. Well, I mean, no, no, Lufisto, it started a couple of days ago when Lufisto made a vague thing. So whenever you make a vague fucking comment, everyone now assumes it's fucking Britt Baker because that's the role that they put put her in there. You know what I mean? Like if, if anything about her is true that she's shady, it's because they're putting her in that fucking role because they're doing a work shoot thing. Instead of actually, you know, putting effort into the division, which they could do, and the women are fucking talented, and Tony Khan knows what he's fucking doing... They would rather focus on, like, oh, the whole... Di- the discourse has to revolve around the fucking billionaire not giving a shit about the women's fucking division when you could literally just give a shit about the women's division and fix all this. So the whole thing centered around... It's one of those situations where you will agree with some of the things that she's saying. Other things it seemed like she's throwing other people under the fucking bus. So it's like, in the midst of all, in the midst of all that, in the midst of all of it, in the midst of all of it, her, on one side, people could, people can see that maybe she's sucking up to other people who have a problem with the fucking favorite, 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 um, favorite ones, whatever. While the ones that are shitting on her, are going to be the ones that, you know, are going to be the ones, I don't know, are going to be the ones that, um, they're just going to take Tony Khan's fucking side and do his fucking bidding. <coughs> you know what I mean? There'll be valid points. Like, the, the main theme that I'm fucking, like, understanding from all this is that there's, like, no one knows what's going on. There's a lot of chaotic shit going on backstage. So that right there, like, you know, like... I feel is like is like a thing that like started with Swole, but the thing is Swole had to be the, the sacrificial lamb because she basically put that out there and guess what that was an organized effort to fucking you know basically fuck with her, and then I see the same people that fucking partook and I, I can probably guess that they were the ones that were paid they would bombard every Reddit chat they would bombard every YouTube video discussing it. Uh, what they call any time she said anything, there'd be encouraged racist fucking shit said in her fucking, you know, in her direction. So, it, to me, it kind of bothers me that people... Here's the thing, Lufisto isn't, um, isn't like, getting off scotch-free that there's a harassment campaign against her. But more people are now aware of the harassment campaign when it pertains to Lufisto. But when it came to Swole, nobody fucking said a word. Barely anyone said a fucking word. And, and, and then you got a bunch of fucking sh- uh, shills and you got a bunch of company yes men who fucking, uh, who fucking have to go out. They, they have to go out and they have to fucking thank their fucking billionaire fucking uh, boss for um, uh, over-the-top celebration for 200 fucking episodes. He should be thanking you guys. You, you guys literally have to go out there and applaud a fucking, this, this fucking egotistical jerk-off. The brown bischoff. So what the call like Lufisto gave 
Like, I guess, like, you know, th- these dark matches are now going to have their own discourse. Because now it's like, uh, it's like so some people are going to have, like, their discourse about, um... Like, again, the, her experience was from, her experience was from, uh, like, you know, like, you know, like, like, maybe a year ago or so. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it wasn't like, you know, so, so, like, a lot could have changed then. So, like, she was talking about how, like, she, she was supposed to meet Tony Khan. She couldn't meet him when QT promised her. And then she sat around. No one really talked to her, really. The main ones, like, Ruby, Bunny, and Tony were kind of fucking, you know, uh, like, kind of give... I think Ruby and her have a fucking beef from another fucking company or something like that. So, whatever. So, basically, what's it called? Uh, Ruby called her a French-Canadian asshole to Dustin. And I think Dustin was playing off like a joke. So, are all Canadian... Are all French-Canadian assholes, whatever? And then he brought Evil Uno into it. So, that feels like... Like, again, we're judging by regular working experience. That just seemed like, you know, just like Dustin just fucking, you know, um, like easing, easing, like just, just easing the, easing a joke in, basically being lighthearted with it. Whatever, right? But I think because Ruby was the one that fucking said it, that's why it's fucking having vitriol. I, I, I can't keep up with all this shit. So there's a, there's a problem with the dark match. She didn't get to meet Tony Khan. Um, she talked about, th- see, then she started shitting on Sky Blue for saying that Sky Blue didn't do anything, she didn't talk. And so, I guess she's implying that some of these younger, like, she has to play, like, the vet part. So then, a lot of the pro CM Punk fucking people started kind of going to bat for that point. But it's like, how are you gonna champion fucking, like, you know, the listening to your veterans? When CM Punk, when, uh, you know, he was doing a veteran fucking thing in ROH... Him and Cole Cabana fucking took liberties with some fucking chick and fight, you know fuck with her. How how like like that's one thing when like, like CM Punk fucking puts out about like oh how can you not listen to people? It's like well if you're telling the story that of what you're raised on like and what kind of stuff that you fucking did. Guess what? I wouldn't want to listen to a fucking veteran who has that kind of intention. Maybe you're not the fucking best fucking teacher. How about that? Maybe, again, maybe at CM Punk's core, like, you know, like, like, he knows how to work the angles, even the stuff online, basically. So he knows when he has to be the fucking bad guy. But at the same time, I, I just hate all these fucking people that will yet now use this, because the, the, the only reason why they're getting behind uh, Lufisto, some of the pro CM Punk people, is because, like, it'll add to the fucking resume, because, again, like, there's certain people that are part of the CM Punk clique, that, you know, th- that have been kind of wrong. So, like, by design, in that interview, she mentioned that Thunder Rosa... So, so, so Thunder Rosa is one of the people that the pro CM Punk people are fucking, you know, lifting up, whatever, whatever, you know, to make it, you know, to make it seem like they're on, you know... It, all the people are going to be on, on, on collision, essentially. So... So, basically, she has to hammer home who the pro CM Punk people are down with. Like, you know, oh, Jade was cool. Like, and again, I'm not saying that Thunder Rosa and Jade are not, like, like I, they, they seem like really, really good fucking people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they seem like decent people at their core. Like, I'm sure there's stuff that they've done that's fucking shady because you're in the system. Everyone's fucking shady on some level. But, like, Lufisto then, um, hold on. Let me go right here.
Uh, I don't know. Hold on a second. Let me go on right here. Hold on. Uh, let me see right here. Again, I know more came out from the Lufisto thing, whatever. Because she was addressing that, like, oh, look, at the harassment campaign. Because all, all these people randomly started coming. Soraya, uh, Madison Rain, um, uh, Taya Valkyrie. Like, they all started doing pro-fucking, like, oh, I had a good experience working here and all that kind of shit. MJ, and then MJF had to do the insult to injury thing. Like, oh, uh, if people who, who only worked, who didn't make it... Um, you know, and they're complaining. It's like something along the lines of um, something something along the line. Like, you know, MJF. Like, like I, I, I can I I can appreciate the wrestler and the character he is, but like you know, when it comes like for a guy that's supposed to be the world champion, you are supposed to be the big big star, and you're trying to make yourself like seem like a fucking good guy and all that kind of shit. You like going oh well if they didn't make it they're delusional and like they're fucking bitter if you go that fucking route what they call the entire industry is filled with people who are fucking bitter even the fucking people who are in power who control other fucking people's lives not in like the fucking gimmick the way that you present it on, on online like oh like different politicking and all that kind of shit I mean like little social fucking paths that will fucking destroy your fucking life. If you're not supposed to fucking, like, being that, like, if somebody doesn't fucking make it is because what they call those people who, like, literally made that fucking possible. There's plenty of people that do make it that sure as hell don't have the fucking talent and are pretty fucking mediocre. And I'm talking about all fucking art forms here. Let me see what MJF, let me see MJF. Because if you listen um, to people who never made in the sport, that's exactly not the brightest thing to do. Use your okay on 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 like on a deep level, like yeah, you should listen to fucking actual like I'm talking about like like the like like an actuality of like you know like like of the like of the possible fucking like possible angles and layers and all that kind of shit. Yeah, you obviously not gonna talk to fucking people who are not, who haven't made it, but like the, it gets more condescending. Listen to miserable, miserable people who never made it in the sport. That's not exactly the brightest thing to do. Use your brain. If someone's been in professional wrestling for over a decade and you find them to be talented, but they've never truly panned out, there's a reason for a lack of talent and difficulty to work with. Yeah, because the because you haven't because again by you know real life kayfabe shit, you you haven't been difficult to fucking work with. Weren't you gonna fucking go and uh, go on a fucking plane because you weren't getting your fucking way? You weren't difficult. Like how dare you say? That what they're called, like they're difficult to fucking work with. When literally, that should, like, if if you're not difficult to work with with billionaires, then like you're not fucking shit to me. If you're like easily getting along with a fucking billionaire and fucking becoming too comfortable because you have the billionaire's fucking backing, like then I think you're a fucking pussy. Just those lack of talent, difficulty to work with, delusional. Just uh, people love to talk. Uh, um, People who uh people love to talk um ill of companies and will say things like I'm the only person brainer to speak up when in reality uh it, it's the only reason you're spewing bullshit is because you are aware deep down you aren't gonna make it to uh 
to make it so what's the, what's the harm in spewing reckless lies and trying to hurt hardworking, talented people on your way down to obscurity? Listen, there's a point to be made that what they're called, because the fact that this is getting propped up, this is also designed to, like, like you know, like, mean that she might have valid points, but, yeah, like, Lou Fisto is also fucking tearing down people who had, who are just catching shrapnel, which is by design to do that. But at the but but at the, but at the, at the, at the same time, people who do fuck like how can you say that in the industry where there's been like murderous fucking cover up, sexual assault fucking cover up, a bunch of fucking pedophile shit fucking covering up, like yeah, not these these wrestlers are not fucking like some of these wrestlers are like 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 Lufito giving her a fucking explanation of what happened in, in, in going on. But if she's not speaking out about fucking, like... Like, she's not, like, speaking out against, like, systemic fucking harm and all that kind of shit going on. Like, no one's allowed to speak up about fucking that. Once you do, then you're fucking out for good. You can only do it in a limited fucking way. And and just look at the and 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 then and then there's the whole thing there's the whole thing about um so, so yeah this is Lufisto's um this is one of her claims of um she had had a phone call with one of the current AEW talent the women who actually addressed the problem I did today were the ones sent home so there could be people who are working an angle to get Lufisto to do this as well you know what I mean. Like, you know, people with their own agendas, but maybe they're doing it because the other people they're facing off with also have agendas. The woman who actually addressed the problem I did today were the ones sent home by Tony Khan. There was, a me- there was a meeting to shoot on Thunder Rosa that Khan attended before leaving. He reminded them that their segment were the lowest. When some of the arranged women to talk about Baker's crew, Baker's crew one of them ran to Britt and let her know. Um, the girls that, that wanted to address a problem were the ones punished. Things didn't get her, uh, get get better. They got worse. The, the legitimate wrestlers believe that Tony doesn't give a damn about women's wrestling and feel they're going back to the divas era. Well, I mean, um, the way that Tony Khan, in my personal opinion, who pays these shills, to basically have them to like do social pressure on these women to like you know show their ass or like you know become more fucking sexual. And listen, if these women want to fucking do that. Do they have every fucking right to do that? Do what you want. If you want to cover up, cover up. If you want to do it, do do it that way. But what they're called, like, like there is like this, um, like you know, there, there, there is this misogynist fundamentalist shit where like people will only fucking back you, um, will only back you, um, if you're a woman, if like you're like playing to like the horny crowd online, essentially. Whether you're like being a thirst trap or whether you, uh, you know what I mean? And listen, some people are like, hey, listen, what the call, I, I need a fan base. What the call, like, I don't mind fucking showing off my sex, my sex, my, you know, my, my sex appeal, whatever. Uh, you know, like, because again, like, if you're sexy and you wanna fucking, you know, show you that you're sexy, man, like, you know, go ahead and do it. Do whatever you wanna fucking do personally, you know what I mean? But like you know, it 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 seems like it seems like that. Like you know what I mean. Like you literally had like Britt Baker and fucking uh, who 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 was it that 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 they were, she was feuding with, basically feuding over fucking ass, basically, because it appeals to fucking social media shit. And people think because it's online. 
people think because it's online that like you can't fucking uh you know that you can't like you know do that shit Like, like, people think that because it's online that, it, it, oh, it can't be something that's forced because it's, it's online opinion or genuine fucking opinions. And then he, and he she said, ask me um, who the fuck I am. Tell me that I'm irrelevant, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for attention. Call me a liar. Tell me to kill myself. You keep closing your eyes supporting human beings with shitty behavior. Uh, you, you keep closing to support human beings with shitty behavior with the message of support, especially on, uh, on this phone call I received from um, the AW employees. This, this nobody did the this. What I don't know what the hell she's trying to say here. So it, it became, so it, it, this became a whole fucking thing, man. You know, I I just I I couldn't uh. I couldn't fucking keep up with all of it. And again, there's still more going on right now. Like, some people can't pull off the defend all billionaires I like shtick. Because then you go and uh, then when you go in your art calling out said billionaire later on because of a personal issue, because you, 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 you thought defending said billionaire, they would think you're fucking special. And you know what? At the end of the day, you all become fucking disposable. Like, the problem with, like, abuse... Like, I saw, I saw this good tweet. The problem with, like, abusive people with narcissistic traits... This, this applies to Tony Khan and a lot of fucking other people. That come to any sort of power. It's like they'll never apologize or show remorse of any kind unless completely backed against the wall. And if that happens, they'll, like, lie to keep their face. Uh, keep To keep their face. It's never genuine anyways. They always take the route of to blame the victims and destroy um, them how, however needed. The observer, uh, observer outside of the dynamic of abuse might never know the full length of what happened. It's honestly uh, in the, in the, in the uh, subtleties of behavior which most aren't attuned, uh, attuned to. This is a perfect fucking summary of, of that fucking tweet. Because I, I go through a lot of abuse that you wouldn't fucking see. You, you see the aesthetic of me just being, you know, a, a crazy guy that all oh, blames everyone else. No, I, I've taken blame for what I fucking did. See, I took my I took my blame so fucking well that what's it called? I fucking opted not to go to the fucking next fucking level when I was being fucking put in the position and fucking forced upon that type of shit. And then when I didn't, I got extra fucking shitty treatment. Even though, yeah, yeah guess what? I, I was I was tempted. And then I had to fucking self-reflect and be alone with my fucking thoughts. You think anybody who dished out abuse, mental abuse to me, has ever had a fucking... Like, listen, me, me, to be fair, I don't fucking talk to a lot of people from my past. So maybe I already have this false illusion of who they are because of our past experiences and what I also assume that they have done to me. But, like, they, they could be in therapy. I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? Maybe they're not announcing it. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, like, will any of these people in your life or in general in the entertainment world or people that you have interaction with who have organized ways to fucking bring you fucking down, will they ever fucking have to uh, admit to it? And, 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 and the more you fucking confront them about it and they fucking deny it, then it makes me not fucking want to respect them ever again. 
and it just shows you that they uh, have become just as fucking predictable with their, with, um, you know, they become just as predictable, um, you know, being the same type of people that never take any fucking blame, like a Howard Stern or a Vince McMahon, and then their followers will constantly fucking always believe their version of the fucking story. You know, I don't know. But, I, it, but the people that are defending Lefisto are the same ones that are propping up CM Punk. Right? Like, so I'm not saying Lefisto doesn't have uh, valid critiques and all that. But if some of the people that are back, uh, that, that some of the online accounts that are fucking backing her, part of me feel like 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 these are real experiences. But they're gonna use it for their pro CM Punk fucking agenda, and and you're doing that fucking in a disgusting fucking way, knowing that this guy has a history. Again, that's one of the fucking things he confessed to. What what other shitty fucking behavior has he done? And all of a sudden, he's going to be the fucking vet. And again, no one wants to ever point out that he disrespected Tony Atlas. When uh, he, he didn't take his advice from Tony Atlas. And and again, I always assumed maybe CM Punk wasn't that he didn't want to take Tony Atlas' Atlas's advice. Maybe because he's a Vince McMahon stooge. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe he didn't want to take fucking you know, advice from people that he knows that are fucking, you know, like not really good fucking people. But then again, you know, he probably took Pat Patterson's advice. But, you know, I forgot we're not allowed to fucking assume Pat Patterson was because... You know, it, it, people always say that, oh, they're called the, oh, you, it's homophobic to think Pat Patterson did the stuff that he did. But it's like, it has nothing to do with his sexuality uh, of why I think he would be guilty. It's more his, who who he's been friends with, who has covered up shit. You know what I mean? If there's rumors about you and you're associated with people that have literally had that on their fucking resume, yeah, I'm going to assume people that are close with fucking Vince McMahon, whether it be, like, uh, I can assume that a lot of the wrestlers that are fucking close with Vince McMahon, you know what, if, if, if you don't mind the stuff that he fucking did, then I can, uh, I can at least assume that you might be aligned with that as well. But but again, listen. I, I, listen. I know Lufisto is not fucking having the easiest time right now, but it it did anger me that more people are concerned for Lufisto, um, than 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 they were with Swole. And it just shows you, at the end of all this, even though there's, there's fucking you know uh, like misogynistic issues, there's like a huge fucking race fucking issue because there's more there's more people that will fucking shit on anyone that calls out like you know calls out critiques and they happen to be. Um, you know, a, a black woman or a, any woman of fucking color, you know what I mean? Like, you will fucking instantly fucking have more aggression for them. And people don't... And, and, I'm talking about the liberals, too, the moderate-type people, who, you know, like, they don't speak out enough about this kind of fucking shit. They just kind of stay... stay. They kind of just stay idle on the whole fucking thing. Like, I, I'll give props for people who don't fucking attack. But, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to... You know, more people can fucking speak up about, about this shit. But everyone who covers fucking wrestling or who's a personality online, they all... Secretly, they all want, uh, you know, access and connections with their fucking favorites. 
And I understand you probably think you fucking earned that because you put a lot of hard work in and all that. But at the same time, you got to realize that not everyone's going to take everything that you that people cover or, 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 you know, pretend to fucking put out there as like 100% like not agenda fucking filled on some level. But then, but, 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 see, but then again, because see, if you point out to people who have a responsibility and have a big fucking platform, they will get fucking upset that you're pointing out that they're doing something not fucking morally fucking correct. And yet they become the fucking purity fucking people who get to go, well, you know what? This person offended us, so um, now we're going to fucking totally fucking dismiss them. Like, how, how, how fucking dare any of you who do that kind of shit? So, yeah, so to me, what the call, like, listen, what the call, people are going to be like, oh, why are you defending Swole? She's not even that good of a wrestler. Dude, she, she did improve. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not saying she was the best wrestler. She did fucking improve. It just does a whole fucking online campaign to shit on her fucking matches non-fucking-stop. She cut a fucking really, really dope fucking promo. She showed fucking potential. And if she's not getting any better, that's more fucking indictment on the fucking training that goes on in that fucking company then. Plus, she also has Crohn's disease. Like, here's the thing. Me defending Swole, I don't think, like, oh, I'm going to be friends with Swole. Like, what the call? We're probably never going to ever fucking meet. That, and that's fine. But I'm just doing it because, guess what? I don't like fucking people getting piled on like that. When you're not just going, like, okay, maybe she, what the call, has been an asshole to other people or something like that. But guess what? The entire industry is full of fucking assholes. I, literally everyone will have a story of them being an asshole to somebody. So when you use somebody's behavior problems in an industry... Like, to me, it's like, yeah, well, the people who run it are the ones that dick... The, the, uh, like, the reason why people add to their shitty is it, it represents one, the, the leaders uh, uh, who, who they're around who they're, who they're around with in, in these mafia institutions. To me, it's a reflection of that. So, to me, you know... It, 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 just, it just... People who, you know, help partake in that now get to fucking play the, oh, well... You know, she was actually kind of right. Like, yeah, well, 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 thanks for fucking putting it out there now after you partook in fucking harassing her. And, 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 and putting her through mental fucking anguish. And, and, then, and then when these people get into their fucking little arguments with their fucking all the billionaires that they, they, they think that is going to protect them. See, again, see, a lot of you don't know how to do the game in that sense. Like, yeah, you've been, a lot of you have been in the fucking game, but you think that what they call, like, riding a fucking billionaire, that what they call it means that you're going to get an ultra fucking protection, but then, then, but then all of a sudden when, it just make you look worse when they do legitimately screw you over because people are going to be like, oh, so you got screwed over, so now it's a fucking issue. But you didn't, you didn't mind help screwing other people fucking over. See, I used, to, I used to think that, like, you know, people who commented and joked around at people's fucking expense who are going through shit, it was just like, well, no, we're just making light of what's, like, playing out. Like, we're not planning playing this. But when I found out that there is an organized effort, it did change my fucking mind about piling on fucking people who might be going through it. That's why, like, even, like, even when someone does deserve it, like an R. Kelly, for example, but because there's an aggressive fucking pile-on, to me, it's, like, always been about... Like, you're getting mad at a fucking... Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't get mad at him. But all I'm saying is that, like, are you not seeing the overall pattern that this has become a normalized thing? How many stories do you need to come out about show business before you realize that there's some fucked up shit going on? 
on, on, on some fucking level. You know, I, I don't know, man. It just... Just too much to fucking keep up with, you know. I, I, I can't keep up with every single fucking point from this whole thing. But, like, you know, but, but, but like, you can't say Lufisto, you know, wasn't doing this to get herself over on some fucking level as well. Like, yeah, she's speaking up. But, you see, I'm not blaming Lufisto because she's probably been chosen to play that fucking role. Just like Swole was chosen to play that role as well. But the thing is, the real fucking uh, anger that comes from these fucking Arkham Asylum weirdos online does still add to their fucking mental health. So I'm not saying, oh, this is a work, so you have nothing to worry about. But it's like they're being put in the position to be the ones to have to fucking complain and be the ones to fucking speak out. They'd rather do it this fucking way than actually just fixing the fucking division, fixing the division. And, and you can't tell me they can't, they don't have the capability of doing that. They're able to fucking do that. Like, just look how fucking the leader of the, of the, of the industry, of like this company Spoke about like you know, and he the thing is he's doing it because he's also going to become a fucking heel fucking figure on on the screen essentially. This is all just practice for it. He's going to play the fucking bad guy. That's the, that's the thing. He he's capable of doing better. But like him saying shit like oh their segments did the lowest and all that kind of shit. Like the fact that see this is why I I hate fucking I I hate the ratings talk. I really do, because you, you you know what's fucking fucked up about the whole ratings fucking talk, uh, um, um, you know this obsession with oh what, what to have on the ratings. You a, like, a lot of these motherfuckers don't really they love the attitude era, they fucking like love they fucking jerk off to the fucking attitude era, and yet they don't fucking re, um um ever fucking you know look at the um elements that were implant implemented throughout like ninety six and ninety ninety seven. To get to the fucking attitude era. Where yeah, WWE had to fucking take some losses and having an um, you know, uh, a lesser uh, uh you know, the lowest uh, bought WrestleMania and shit like that. But did they fucking re if, if that happened today, do you, you you think fucking everyone would be like, Oh, you see Austin and Brett, that fear's not really hitting, man, uh, you know, it didn't fucking do well. You know what I mean? With a cold you built up stuff. And you took some fucking losses while building up fucking elements. That's what the company used to fucking do. But now they got reactionary about fucking ratings. Because you insist on doing a fucking reboot of the shitty fucking Monday Night War era. When the ratings don't like... Like, like okay, they're interesting to look at. I'm not fucking saying don't analyze them. What I'm saying is that when you fucking put detriment on your fucking product because of the ratings... Like, how are these women supposed to get better if they don't fucking, if you don't allow them to, to establish and develop their fucking characters? Because a lot of the fucking people that Tony Khan appeal, appeals to are the fucking indie fed level fucking jerk offs who just want a fucking pay per view card every single fucking week. They don't care about developing talent. All they, all, all they want to do is just mi- mimic the fucking attitude era and think that's going to fucking work. 
You have to fucking develop fucking shit. You have to fucking lay in the fucking ground. And see, again, all the, these same people are the same ones that go, oh, this bloodline storyline is going on too long. The motherfuckers, you wouldn't have lasted in the fucking 80s. Because even though I have my criticism of the fucking 80s with, like, the limited fucking people who could be main eventers and, you know, people would have to go down because Hulk Hogan was the fucking champion. I hated that fucking formula and I fucking, you know, that's the one thing that holds it fucking back. But there's a reason why a lot of the early 90s and, if, um, like, and, and late and the, and the, you know, 80, early 80s and late 80s, why a lot of the angles that you fucking go off about and you remember all the key elements of what led to fucking shit because they played it out fucking smart. That's where the Bloodline storyline is one of the best fucking stories because it's like... 80s level fucking storytelling that's been played out over the last several years and also dealing with the fact that not every single week was going to be a home run it wasn't going to be the most fucking compelling thing just going to be existing for a while because everyone's so used to attitude era where everything had to be fucking rushed and that fucking ruined a lot of fucking storytelling you couldn't do Brett and Owen or fucking Macho Man Hulk Hogan in the attitude era that would have been done within a fucking month and people would think that's a good fucking storytelling. No, it isn't. The way they fucking did Brett Owen from fucking November of 1993 to fucking November of 1994 was fucking some of the best compelling fucking shit. But guess what? It didn't fucking do the best fucking rating. Guess what? It's one of the best fucking storylines that ever fucking existed. People forget the people want to be reactionary and they don't want the elements in. So everyone has to now worry and fear monger about stupid fucking bullshit. This is what we're fucking de dealing with now. I'm just all over the fucking map. I, I, I can't maintain... Again, when, when too much is coming out at once, it, it becomes really, really hard to do it. You know, I don't know. And then, you know, Rhea and, and, and Becky... I, I guess if you're, if you're going to judge a scripted discourse online, at least, uh, you know... With the call, like, you know, um, AEW is doing theirs better than the WWE. I mean, as far as compelling, like, in, uh, you know, compelling and twists and turns in, in the internet discourse, AEW is doing a better job of, of like, making their, uh, making theirs, like, 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 seem way more genuine than the ones with fucking, not to say that with the call, like, Becky and Trish and Rhea and all of them are not, like, legitimately mad. But, like, what's infuriating is that they would rather work these fucking angles to put, put, you know what I mean? We're like, we're like, the, the women can complain, but within like limits, basically, right? But like, they'd rather put them in this fucking predicament when you don't have to fucking do that to one of your fucking, one of the bigger fucking stars when you can like literally, like, so to me, I think part of the, um, Becky or Rhea at, at their core, like, you know what I mean? Like behind the, like real behind the scenes, maybe their anger is that like, wow, like the creative could be going to television time 
but we're doing like you know these angles where I got to complain about not being on SummerSlam. So like now you're making the whole thing like oh look Becky just posted a fucking picture of her doing a photo shoot for SummerSlam a few weeks ago. So she was supposed to be on the fucking card. So it makes it look like nobody knows what they're fucking doing. But now a lot of the organized shit is going into the fucking uh, online uh, to the online booking. And then Rhea talking, complaining about having to make an appearance for SummerSlam and not being on the card. Like, again, this is not me saying, oh my god, you know, don't feel bad for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they can only express it in a limited way that they can. So I do feel fucking bad for them because, like, they've, like, you know, work rate-wise and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like, Rhea trying to uh, remaining over, even if the division's not that fucking great right now, creative-wise... Like, it's a testament to her, so, you know what I mean? She feels like a fucking big star. So, hopefully, there is some some symbolic change going on with that. You know, I don't know. So, I guess that's all I can really say. I know there's going to be more fucking people that are going to come out and say some fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I don't know. It just becomes really, really, really fucking stupid. All of it, you know what I mean? It just Everything about this fucking bullshit, it just becomes more about having to book discourse and getting peop- getting online fucking people over. Like, people pe- people online, uh, you know, like, these personas that want to just stir the fucking pot and still put mental fucking anguish on them. You know, I don't know. Now I should go to the Trump shit, right? Because again, I I can't keep up with all this shit. Here's the thing: I I always have to say it again. Maybe I have to ease my fucking mind because I can't understand all these like being everyone like the right wing will talk about how like laws are being broken to fucking go at Trump. People on the Democratic side will talk about, no, like, these are literally the laws that are being applied. Here's the thing, even though, like, these things officially fucking exist, n- like, even though it's, like, designed on the surface to, like, play it by play it by the way it's going, them being on TV constantly and Trump being able to go to weddings and, like, do viral moments and still be able to run a fucking... Like, if, if, I, got, if I got arrested... I wouldn't be able to do a lot of fucking things. Like, Trump is, like, being arraigned for a lot of fucking crimes. And all that kind of, He's being charged with four counts of whatever the fuck. I, I have no fucking clue. Because, again, you can't keep up with all this shit. Especially if you're a dumbed-down fucking guy like me. This is why I have to express it in a dumbed-down fucking way. The problem is bad faith actors like TYT might be paying attention. So then they start acting like they're dumbed-down fucking people, too. Even though they're insiders. They won't admit that, though. But I'm I'm aware. I'm I'm aware that they you know they're aware of my thing, so they fucking you know honestly play dumb down fucking people as well. But the thing is, like, I'm not really playing fucking dumb down. I'm like literally fucking dumb down. Like, I don't know. Like, mean that like I could be well off because maybe there's some forces that protect me without me fucking knowing. I have no fucking clue. But because I don't know and I'm un, I'm uh, unsure about it, and also even if I was protected, I wouldn't fucking you know, again. I, I also am worried about regular fucking people who don't have the fucking protection are going to be fucked over, or they're going to continue to get fucked over. Like I, I I that's part of my fucking major part of my fucking depression. 
being fuck you know not 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 having resources to fucking go and fucking you know expendable you know, cause if, if, I, if I try to make some real fucking chain on the surface they'll fucking then come after you in my personal opinion so like you know um let me see right here um Matt Gates was uh, gonna is gonna subpoena Jack Smith, um, you know, and and utilize congressional congressional immunities to immunize um, President Trump from onslaught or ridiculous charges. Like this, the guy that I'm reading this from is like a blue check mark. So I'm like, you know, what I mean, but I'm just trying to summarize what like the intention of what Matt Gates is. Not that Matt Gates is actually gonna. I mean, listen, the, everything seems to work out in the Republicans' favor in the end, anyways. That's why when like they, you know. Even though, like, Trump is fucking guilty of, what, of whatever he committed, right? I just say my personal opinion because people are going to go, oh, you, you think he, he is? With a cold, you know, because, because, like, you know, there's, like, proof out there presented that, you know, he's guilty of whatever, you know, whatever the fuck they're accusing him of. People automatically, you know, um... I forget where I was trying to go with it, um... Hold on a second. Um, like because people presented presented that way, but there's like the fact that some of these right wingers are now kind of like getting behind, like like in the midst of like doing their own conspiracies to protect their fucking corrupt people. They'll also get in line with like um, some conspiracies that are apolitical. Like I know people on the left. Always poop. And I, I'm talking about, like, you know, people who... I'm not talking about regular people. I'm talking about platform people who always, like, poo-poo on the idea. Like, in order for them to make it on the fucking left side to become propped up, they have to, like, always poo-poo on the 9-11 conspiracy. But the thing is, like, if you're telling me that, like, the official story is Saudi Arabia helped fund it, like, is that not a fucking conspiracy that people in the U.S. allowed it to fucking go down? That people still do business with the with Saudi Arabia, and you always have to make it seem like, oh look, this business ship, oh my God, these American corporations don't want it, but you know that that that's like the brunt of where you guys go with your fucking evil in that in that regard. You know what I mean? So when you have someone like Vivek talking about nine eleven, you know what I mean? Other stuff that he's lying about that he's twisting for a right wing fucking narrative and to push people more right. He's going to add that on to stuff that people have questions about. And, and whether you want to fucking... I know there's a lot of right-wing fucking figures that are going to pretend to be 9-11 truthers. Even, and the ironic part is, if they're going to cue the neocons and all that kind of shit of doing it for credibility. The funny thing is, in the, in the, in the current incarnation of what they're fighting for, in an overall sense of going pro-fucking-Trump, they're going to be on that side of, of, of the same neocons. Even though, like, some of the neocons on the surface are acting like they're anti-fucking Trump. But that's the ironic part about it, you know what I mean? But, so, but, they, but they'll talk about neocons to, uh, to make it seem like they're fucking calling out fucking, you know, like they have credibility. Because you go, oh, people on the left don't, uh, like, entertain, like, not that 9-11 could have been an inside job by neocons. Like, but the thing is, like, different governments were, like, involved, like, different right-wing elements of the government were involved. Uh, people think that. 
whether you want to fucking agree with it or not, that's on you. Those apolitical people that don't, that who don't think of themselves as Democrat or Republican, who do buy into some of the things that have been inconsistent and some of the strange things that have gone on. Whether you want to feel fucking elitist and fucking look down on people like that, go ahead. That's on you. But you're never going to convince anyone to go on your fucking side. And you're letting the right wing fucking run amok with them. And if there's something that's proven fucking true, guess who gets the fucking credit? But part of me thinks that some of you people who claim to be on the left, who have fucking, you know, who do your fucking content, some of you might find your way to the right wing as well since some of you had connection with TYT. You know, I don't know. I can't keep up with all, all this fucking bullshit, really, man. I, I really don't. I really can't. I, I think Midi, Midi Hassan did, like, a decent job of, like, showing you what some of the tr- pro-Trump people were saying during the Black Lives Matter uh, and wanted to get behind the Insurrection Act. But then when, like, basically when the, when the, the, the real thing happened with the January 6th shit... They automatically, you know, are acting like, you know, like, you know, like, I guess it's one of the. Hold on a second, let me play over here. It was June 2020, just days after police murdered George Floyd in Minneapolis. The Black Lives Matter demonstrations of that summer were just taking off, including in Washington, D.C., across from the White House in Lafayette Square. On the evening of June the 1st, Trump spoke from the White House Rose Garden, promising law and order in the face of the protests. And as Trump was speaking, law enforcement across the street in Lafayette Square was already carrying out that uh, law and order. Tear gas is now being fired. Uh, you can see what's going on. The police are moving. They're trying to disperse this crowd that has gathered at Lafayette Park. Uh, clearly, they don't want these protesters to be there, even though they were peaceful. Authorities violently cleared demonstrators with smoke bombs, pepper spray, and officers on horseback. Their clearing of the square allowed a famously devout president to visit nearby St. John's Church for a photo op. The violence against mostly peaceful protesters was shocking appalling but republicans wanted to see more of it two days after lafayette square republican senator tom cotton published this opinion piece in the new york times with the headline send in the troops the nation must restore order the military stands ready cotton was urging president trump to send active duty military into american cities for a quote overwhelming show of force against demonstrators but where would a president actually get the authority for that to turn u.s troops on fellow Americans. Cotton said there was a centuries-old law that would give Trump exactly that power. It's called the Insurrection Act. Lest anyone misunderstand, Cotton tripled down on Twitter, quote, let's see how tough these Antifa terrorists are when they're facing off with the 101st Airborne Division. Quote, and if necessary, the 10th Mountain, 82nd Airborne, 1st Cav, 3rd Infantry, no quarter for insurrectionists. No quarter, which Cotton, as a former army officer, knew meant take no prisoners, kill them all. A war crime under the Hague Conventions. And this was him calling for no quarter 
on the streets of America. Cotton's fact-free bloodlust was so over the top that New York Times staffers revolted against a decision to publish his essay. The paper's opinion editor, who ran that column, resigned in disgrace. The Times later said it should not have run the piece. To this day, though, that former Times opinion editor and a bunch of quote-unquote centrist voices insist there was nothing wrong with publishing that piece even as many of us recognize that what Republicans like Tom Cotton were calling for was undemocratic to its core, a demand for state-sanctioned violence against critics to bring them to their knees. Today we know that this idea, this concept of weaponizing state power was becoming more and more popular within Trump's inner circle in that same year, 2020. We now know that inside the Trump re-election campaign and the White House, President Trump's allies were laying the groundwork to stay in power after the election, with violence if necessary. Violence under that same Insurrection Act that Tom Cotton had written about. How do we know all this? Because special counsel Jack Smith told us. According to the indictment delivered on Tuesday night, Trump formed a plan after the 2020... See, here's a, you know, here's a thing about the Jack Smith thing, too. To make it see, like, see again, to make it look even more... Like, even though, like, it's a, it's a good thing that he's going after Trump and all that kind of shit... Like, they d- are doing, like, puff pieces about, like, well, he's so physically fit, and he's, uh, you know, working really hard to do this, which, what you know, basically, like, you know, he's, like, doing CrossFit while sticking his fucking finger in his ass, and he somehow came up with the Like, all I'm saying is that you can just fucking put out what he's doing, so then people, so again, th- so that happens on purpose. So then people who are, like, you know, Glenn Greenwald and other fucking people, like Michael fucking Tracy, they can go, oh, you see, they're doing opinion puff pieces on federal agents, and, you know, and the, Demo- and the, and the, and the left is eating this up and all that kind of shit. Like, they're doing that on fucking purpose, so it makes it look like like, Trump's side and the people that are kind of defending him who are, like, like talking about, like, oh, my God, the abuse of fucking power and all that kind of shit. They don't really give a shit about all the abuse of power that fucking Trump has done before. Like, like wouldn't you want him to get comeuppance for, like, other horrible shit he probably fucking done even before he became president? Because he's a, he's a wealthy fucking guy who's been tangled up with very corrupt fucking people. People have been accusing him of fucking horrible fucking shit. Even if the, the even if the, even if the, even if this like you know was one thing that they got him for they, they got him for like eight million fucking things, like I would be happy that they got him for something at least. Like if 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 they got Hillary Clinton for something smaller, and you go well she did all this shit, you guys would be celebrating that shit. And I wouldn't give two shit if she did corrupt shit. Yeah, fine, man. I don't really give a shit if she go- she does jail time or if, if any of them do fucking jail time. But, like, none of them are going to do jail time. The election to install a loyal DOJ lawyer, Jeffrey Clark, as his acting attorney general. So Clark could mobilize the department to claim there was massive election fraud and press swing states to void Joe Biden's victory. But according to this new indictment, on January the 3rd, 2021, three days before the real insurrection by Trump supporters on Capitol Hill, a White House lawyer told Clark, who's identified in the filing as co-conspirator four, that there was no fraud in the election and that if the defendant remained in office, nonetheless, there would be riots in every major city in the United States. That's when Clark, Trump's man, his co-conspirator, replied, 
Quote, well, that's why there's an insurrection act. Wasn't just Tom Cotton referring to Black Lives Matter protests in summer of 2020. Trump's people in 2021 wanted to use the insurrection act to keep Donald Trump in power with violence against their fellow Americans if need be. Trump's allies basically wanted to pretend an insurrection was happening across the country so that they could rise up and squash it with military force. So it's a bit ironic that when an actual insurrection happened on January the 6th, they denied that it was actually an insurrection, the same people who wanted to use the Insurrection Act against others. Let's be clear about this. The 45-page Jack Smith indictment, the United States of America versus Donald J. Trump, which dropped Tuesday evening, outlines four charges against a former president, the first time a former president has been indicted for crimes committed while in office. And while that 45-page document doesn't use the words coup or insurrection to describe the crimes against democracy allegedly committed by Trump, that's what it was, a coup attempt followed by an insurrection. It was always premised on the need for violence. The indictment even lays out how as Trump supporters violently attacked the Capitol and halted the proceeding, and quote, as violence ensued, Trump and his co-conspirators exploited the disruption by redoubling efforts to levy false claims of election fraud and convince members of Congress to further delay their certification based on those claims. They exploited the violence. And they never hid, even before the 2020 election, that violence was at the core of their plan to stay in office and stave off any protests. But Trump's interest in state-sponsored violence was clear well before Joe Biden beat him in November 2020, even before Tom Cotton published that Times essay in June 2020. Donald Trump, the sitting president. Okay, I, 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 got, I got the gist of it. I, I mean, this is a good summary of it. You know what I mean? Even if there's like an official, like, like, even if it's like, <clears throat> like on a platform where like, they still got to do kayfabe about shit, but like what's officially, but like they're talking about what's officially been established. You know what I mean? While... You know, Trump supporters just basically deny that, you know, they just think that because Donald Trump will put out that he's been arrested for you. So, you know, obviously people you know, and, and people who don't believe what the media fucking says, regardless, whatever. Right. They're going to believe what they believe because Donald Trump is telling them. Right. Like they don't care about the fucking facts, really. I mean, like, you know, facts are fucking out, like, you know, official facts are fucking out there. Me personally, when I say that I don't believe every single thing about the fucking fact is that. What they're called, if there is stuff, like, even small shit that fucking helps prove that, like, there was, like, some effort with, like, Biden and all these fucking people. Even though people are the Democrat, like, the people who are Democratic supporters think that, well, you see, the official rules were that, like, you know, that these uh, grand jury people and all that. But it's, like, the people booking this fucking, like, you know, the storyline, like, they know that it's, like, in a right-wing trajectory fucking thing. And to me, it feels like they're making it seem, like... Either by like you know his um his uh like him be like him being backed against the fucking wall, like they think that by the him him being backed against the fucking wall, is uh, is like a way for like oh, okay now this is when you activate all the fucking crazy shit that's gonna go down, or if like somehow they do fucking like let's say something gets proven. Like, I'm not saying it will, I'm just saying, let's say something gets proven that there was some effort to stop him, blah, 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 whatever, like, little loophole they'll need. They'll use that as justification for why they have to fight, fucking fight back. You know, and, and so then, and so because he pretends to be like them, he'll show up at weddings or ice cream parlors and all that kind of shit. 
People think, yeah, this guy's a common fucking dude, basically. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. Hold on, I'm just... uh, I'm saying bookmark. I'm saying a bunch of things that we can't talk about. Yeah, okay. Um... Anyways, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to look for, because uh, again, like, you know, again, like, and, and all the stuff, like, it's, 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 it's all theatric in the sense that, like, when they promote shit, like, okay, like, when they promote, like, different characters who are being interviewed and they're saying crazy stuff, you go, oh, look, they're just crazy Trump people. But because, like, you just view them as just, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like, the, these people that are, that are making themselves more known in the public eye. You look at them just like as regular people, but it's like, no, those people are funded to be a part of a fucking faction. So like, like them being the ones to kind of speak out that message means that like that will be their fucking intent, like of a takeover, essentially. So like they're interviewing this one guy who become a new character. Um, again, I don't know how many charters there are of this, but like at least where like they're protesting um, the arraignment, I guess. Blacks for Trump, but like, you know, the, the faction Blacks for Trump, you know what I mean? Like they have... You know, Muslims buying into fundamentalism. Then you have gays for groomer. You know what I mean? Like they have like different people of different, like who are who are, who are put to represent for different marginalized groups who are in a delegation, to basically go along with fundamentalist fucking cause and exist in every fucking ethnicity and fucking race, or you know sexuality. You know, gender. You know, like you, you like the, you know like the, there'll be you know people in the system who who are trans that will also you know do you know, self-hating trans shit to make, you know, other trans people's lives a living fucking hell as well. You know? Let me see, let me see the promo this guy cut. Um, but, like, all, all, the, all the right, wi- all the, all the right-wingers, like, all the, the blue-check right-wingers are the ones that are fucking basically promoting it. To support Trump, my brother's gonna come over here. I want them over here with me. Come over here. So I'm here to show uh, Jack Smith that he's a punk. That's right. And that he's an ugly sellout. That's right. And I'm here to let him know that he's going to jail for treason. That's right. Him and Biden and Obama and all of the other suckers that are going against Trump for no reason. They... They want to parade the man that we call King Cyrus like they did in every other country. They, they'll conquer the country and parade the king around in handcuffs to humiliate us. But I'm here to testify that you will be humiliated. That's right. Because I'm here to humiliate you because you are a sellout and you are a person that is evil, breaking every rule of law. 
And the Bible says the sons of perdition must be revealed and moved out of the way. That's right. Simply allowing them to reveal how they don't have to keep no laws. That's right. We have to keep all laws. We can't do nothing. We run red like we go to jail. These people here are free. I mean, Hunter Biden, look at this little punk. This dude is free to smoke. So again, he's hit, he got sent out there to hammer home all the internet talking points that have, like, all the right-wing fucking talking points that have been online constantly over the last... On camera, get guns, break every rule and law, don't pay taxes. They don't even want to put him in jail. But if I did it, you're going to jail for 9,216 years. That's right. That's unfair. Because you know what that is? Like, listen, like, listen, regular people would fucking definitely go to fucking like, jail for some of the stuff that all these people are fucking doing. But he's using that as a way to go, well, look, see what the call, like, I'm like, just like, you know, any, any regular fucking dude out there. But like, you're being sent out there to basically do a pro fucking Trump thing. Like, like you already know, you're, you're revealing what side you're on by, you know what I mean? Again, if you want to talk about fucking Democrat corruption... Go ahead. I'm not fuck. I'm not mad at that, but like pretend that Trump didn't fucking do anything. Even if you believe that the entire fucking documents case, in Russian interference, whatever. If you want to believe all that, fuck. You don't think before he became president, you don't think he had a handful of like you know, like you know, eighty million handfuls of fucking crimes against him. Like you really don't think. Like you don't think he was doing anything fucked up. Like you know, again, because everyone has to pretend that these celebrities are regular people before they go into office. Like that's the way you can only kayfabe it. That's the only way you can fucking deflect how much power public figures fucking have before they start. Like if you're just a regular public figure, you wouldn't be involved in politics the way that you fucking are. You're not because you're not a regular fucking person. They have to make this like even even getting Biden's fucking reaction. Him um, basically going, "Do you want to comment on uh, Trump's arraignment?" He bikes away and goes, "No." Or, or or him or him to talking about having dark coffee to add to the dark Brandon memes. Like I don't give two shits about that. Like you guys will fucking promote that like it's like some like some fucking promo that's being shot because you because you guys have all turned fucking things that affect regular fucking people and a lot of you that cover it have turned it have become fucking whores and want to become wannabe entertainers and presenting a fucking gimmick fucking situation when you know the severity of what's gonna fucking end up happening and 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 you sit there and go well I'm better than mainstream media no you're not you're actually just as worse as mainstream media. You have all the ugliness of mainstream fucking media. It's because you're a little bit more aggressive about calling out mainstream media. That's your only personality trait. Keep doubling. And, 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 and guess what? They, p- people who get fucking mad about, mad about it, who secretly listen, they people who have like large followings who secretly listen to this fucking podcast... They will get mad at what I say, and then they'll go double down on it because they know that p- people are going to mimic their behavior. So if more people are mimicking your behavior, it's going to be like you're, there's no way you can escape it, like the ignorant fucking behavior that they're fucking putting out. Basically, they never want to fucking admit again. Like these people don't these people don't take fucking any accountability for shit that they fucking done. But they always want fucking you know a purity test for everyone else in the fucking space.
Like even even the whole even the whole nonsense about like oh um like even though the, like, like this is supposed to go down the way it goes down it's like oh my god Jack Smith had to be heroic and swoop in whatever yeah with the call listen I- I'm not saying that with the call like you know like going after him is a bad fucking thing like I hope they throw the fucking book at him but I but, but I'm also being realistic because again if this guy like the the way that they're setting this up first of all by wanting to promote oh a televised event because all of you are fucking whores. You guys know what direction this is going, but a lot of you are whores for fucking making money off of the... You, you've turned fucking politics into your own little fucking armchair quarterback fucking uh, reality show bullshit because you want to act like succession characters. So this whole, like, oh, Biden's mad at Garland because he didn't do anything. Maybe because Garland maybe might be on Trump's fucking side, Maybe. Maybe they're all on fucking Trump's side, even though they they're making it look like they're going after him. By 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 still allowing him to fucking run for president, they're not really going after him. If if he was really being fucked with like he was, he'd be disqualified from even being allowed to fucking run. That's what happened to any regular fucking person. You wouldn't be able to get a fucking job if you had this many fucking crimes against you. But Trump's allowed to fucking go and campaign, and now we're entertaining the idea that oh my God, he could be, um, you know, he could be, in, he he could be doing um stuff from uh, a prison, or he could be in a court case while he's supposed to be fucking president. You're already putting that fucking thing out there because you know he's gonna fucking end up winning, basically. It's like pro wrestling rules, you know what I mean? Like, like the the way that I fucking look at it is like, what, like there used to be tropes and rules that you got used to in wrestling that used to be that that you could put in politics. Then when the Attitude Era fucking came, like none of the fucking formatting of storylines fucking really mattered because you go, oh my god, how can this guy get a title shot when he was fired from the company? Well, you know, you know what? There was a rule book where you know Shane McMahon brought him back, and it's like it's the same fucking shit with with politics now. The rules that you advertise don't really fucking apply. Like you'll have fucking Trump's lawyer basically go on fucking uh, go on there and go like he'll cop to the fucking charges, like in a way like he'll self kind of admit that Trump is fucking guilty of what one of the what one of the charges is, like you know like by saying well no no he did this but he didn't break the like but he's still admitting that he's doing it whatever and all that kind of shit but it's like what's gonna end up happening to Trump he's still walking fucking free. They're even putting out like nonsense about like. Oh, the ju- like because like to signal where it's going, you know because people keep putting out the you know King Trump and all that kind of shit out there. He was mad that they referred to him as Mister Trump and not President Trump because you're supposed you know what I mean and it's supposed to represent that the system is so disgusted by him that they're not gonna call him President Trump because he you know uh, you know got that privilege removed for all the crimes he committed. And I think it's something about how he wants to help. He wants SCOTUS to help him. You know what I mean? Like, and again, like things will work out in his favor. Like it always fucking ends up doing. That's what I've learned. So again, you you may have got me with like, oh my god, they're gonna get him for this Russia collusion thing. Are they gonna get him for this? Are they gonna get him for that? Thing is, yeah, but they're called. You keep telling us he's fucking guilty, but he's still gonna fucking find a way to get out of it. And that's not. The, and and that's the. And, and that's not the. Again, people should be preparing for that reality. 
Because if one thing's been clear, that, you know, these guys are not, like, playing by regular fucking rules. It's 8.34 p.m. I still haven't, you know, I, I, I know I'm still kind of behind on different fucking things and all that kind of shit. But I figure because uh, n- normally on Fridays, I'm, I'm eager to watch fucking SmackDown or Rampage. Because I always, uh, you know, my, my Friday ritual is listening to post-wrestling, like, after uh, the show. I like catching their podcast live when they do a live recording of something. Because I normally try to call in on those days, whatever. But because they're going to Detroit for, you know, the SummerSlam event and all that kind of shit, since they're going there for SummerSlam, um, you know, they're not doing a live Friday show, so I guess, like, you know, I can have free time to basically just do this podcast, uh, like, you know, with the pacing that I fucking want, I guess. You know. I've been talking fucking forever, and I I haven't even covered all the fucking topics. I know I'm going to be here for, like, six fucking hours into the night doing this. You know what I mean? Just to get it out, you know, because I'm going to be busy tomorrow with SummerSlam and all that kind of shit. I still don't know if I'm going to go watch it somewhere else or if I'm going to fucking stay home and watch it and all that kind of shit. I don't know. Everything's just fucking, is just complete and utter shit. I'll be back, though. Okay, so let me, it's 8.46, let me go on here right now. Um, yeah, this is like, I, I don't know, just, this is too much to go on with. And, you know, I, I wait too long to, like, jot down fucking notes. Like, for example, like, I, I, I go online, right? And I guess the arrested fucking, you know, train topic. This is before I knew what was really going on about Trump being arrested, which was never really an arrest. I don't feel. Not my version of an arrest. But no, like, you see arrested, and then... So I'm noticing this... So, again, one of the common trends that I fucking do... Uh, the common thing that I do on here is, like... When I look at something trending on on Twitter... I see, you know... Uh, so I see arrested, right? So I click on it. And I, it normally used to get, like, the main topic of, like, what that's covering... Because, you know, it'll just... It'll just you know, it would work out in the algorithm... Now the algorithm is so fucking out of whack. You're seeing like 80 million stories of the word arrested being used. And then there's like 80 million. So I'm like, oh, is it, is it because some Illinois pastor was arrested for rape of like, you know, a younger person or someone that they're related to? You know, or was it because some Fayette uh, County sheriff was charged against sex crimes against their stepdaughter? Was it because a woman who stopped a Quran burning was, uh, uh, was arrested because uh, the person who did the Quran burning um, claimed that you know the woman stole her be- stole their belongings or something like that, or you know some people are pointing out that uh, some uh, uh, that guy Victor um, Portas, um, you know at the stop cop city uh, stop cop uh, city or whatever, um, uh, was arrested a few months ago and we haven't heard from him. You know what I mean? Or a Wisconsin cop, you know, possessing sex abuse, fucking shit. So you see all these fucking topics of that. You go, okay, well, these all sound alarming and should be fucking, you know, big news, I guess. But then at the same time, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like 80 million different fucking things and you can't keep up with it. 
as someone that you know wants to at least know what's like like you know like the like the hot topic of the fucking day to see what arguments going on what's going to be unveiled soon or something like that you know i don't know Hold on, hold on. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just going over different fucking things, but like, the thing is, is like, um, there's a good thread, right, about QAnon. And it wasn't it wasn't a long it wasn't a long fucking thread, right? But um right, but it's 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 again it's it's it better articulated than I could fucking do it. You know what I mean? So like it's from Robbie Martin or whatever. And he's talking about the QAnon thing because he's been like kind of like go like he's the one that's been pointing on how fucking QAnon has been like some military fucking psyop. Like General Flynn's behind like again, like I, I don't even know if like because now that you don't even know what's official fact and what's not. But like I think it's pretty much like out there when the guy is like literally promoting that you know, uh, you know he's, he's promoting that you know um, they, they they have sex tra- like they have sex trafficking camp in Sarasota, Florida, which sounds about fucking right. But it's like, like they can like literally admit to having this kind of fucking shit going on, and yet they get to pretend like they're the ones who are you know, like it it is it, like. You don't even feel like you're making an empowering point by pointing out the hypocrisy anymore, because it's clear that like you know again like I keep pointing out that they're it, it doesn't even matter at this point. Like, it used to be a big own to call someone out for their hypocrisy twenty to t- ten to twenty years ago. You know, it used to be like, oh look at this, he called out somebody who's on their high horse, and at the same fucking time, nobody gives two shits. Like, has there ever been so obvious? The people that are pointing out about sex trafficking and protecting the fucking kids, like it's, it's never been so fucking obvious that like, and they know that they're do- what, what they're doing is fucking hypocritical and fucking wrong, whatever. But they're doubling down more and more on the fact that like there is sex trafficking going on. But then they're gonna be blaming all these boogie people that they're gonna try to fucking bl- you know blame it on, so that you um, have more vitriol for people in marginalized fucking communities. Hold on a second, hold on. Twitter thread by How Is Empire Babby Formed, posted at August 3rd, 2023. Please note that all links and emojis were removed from the content for a more fluent experience. Here's how they circumvented the online banning slash censorship of extreme QAnon or adjacent content in five stages. One, realize that religious groups in the country could not be censored online as easy as just right-wing extremist groups. Two, started figuring out ways to red pill Catholic, Mormon and other evangelical Christian groups with QAnon signaling and language without overtly pushing QAnon language or terminology. Three, created a new lane of quasi QAnon without any of the previous trappings via religious groups, Sound of Freedom being a primary vehicle for this. Four, Silicon Valley companies will be too afraid to censor religious YouTube channels or social media pages. 
5. YouTube now populated with hundreds of quasi-QAnon videos, many of them coming from fairly big religious channels that get 100k 5 mil views that have effectively circumvented the mass QAnon clampdown. I'm not saying someone explicitly figured out this strategy, but the end result of QAnon creeping back on... See, I, I, I know he's trying to be safe there. <clears throat> he's like, oh, I'm not sure if, you know... Uh, I, I, also, okay, this is my theory. I, I think it's all purposeful. I think that's what they're trying to fucking do legitimately. Stream internet is absolutely happening and that's remarkable considering it may have been one of the most extreme mass banning slash censorship purges we've seen on social media so far. This may also evolve into something with COVID alt messaging. Because social media companies have severely clamped down on what they say is medical misinformation, all one has to do is play chicken from the position of a religious group like Christian scientists. Try banning them offline for medical misinformation, I dare you. Directly transferring things like QAnon or pandemic-like conspiracies into extreme religious groups in this country will create a shield that cannot be penetrated or defeated unless Silicon Valley companies have the balls to ban all types of chuches from social media. And if you're just seeing my feed for the first time, I am not pro-censorship on social media and I think it was a huge mistake to try and erase the existence of QAnon on Twitter slash Facebook slash YouTube by banning accounts and channels. Even just from a historical perspective, erasing all that stuff hurts journalism and history. I, I, I agree with that, man. I can expand upon it because not only by the sound... I guess he just named Fashana Friedrich, he wanted to make a quick point. But I could point that out, like, in different fucking celebrity fucking shit. They're using other fucking, like, fundamentalist shit of, like... Like, making making sure that fucking celebrity shit is so hypersexualized that people are going to be clamoring for, like, all oh, these women better, like... Like, more fucking discourse about women better, like, learn their fucking place type of deal. That's why you're having Candace Owens now. Like, you know what I mean? They're finding different ways to implement that, but, like, the QAnon shit... Like, yeah, like, a lot of these, like, you know, these popular fucking, you know, um, blog sites or, like, you know, like, like, you know, these social media accounts like Shade Room or Daily Loud or Pop Crave or whatever the fuck it is, Libs of TikTok, like, a lot of these are catering to different people. Like, there's, there's, John Oliver did one, I did one about, like, you know, um, how Indian people are fucking getting, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like they'll have, like, their fucking news feed of, like, something that's, like, the, the shade, equivalent to the shade room for them, essentially, to put in, like, a lot of these fucking far-right-wing fucking conspiracies. Well, the people that are peddling them are probably guilty of all those fucking conspiracies. But anyway, the sound, the sound of freedom, um, sound, the, you, you think any of the fucking sound of freedom fucking, you know, supporters are aware that the sound of freedom fucking, you know, uh, support, um, the founder is like arrested on fucking kidnap, uh, you know, kidnapping a child or whatever, or, you know, he has kidnapping charges, I'm sure there's other fucking shit he's done. Let me see, someone did a thread about it, hold on, let me see, I can find it. You know, hold on. Can't even see it. Let me see, Sound of Freedom, when kidnapping, hold on, let me see, kidnapping. Fabian, Fabian Marta. 
Some people think it's it's a way to discredit the whole fucking film. Someone did a fucking thread about what this guy has been involved with. He was one of he was he was a co-founder, but he was one of uh, he was one of like many crowdfunders, I guess. But I mean, but, but the thing is, like, even if you fucking promote that, like, these guys are hypocrites. Like, the supporters don't care because they're going to fucking think that, you know, oh, no, they, they've been trying to stop this movie, so now they're going to try and fucking, you know, arrest anyone that's associated with it. Fabian... What kind of party? Someone was promoting what kind of parties he has. He he uh, he. So uh, please meet Fabian Runner, who runs Sugar Daddy Sugar Baby Parties. Who's also I see. I don't know what fucking you know what um. So this guy puts it here. So this guy, Jim Stewartson, put it here. Jessica Lauren Clark appears to have met Fabian Marta at one of the Sugar Daddy Sugar Baby parties on you know, two, February 10, 2020. They're now in a relationship. Marta ran a campaign to get his sugar... Made a campaign to get his sugar baby, Jessica Lauren Clark, elected in Rockwood School. So this guy has, like, some fucking power. Um... I don't know, hold on. So I guess, again, I don't know if these sugar fucking, with these sugar baby fucking parties, let me see, hold on a second, um. Hold on. Sugar baby... I, I don't know what exactly what, what I don't know exactly what is it, is this something that's underage or it's just like more like, like they're doing some arranged type of marriage type of deal for favors and all that. He hosts sugar baby party with with oh with children. So okay, it's with children. If the, well, if this guy's been do, if this guy's been doing what they've been saying he's been doing, and no one was like a, you know going after him before, like it already makes that whole fucking thing suspect to me. You know, he just becomes I don't know. Everything just fucking is just it's just kind of shit now. You should have seen T.Y., uh, let me see, um, uh, hold on, let me see, uh, hold on, let 
Like, here's the thing. Again, with the cold, if they weren't selling me this bullshit, like, oh, the Democrats. Like, TYT did an interview with Marion Williamson. And, and Jank right there is kind of a main that they talk off air. Which means that like that's the reason why he's getting behind her because she he wants her to pretend that she's being now that she's aligned with TYT now it really makes me question um who she who who like what her fucking intents are even if she says good fucking things but this whole notion of like oh my god the Democrats don't want like dude if the Democrats didn't like legit didn't want. Um, didn't leg- like legitimately didn't want anyone to know that they don't want a debate. It wouldn't be fucking out there, like things that are supposed to be out there, whether it be by books, whether it be by podcasts, whether it be by that, like you know, like from some of these notable fucking people. It's always designed to fucking be there. They have to just sound like, oh, I wasn't supposed to fucking say that, but it's like no, like like you're literally saying it, and you literally are are part of a. A campaign to fucking, you know, um, you're literally a part of a fucking campaign to fucking, you know, uh, like, like, you know, pivot more to the fucking right wing. No one's buying this fucking thing about, oh my god, it's like, it's like pro wrestling booking 101, basically. And, and, and by the way, here's my, because people like to think that only the politicians that are in office, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, like, meaning, like, like, they're more powerful than fucking a regular fucking person, right? But they love to think that, like, you know, if Jank, like, again, I didn't know how, again, I never really knew about just the Democrats. I just thought that Jank was promoting it. I didn't know he was, like, this co-founder of it or whatever the fuck it is. And so back then when you think that, okay, well, he helped get some people in or whatever. Now that I feel that he's always been making this right-wing pivot, part of, like, all the disappointing things that the fucking, you know, that, um, all the disappointing things that the fucking, uh, just the Democrats don't fucking do... Part of me fucking thinks that they've been fucking uh, told not to fucking do them. And actually been encouraged to, like, you know, bow down so that people like Jank can play, like, oh my god, I'm calling out people for not really doing anything. So, like, so now that, like, so now basically he's kind of like, like, it's not, it's it's one thing to say that, oh my god, I'm I'm just holding them accountable for not fucking, you know, um, doing stuff that, like, you're supposed to fucking do, basically, right? Like you know what I mean? Like I like you know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not saying that, but if he's not disclosing that these people are booked to be that kind of way and not get anything done on the fucking surface and not disclose what goes on behind the fucking scenes and all that kind of shit, then to me I, I know he says in his book he talks about what goes on behind the scenes. He's not he's not anything that he says on the fucking surface. Trust me, if he wasn't gonna be talking about it, he wouldn't be talking about it. Hold on one second. Uh Second, just try to check my. I back in one second. Okay, it's nine twenty nine p.m. I, I I had to go eat fucking dinner, man. I, I, really, I, I really, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't going to fucking, you know, again, like, I, what, what, what are I talking about? Fucking, you know, TYT and Justice Democrats. I, so, yeah, anyways, so I, I think because they're moving into a right-wing direction. And, and see, like, I, I never fucking could pull, you know, I, I just thought, like, you know, like, they were never really a lot, like, fully aligned, whatever. But now that you know, I guess I should have known from the get-go, whatever. I mean, I wasn't paying too much attention. I just knew that, you know, they're propping up. You know who these politicians are, and make them fucking baby faces. 
So to me, like the fact that they had to lay off a bunch of fucking people, right? And also, also the whole narrative of like, oh, uh, um, they don't really talk to each other. And they don't get things done till last minute. It's like any planning that goes on. Like, see, again, see, again, the, the TYT likes to pretend like they're better than mainstream fucking media. But at the same time, the, the, they're putting out this fucking false narrative because it happened to leak out. Not that these things that leak out are designed to fucking leak out, so it changes the fucking narrative. And then and then guys like fucking Jank and them get really pissed off because you aren't buying... Because it's, it's like the same thing with the, as I was saying with the critics. You can't interpret things um, and expand upon your fucking view and look at the grand design and go, maybe these rules are not really being applied to and there's other fucking means to how this is done. So they have to make uh, make kayfabe rules for you to like and kayfabe interviews that add to their fucking point so that they can be seen as the ones being totally right. So if you dare interpret it, they'll be like, well, no, because this person didn't say this in the interview and this is what his intent was. But it's like, that's also part of the fucking gimmick. Like, that is that is way more unhinged. And, and so Jake and them knew that it was, like... Things weren't gonna get fucking done, in my personal opinion. I I know they'll say that well they they oh we're just regular people we have no fucking no no a lot of you that run fucking a lot of you that fucking are in the celebrity world and the fucking uh, public figure type fucking world who are very are, are very much fucking rich whether you want to pretend that you whether you want to pretend you know you're you're not rich or anything like that a lot of you have fucking connections to basically have fucking power. Like, you know, like, the fact that he, he's a TV producer and all that kind of stuff, it all makes sense why fucking, you know, a TV writer or whatever, Jenks said he's done some TV writing and all that. Now, now it all makes sense in the, like, why the theatrics are happening and how much fucking insider fucking knowledge he fucking has, but then he pretends to put out, they're like, oh, no, 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 I, I've been an insider. This is what they don't want you to know. No, trust me, if they didn't want you to know about it, you would definitely not be... A, a big fucking truth teller. You're the biggest fucking pussy on the planet. You're the biggest fucking token who pretends like you're not one. You've, you, you're you someone that's like literally watches professional... Like, I can watch professional wrestling and look at what Jenks doing and his shtick can get away... He can get away with doing the shtick because a lot of his audience probably doesn't watch professional wrestling. See, that's the beauty and fucking strength of watching professional fucking wrestling. People who, you know, are, you know, in powerful fucking positions or have fucking influence... Definitely fucking watch it and they use it on how to fucking manipulate you. I just don't believe anything that those people fucking say about anything, really. By the way, what's it called? I don't know what the bigger, bigger context of this is, but people are using this fucking... Uh, people are using this to uh, basically own that Archer dude. These are not business guys. This is the vice president of the United States. He's right. not allowed to be working on businesses with foreign governments while he's vice president, I don't think. Not that I know of. <laughs> but here he is! Right. Amazing. 
So yeah, I guess that was a big own that what the cold people were fucking hyping up uh, for, you know, for T- Tucker Carlson, essentially. See, all, all this shit, like, this is a, what seems to be the fucking uh, key elements of all the stuff, like, all these figures that are involved in this Hunter Biden thing, or any fucking thing. They all get a media run where they fucking do caricature-like shit, whatever, and then for some reason, you know... But people think that, oh, look, Tucker's going to call him out for, for for certain... Like, the thing is, is that the fucking right wing, is, the fucking people on the Democrat shit is already limited. So if, if it looks like they're fucking owning the people that are aligned with Hunter and all that kind of shit, it's like it's by design because they're always designed to fucking, at least for their audience, be, oh, look, they're calling something out, basically. Hold on, let me see what else he fucking said. That was an Archer guy. That, what's it called, um... Hold on, let me see. Hold on. Hold on, let me see. Kind of a, you know, some type of coalescence around having a private equity fund that would have this unique access and understanding of a regulatory environment. Do you see? Again, God. Okay, well, listen, I could name a little time. How many times do you think you met Joe Biden during the course of your relationship with Hunter? How many times? Um, I should have this off the top of my head since I've been asked so many times. Uh, probably same thing, 20. So I got one last question for you, and we'll do a much longer interview and get the entire story, but we, we found this letter kind of amazing it's from january 20th 2011 which i think puts you in your late 30s mid mid to late 30s okay so you're you're a younger man this is from the vice president of the united states joe biden to you personally and it's personalized here at the bottom devin archer rosemont seneca partners that was your partnership with hunter biden in georgetown dear devin i apologize for not getting a chance to talk I'll, i'll just read what fucking is written here hold on after confirming that Joe Biden met Devon Archer around 20 times, Tucker Carlson unveils never seen before letter. Never seen before that's, you know, passed around to, like, everyone behind the fucking scenes. Never seen before letter that Tucker Carlson magically got. From Joe Biden to Archer clearly establishing Biden's intimate knowledge of his son's foreign business deals. So then this is where he goes. He's the vice president of the United States. He's talking about foreign business deals with you. And thanking you for that. And then Archer said at the time, I think the jackpot, but obviously at the time he t- as told, being a little bit too close to the sun ends up burning you. And he goes, he's not a business guy. This is the vice president of the United States. He's not allowed to be working um, with foreign governments while he's... Pre- but then, like, like, even if, it, like, that's fucking true. Like, is anything really going to happen to any of these fucking guys? Like, the fact that, like, this guy is, like, doing interviews to, like, basically confirm it, it's like... Something that's supposed to be fucking established, so that eventually there is. Because again, when you tell me that fucking, uh, like you know, Biden and them do are involved with corrupt fucking things, here's the thing, man. I'm I'm kind of like apolitical in that regard. In that, yeah, listen, different fucking politicians are gonna do corrupt shit because the system is corrupt. So there's obviously gonna be fucking people who are not being completely fucking honest. The whole thing is, is that like they think that no one else is point. They think because that the mainstream media isn't fucking talking about it. 
supposedly, even though I, I see mainstream media talking about it, they think that what they call them bringing this up is like they're doing a hard fucking um, hitting interview when like literally it's like designed for you for you to make your fucking point look fucking stronger. That's what I can fucking gather from it. So basically, he's he's confirming that he's in a holiday. This is totally normal. Joe Biden had no role whatsoever in uh, in his son's business or knowledge of it. But right? How would I mean? That seems false. Yeah, I, th- I think that. Yeah, I think that's that's categorically false. I think that what what the he was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's oh. business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that that illustrates that he knew me. And I he's thanking you. <laughs> he's thanking you for so, his efforts. So I think that was, yeah. I think. So like, much like the Trump shit, which is like designed to be out there for people on the Democratic side to basically use whatever's established, the right wing will do it for their fucking whole Hunter Biden thing. But in the midst of all of it, it looks like it's falling apart at the same time because one of the key guys kind of skipped out on it. But like that's like, to me, is like more theatrical fucking shit, whatever. Because if somebody fucking skipped out It'll make it look like, oh, look, this guy was actually threatened for, you know, like, like they'll find a new way to fucking justify, even though, like, everything is going the way, they, they have to constantly make it look, like, first they had to make it look like it was being censored off the internet, even though everyone fucking saw it. They even did a preemptive thing of basically advertising, like, in the, in, you know, catering to horny on main people, that they have fucking pictures of fucking Hunter Biden with, like, you know, claiming that, 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 that they're underage or whatever the fuck it is. But basically, you're, you're already advertising that you're going to advertise revenge porn. So, like, they knew that it would get censored, like, you know, by the official fucking standard of it. But people were still fucking talking about it. It was still fucking online. It was still on Reddit. It was still being talked about non-fucking-stop. Bill Maher, Joe Rogan, all these fucking people, all these funded people on the fucking establishment are talking about it. So how is like no, like no one really fucking talking about it? You know what I mean? And then and then now because Democrats pretend like, oh um you know this uh, Biden didn't have anything to do with it, but it's like the more you fucking deny that like there might be corruption shit going on, on any fucking level, like, the more you fucking den- deny it. When they eventually do do prove it, that's why that's why they're attaching on to this thing because they will find something. And and, and again, this is like. Not something unusual because literally everyone who's involved in the fucking system, you can assume, are all up to fucking no good shit. So when you fucking unleash that, like, oh, this person did it, or, or this person can do something shady. It's like, yeah, that's that's part of the fucking course of being in there. For some reason, they want to fucking deny it. So it looks like they're covering up for Hunter fucking Biden. Even though everything that you're fucking seeing out there is designed for it to be out there. And then they make it look like Tucker Carlson is getting all these, you know, he's getting all these, you know, uh, all these scoops and all that kind of shit. Like there was like a, someone from the D.C. police now alluding to the fact that there was a cover up. And the thing is, even if there is some fucking cover up, whatever, right? Like, to me, it would be designed for it to look like they're framing fucking Trump people, in my personal opinion. And, like, you know, the, 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 for some reason, people people online 
who claim to be left can't, like... Because I understand the right wing is using it, and they're making it seem like they're, fo- like, you know, like, like, like they're anti-fucking cop and they're anti-fucking fed and all that kind of shit. Even though, even though, like, they have been for fucking pro-military level fucking shit to, like, go and fucking, you know, bash fucking skulls during the um, Black Lives Matter protests and all that kind of shit. So they're obviously fucking hypocrites. But why couldn't people fucking realize that, like, or, you know, maybe kind of theorize that if they're, like, I'm not saying every single fucking fed, like, I think there's factions within factions, with factions within institutions. Like, how do you know there aren't fucking factions of fucking far right-wing fucking people that are aligned with white, white supremacy? If there can be ties to white supremacy within law enforcement and in the military, why don't you think that there could be that? Like, for example, you could literally fucking dismantle what the right-wing is fucking saying, but you, like... Allow them to put it out there. So there's something that does prove that this was organized by, like, you know, people inside and all that kind of shit. Not just the fucking Trump people and the fucking Secret Service, whatever, and all that. But, like, if you, like, 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 if you, because, like, they made it seem like the feds are against them. So if the feds did do it, or, like, you know, like, they're alluding to. Then, like, you know what I mean? Then all of a sudden they'd be like, see? And the feds are going after them and they're fucking framing them. So, like, guys, like, you know, so, so by completely fucking... De- and, and the way that fucking people on the Democrat side or even on the left side are fucking denying it. I'm talking about plat- platform people. They're ma- the, the, you're going to be helping the fucking right-wing conspiracy. You don't fucking realize it, but for some, some reason, a lot of you want to... Dumb it down for some odd reason. Maybe you're not allowed to. Again, I'm just theorizing my fucking theory. I'm not saying that I'm 100% fucking right. Hold on. So you can find, um, so this is now deleted. See, I'm trying to call the interview with the, D, with, with the capital again, all automatically is deleted and it's coming up with the call. Mean that with the call, they're trying to make it seem like Fox News try to fucking cover it up, whatever. But if they if they wanted to cover it up for legit, for legit, if they really wanted to cover it up, you wouldn't even be knowing about this. So they have to make it see basically. We're, Covering up means that we're going to be the ones permitted to be allowed to put it out there. So it will look like we're the ones fucking breaking all the rules by what they call going against the system, whatever. Because restrained and rational and not given an overstatement, obviously. But the facts that you are describing are shocking. The reason why I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you write this book? I try to do what I can. To get the truth out, yes, you know they didn't want me to testify in uh, in February on February twenty third at the Senate hearing. They don't want people to still currently in the positions on the Hill. I actually had to go in and talk to a friend of mine on one of the oversight committees to say, "I will come there in person. I want to be there. I want to testify." So I'm glad you think I'm reserved. I'm, you know, to be honest with you, I'm a little pissed off um, because it, it, this happened. If if people were, can I get a better version of this fucking video or like? If, 
I was allowed to do my job as the chief. I got a significant experience. If I was allowed to do my job as the chief, we wouldn't be here today. This didn't happen. Then see how you're lambasted in public. Hold on When it hurts, you press it. Ah, you recoil. They immediately recoiled when you asked any questions about January 6th. And that was a tip-off to me. I mean, I had no thought in my head as I watched this happen on television and in the subsequent weeks that U.S. law enforcement or military agencies had anything to do with it. That never crossed my mind. I never Bullshit. thought there was, it was a false flag or anything like that. I'm not a conspiracist by temperament. I never thought that. Um, and then I interviewed the chief of the Capitol. So he, he has a discredit conspiracy theorist still. But like he's knowing that he's going to be, oh my God, I was swayed into buying into this one. No, because you are told to prop up this one. And, and I'm telling you, if there's something that fucking get, gets put out there, that fucking does fucking show that it was like, you know, um, organized from other fucking people, it's going to be designed to make it look like Trump's people were, vict were victims in this. Like, people are doing a good job in condemning the movement and all that kind of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Even if they got to do it in the sports entertainment way. But, like, the blind way of doing it will then make it look like, oh, shit, if there's some secret shit that they don't want you to know about, even though they're putting it online. Then it's going to make it look like, you know, their side was fucking totally fucking victimized. And to me, it feels like it's, it's, it's always been going that way. So that when it's fucking revealed in that way... Then the remaining people who are supposed to be left are then going to go, oh, wow, mom, I guess I'm going to go on the Trump side now. That's how it's going to fucking work. That's why they're all playing fucking dumb. That's why they got to limit the fucking narratives while pretending that they're better than mainstream media. Peace. Steven Sund, in an interview that was never aired on Fox, by the way, I was fired before it could air. Um, I, I'm going to interview him again. But Steven Sund was the totally non-political worked for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, this was not some right-wing activist. He was the chief of the Capitol Police on January 6th, and he said, okay, So I guess, yeah, I guess yeah. this the clip... Was filled with federal agents. I, I guess this clip was the... Because this is a recent clip. I guess the one that, 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 that when I played before was like the supposed deleted one that suddenly leaked out. Yes. Well, he would know, of course, because he was in charge of security at the site. So the more time has passed, now it's been two and a half years... It becomes really obvious that core claims they made about January 6th were lies. And my view about events and about people is if you catch someone telling a lie about one thing, the first question you have is, what else are you lying about? If you say to your wife, where were you? I was at the grocery store. If you find out she was not at the grocery store, then it raises, okay, probably not just lying about being at the grocery store, were you? Like, what is this exactly? Why were you lying about that? And that's kind of the way I feel about January. Like, what is this? Well, this is, they're clearly lying. That's provable. Why? Um, and, you know, I'm the last person. I'm often accused of being a conspiracy. Not I'm the opposite. I grew up in a very stable country, the United States, in the 70s and 80s, where people didn't indulge in conspiracies because there weren't any obvious ones afoot, right? I mean, we took things at face value. We trusted our government by and large. There's always um, conspiracy shit. But I, the amount of lying around January 6th, and it was obvious in the tapes so ba that I showed. Basically, he said that when, when, when it was more valid to be a conspiracy theorist, he wasn't a conspiracy theorist. But now that the right-wing fucking people are all conspiracy theorists for their little right-wing twisted fucking shit, they can point out obvious, um, obvious errors from the mainstream media. They can point out obvious fucking corruption from the fucking Democrats. But then they'll make it seem like anything pointed towards them is totally, you know... 
to me, I, I think it is a conspiracy. I think it's been a movement to make it seem, you know what I mean? And, and the thing is, like, they, they, they organize these events, in my personal opinion. They then prop them up for the fucking, you know, the, uh, to the entertainment dollar and the fucking political fucking shows that are all going to make money off this cover that they know is going to go nowhere. And then they bring out these bombshells of then going, oh my God, maybe the people that went there were being framed or something like that. But it's like, even if those cogs were framed, <coughs> doesn't mean that this shit isn't designed to be in favor of Trump, though. For some reason, we can't fucking put that out. We can just, like, even if you want to hate, like, I, I get it, you want to hate Trump, but, like, but dropping your fucking guard and, and becoming a fucking, like, oh my god, you, they're gonna lock him away. Like, I, I, listen, we can all hope, whatever. But, like, you know the fucking reality, and you, you, you have fucking insider knowledge, and a lot of you know a lot better. And a lot of you are fucking pretending that, like, there isn't gonna be some fucking, you know, some type of fucking, like, some civil fucking war that's gonna fucking break out from all this shit. And we're going to be moving into the next fucking phase, which is what the 2020s were about, basically. Um, is really distressing. And anyone who's covering for those lies should be ashamed of himself. And that would include almost the entire American media, including Fox News. Um, people at Fox News, Fox News, to its great credit, let me air that. And I'm grateful that they did. But there, you know, there are people there who were mad at me for airing that. Really, Why? So, uh, people online were making it seem like this was never aired before. So, already they're trying to fucking lie to you. So, he just said right there they fucking aired it. But he's, he's, he's pretending to be mad at fucking Fox News, even though... Again, when you follow wrestling and you see how much of a work some of the online work shoot stuff is... You know what I mean? You can fucking basically see what's happening here with a lot of more of the entertainment and the political fucking world. And again, my personal opinion, I'm not saying I'm fucking right. I, I know whenever I pretend, like, I, I have to pretend, like, you know, I'm, I'm seeming like I'm trying to act like I'm smart, smarter than everyone else, even though I'm not. People get mad for me having my own thoughts because I'm not fucking buying into other fucking, like, you know, their version of propaganda. You know what I mean? They, it, it exists on the fucking left, too. I'm not saying that they're, like, the same as the fucking right. I wouldn't equate them. But, like, everyone has to sports entertain. But, like, people still have to limit their fucking... Limit themselves. And looking at how much, like, the fucking people on the left, even if they're, like, outspoken about certain issues and they'll be right... They'll be morally correct on, you know, on, on a lot of fucking issues, whatever. They still fucking limit and they buy into this fucking sports entertainment infighting. Which is why I start fucking distrusting a lot of fucking people. If if you think I'm cherry picking it and taking it out of context, show me show me where. Uh, and by the way, I didn't make the claim that it was entirely peaceful. It, it wasn't. Police officers were injured. More police officers were injured at the riots in front of the White House the year before. But whatever. All injuries to police officers or anyone else are bad. I'm not certainly not making excuses for it. But I'm asking obvious questions. You said this happened. For example. There was a guy called the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley. They put the guy in prison for years. There is surveillance tape that they hid until I aired it, showing the Capitol Police trying lots of doors, trying to get into the Senate chamber, the sacrosanct chamber that he wasn't allowed to be in, and then escorting him in. And he kind of wanders around like he's... So, even though they're putting the idea out, but see the thing, they'll be honest about, like, you know, like that type of stuff. Right? But they're making it seem like, oh, it was organized and they let it happen. But this is like being done at the behest of fucking weaponizing it against Trump. Even though, like, right there, 
you're basically giving the game plan kind of a way that maybe these fucking police officers were kind of in on it to allow it to fucking go the way it fucking goes, even though they knew it wasn't going to get super fucking, it wasn't going to get out of hand that, like, it could be in the fucking future, essentially. But, like, they're making it seem like it's free, and, and, by, and by the fucking Democrats limiting the narrative and making it seem like what happened was, like, 9-11, basically. But, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? And then people are like, well, that living, like, you know, aesthetically and all that kind of shit, like, the, like, the direct damage was, like, ten times fucking worse, whatever. But because, like, you know, and, and because everyone has to, it's like WWE when, like, you know, a, a new bad guy, like, a new bad guy comes after, comes after the Undertaker, and they're like, oh my god, I've never seen the Undertaker get fucking uh, manhandled like that. But it's like, no, I saw him literally get burned by his brother in a casket. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the same thing the mainstream media fucking does. So now people fucking, you know... Well, like, you know, they, 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 they addressed it in a blind level fucking way. You know, like, blindly fucking, you know, like, chastising and not hearing any nuance in it. And then, with the call, so now the right wing are the ones that are fucking bringing more quote-unquote nuance, even though, in my personal opinion, it's all fucking limited. And it's designed to make them look like they're the ones that are being more truthful. But they're not, you know. I don't buy into any of this fucking shit with Tucker Carlson being at odds with Fox. And then Joe Rogan's also another one that's been going viral for him putting out the Ray Epps thing. And he, and he knows what he's doing. He's not, play, he's not playing fucking dumb. But, you know, this is how it fucking goes, essentially. There's this uh, ACLU lawsuit against uh, some religious school that's becoming a public school in Oklahoma. And I, I know this is one fucking story. I'm sure there's like a lot more that's fucking going to be doing this. If, if many of them are, are adapting the, you know, in te- Texas, they're doing the disciplinary centers. I'm sure that's going to be the new common thing now of... Like, I don't know if it's going to be all of America or like certain sections of America. Like, you know, like... America's gonna do their brand split, basically. Where it'll be their Raw and SmackDown, where they'll have, like, their fucking fundamentalist shit on their fucking side and all that kind of shit. Like, you know, I, I watched Twisted Metal. I watched Twisted Metal. Right? I, I, I watched it. And, uh, like, for example, I, I was wondering, because again, I, I, when, I, when I played it when I was a kid, like, I played the first one when I was a fucking, uh, you know, 14 years old on PlayStation. It just seemed like a, 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 a you know, basically, like, like I, I used to compare everything to Mario Kart, essentially. Like, like, you're just crashing into cars and doing that. I didn't know there was a whole post. Of, like, I don't know if that's just, like, an added, like, I don't know if that's ever been a part of, like, the story of Twisted Metal. But, like, like the way that they're doing it in, in, in the show is that, like, we live in a post, um, you know, a, a, a post-apocalyptic show, basically. Where there's like different cities have fortresses and like people are like basically like low rent citizens type of deal and they're all fucking like you know like you know, like like it's like it's heavily it's like it's heavily you know uh it's heavily you know um like like you know boarded up with like you know like there's like police like you know like people who are supposed to be like police are like like their version of the police whatever you know what I mean 
Mike Mitchell, the guy Mike Mitchell's in it. He's pretty good in it. Um, the guy who played Papa Doc, I forget, I forget what his fucking he, he plays uh, Captain America now. You know, Captain he's Captain America now. I forget what his real name is. Sometimes I forget. So many people. I, I, he he's basically the main character. The Spanish chick from Brooklyn Nine Nines in it. Uh, Coco from fucking Mayans is also in it. Um, who else is in it? I don't know. Some uh, Samoa Joe's in it, but Will Arnett's doing the voice. I think you should just let Joe do it, but like, you, like, like I look at TV shows like that, right? And I always look at like, oh, they're implementing what, the, um, uh, what the fu- what the future, like, what's gonna happen in the fucking future, essentially. So let me see. So I just see. I see this as, as a co- as a common. Uh, I see it as, as a common fucking thing that's gonna happen. This is right here. We're suing uh, the block. We're suing to block the nation's first religious public school charter. Oklahoma approved a virtual Catholic school request to become a public school despite plans to discriminate against students. And relig- and religiously indoctrinate them, and again, you know, with the cold, like I'm good. Somebody's trying to fight back, but part of me feels like if we're going in a fucking direction, and they're gonna get their fucking way, it's just promotion of what you're gonna expect in this new world that is gonna be established. And I don't know where it seems like every single day could happen, but it feels like the building blocks and the overall sense of the grand fucking view is being put out there already. That's why they'll keep t- talking about like like for 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 example with like Ju- all these Giuliani fucking you know l- like leaks, it's like it's, it's it's bad enough that this guy, like probably fucking raped this fuck you know it's it's bad enough that he did that shit to her, but now it's like now it's gonna be used for like, you know social media fucking uh, like social media storyline shit. Oh, can you believe that he was talking shit about her? In private, you know, it's, it's like, it wasn't meant to be private, it was meant to be put out there, because it's meant to be fucking discourse, so this is basically her, him cutting a fucking promo on her, essentially. You know what I mean, like, it's like, it's not bad, it's like, it's, it's like you're just adding insult to fucking injury. And then, of course, they gotta throw, like I said before, they gotta throw in fucking, you know, the other shit, like, oh, can you believe he thought Matt Damon is a homosexual, it's like, dude, focus on the rape shit. That's, like, the fucking main fucking shit that should be discussed. I don't give a shit what his opinion... If he thinks Matt Damon is a homosexual. Like, I don't I don't give two shits. Most of these fucking guys in Hollywood probably are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're bi or whatever. You know what I mean? It doesn't fucking give... I don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit. It's not news to me. It's not the fucking 1990s where... Oh, my God. Can you believe? Can you believe who was in the closet this whole time? They always gotta like, like levitate. Like for example, like you know, according to the transcript, Julia told her to come here, big tits. Your tits belong to me. I want to claim my tits. They're these are my tits. That's what that's what, that's what I say to myself when I'm looking in the mirror. But whatever, when I'm saying they're shirtless. No, 
See again, like they see they see again, like this is a horrible thing that fucking happened to her, right? But the thing is, they always gotta levitate it in like like an edge lord kind of fucking way of what you would see. Like like this would be something that that would be edge lord, um, you know, um, like this would be something that Stifler would fucking say in American Pie. You know what I mean? Like they always gotta like levitate it for the entertainment dollar. And people are like, no, no, this is just pillow talk. So he puts right here, so he goes, goes, he tells her these breasts belong to him. No one else can have them. I don't care if they're flirting or or they give you business cards, they're mine. Basically, this is, like, symbolizing, like, how, like, like, some of, like, like, like even, like, you know, like, like okay, like, like, the stuff that they go through is real. But some people who go through it will end up also then becoming part of the entertainment fucking circus. So even though they went through a fucking, you know, a horror, like, like, and again, like, regular people who might have de- dealt with sexual harassment could go, oh, well, this is relatable because I've dealt with this in the workforce kind of way, whatever, and all that kind of shit. So you make it relatable, but, like, this part, me, like, she's becoming, like, a main fucking character in this whole thing. And to me, it's telling me that it's just supposed to symbolize that this, this is how a lot of these, uh, like, like by by uh, um um by positioning it like oh like this is like like him fl- like for the people on the right wing are making it seem like this is just flirting going on, not that he's just like like you know harassing the living shit out of her. He says uh, he goes uh, he goes I'm very fucking possessive. He says I'm he said I'm going easy on you. Cause I've been easy on you. You're pre- she goes, you're pretty tough on me. He goes, I've been easy on you. G- give them to me. And she goes, maybe, whatever. And they'll always present, like, people who are, who are going to think that Giuliani is a fucking victim. They'll make it seem like... Um, Oh, like like the shit. Like for example, he put right here, like the way um, the natural selection. He's talking about natural selection, and then he goes off about Jewish men having small cocks because they can't use them after they get married, whereas the Italian men we use them all their lives, so they get bigger. Dude, like 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 it, it's like they, they they took the worst kind of fucking like. R-rated discourse from, like, one of the more inappropriate characters in a movie or a television show and going, wait, we're going to give this to Giuliani, essentially. She 
Because who are the other Republicans who are, who are celebrities? There ain't too many. See, again, see, that's bullshit right there. See, this is how I know this is supposed to be leaked out. And the thing is, you, you're going to say, well, why would he want this leaked out? It kind of fucking, what fucking, uh, what charges is he going to fucking face? The guy will still, even if he's being investigated for all this fucking shit that he's doing, he's still on this fucking podcast talking a lot of fucking shit and also fucking still, like, doing it. And these guys do not play by regular rules. It's like, they advertise their fucking crimes, but then they're allowed to make sports entertainment out of it. So she's, so right here, even, like, you know, him denying that, like, some of these people are Republican, because most of these fucking republic. okay, he goes, um... So it's like, it's like it's like it's his way of also then like like giving safe haven to other people. So basically, when it goes, ain't too many goes. Not Brad Pitt. The other guy looks like him. And she goes Bradley Cooper. And he goes, no, the other one. What the hell is his name? She goes, well, Matt Damon's very liberal. And he goes, no, Matt Damon is a um. He says Matt, and then he calls him the F slur. He's also five two. Uh, uh, eyes are blue. Coochie coochie coo, dude. I used to fucking just say coochie coochie coo all the fucking dude like dude like this just sounds like like this just sounds like fucking shit talk basically in a social fucking setting but whatever I, I you know it, 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 this sounds like designed for it to be out there so like there's some so like if if you're a Democrat and you're doing like you're trying to fucking like make fun of Giuliani you'll like go over how fucking lame his fucking his um, sex talk game is. And then the other, other, like, I think the people that, people that are not fucking, you know, the people that are not, uh, the people that are not, like, you know, um, like, who are just making it about, like, what he was saying in these transcripts, right, because they're making it seem like, oh, he said this stuff, but it's like, you know, someone that he's, like, you know, in a consensual relationship with, but if the woman's accusing him of rape. But again, this is like a way to like also kind of give safe haven to a lot of these, to these celebrities, basically. I don't know. But again, you know, it, it always has to, uh, you know, cater to like horny on main shit. And they have to make the fucking, you know, the, the, the dialogue like, you know, like something that you would see in a comedy movie, essentially. I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so sick of fucking talking about these fucking people, but I got nothing else to fucking, you know, certainly not my wrestling shit that brings, bring people to it, I guess. I don't know. I got so much fucking shit to talk about. I don't know, dude. The the, the guy that what to call that? Uh, so the, the the guy that Jank show Jank went on the show. Um, Patrick Bet. Uh, what's his name? Patrick Bet. Um, Patrick Bet. Uh, David basically. He's an Iranian guy. What to call you? Know, you know. I don't know. It sounds like the, it sounds like what to call. I don't want people to know that I'm Iranian. Just give me like. You know, like, give me, like, like, like you know, th th three, you know, give me two, uh, you know, first names, and then just put a random word as my middle fucking name, and then, then they came out with that, but the guy, the, the guy, now I know, I, I couldn't put my, my, my finger on it, 
the guy, the guy sounds like, um, remember that episode of Seinfeld, the, the, um, the wig master, the, the guy that was, the, the guy, the pimp in the parking lot that was, like, letting horses, like, a bunch of hookers fuck in other people's cars, because they're turning tricks, he kind of, he kind of looks like, that. he kind of looks and sounds like that guy, I mean, he doesn't look like him exactly, but he, he, he definitely does sound like him. Let me, uh, hold on, let me see right here, hold on. Let me see, maybe I'm way off, hold on, let me see, let me see, maybe I'm way off. Hold on. The Jiffy Park guy, the Jiffy Park guy, hold on. In this city, you gotta expect things are gonna stick to your foot. You open your car and ping, condom. <laughs> that doesn't explain the lipstick on the dashboard. Here, take a few shirts. What? I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Kramer, but we can't get your car now. The keys seem to have been misplaced. Wait a minute, I need those keys. I won't be able to get into my apartment. Hey, Mr. Kramer, you like Cadillacs? Yeah, I like Cadillacs. Why? What do you got on your mind? Take that pink Cadillac Eldorado over there. It's a Mary Kay car. Mary Kay. <laughs> Mary Kay car. Right. Well, listen, I'll see you later. Thanks for driving me by. Hey, what's happening? I'm going to hang around here a little while. There's something funny going on here. Excuse me. Uh, I think I made a big mistake. I, I'd like my deposit back, please. What's the problem? You got hookers turning tricks in my car. How's that for starters? Yeah, that is all hearsay. <laughs> all right, very good. I'd like my car and my deposit back, please. Can't do it. What do you mean? If you read the agreement you signed, the deposit is not refundable. Well, does it say anything in the contract about my car being used as a whorehouse? Because I don't remember reading that clause either. <laughs> what can I tell you, buddy? Take it up with consumer affairs. All right, just give me my car and let me get the hell out of here. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> Why? It's all the way in the back. We can't get it out for a couple of days. What are you talking about? I want my car. We ask that you please bear with us. Bear with you? This is a parking lot. People are supposed to be able to get their cars. Ideally. <laughs> so, okay, so, so, so. This is what, so he kind of reminds me of that guy, you know what I mean? It's kind of like how Aaron Maté reminds me of fucking Brandon Falone from, uh, like he's, he, he doesn't sound like Brandon Falone, but he definitely looks like Brandon Falone, Aaron Maté. I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, hold on, so, so, so let me look at Patrick. Bet. Let me see, hold on. Have you looked at, um, you know, Larry Fink? So see, he kind of does sound like him a little know, bit. Uh, Vanguard, BlackRock. How much have you looked at what they're doing and how, what their ties are? I've looked at it. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty much running everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
S&P 500, you know, the number that uh, 88% of the companies on S&P 500, 88% of them, the largest shareholder of those company, the others on how much we're making from de- defense, but you'll see some numbers saying last year is 13% of our GDP, which is around 850. I don't know. And then basically he's talking about, like, you know, uh, the influence that, you know... Um, They're going on podcast. See, basically he's... he's he, he, they're self-admitting that people are going on fucking podcast, right? He's self-admitting that. But at the same time, he's presenting it, just like how everyone else, like Glenn Greenwald does, that, oh my God, see, this is like replacing corporate fucking media. Yeah, I can tell it's going to replace corporate media because a lot of your, a lot of your takes, whether they be fucking liberal or whether they be fucking, you know, uh, right-wing, they're all fucking trash fucking takes. It's sophisticated. Oh my God, we're being fucking censored. That's the only thing we have is our personality trait. So of course you guys are more people are coming on your fucking podcast because that's where it's supposed to be going basically. They're yeah. going everywhere. Yeah. And 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 some of these guys are not realizing the power of you yet. The power of the podcast model, the power of freedmen, the power of going and talking to the people cuz it's digital. You know, I'm I'm looking at the video here, 15 minute clip, 5 minute clip, Twitter short clip. So I think this could be the first case study um where mainstream media for an election this could be the last one where they have a little bit of an advantage i think it's about to be done for them Mm. yeah i think so too well it's a it's a terrible format i mean mainstream media has always been hampered by the fact they have ads every seven minutes it's always been the every conversation has to it is only allowed to have a certain amount of depth to it because you can't expand on things. You can If you have like something very complicated to discuss, you need to let someone talk without any interruption, and then there needs to be some back and forth. That takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time mm-hmm. for someone to clearly establish when you're talking about the facts of a, a very important piece of policy or a very important situation that's going on in America. Like say the border crisis. You can't talk about the border crisis in five minutes. It's super complicated. You can't talk about Title 42. Yeah, but you guys don't even talk about it properly. You guys do it in a reactionary fucking right-wing fucking way. He said, say again, they, they, when they're using this fucking discussion, this becomes this becomes a promoted fucking discussion. So it seems fucking reasonable because sometimes you can't really talk about some of the stuff that, you, that, that you know, he, he's, he's being right here. But they're acting like they're going to be the fucking saviors of all this fucking shit, which is by fucking design. It was organized. It was booked in your fucking favor. I never seen people act like they're victorious when things are booked in their fucking favor. But again, it, it, it wouldn't mean shit if they told you the system fucking wants you to think in their fucking direction. You know. It's the same thing in the, in 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 the in the wrestling thing too, like, uh, like you know what I mean, like everyone's like, people people who are reactionary, who know how the fucking how the fucking system is fucking run with like how you're supposed to limit your like there's people that gladly fucking go and 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 take pride in the fact that oh I don't gotta ask 
you know, tough fucking questions. That's not, that's not what, then, then, then don't call yourself a fucking journalist then. If you're not there to ask fucking tough fucking questions then. But at the same time, I also understand I'm not going to fucking put blame on the fucking cogs in the fucking media game because, you know, people will fucking give, sh- give them shit. But then they won't fucking disclose. Like, you want to talk about how corruption works in these companies. But you won't talk about what these billionaires will do to some of these people if they legit get out of fucking line. And what they will fucking do to them. Like, you know, like, uh, like not, not just, oh, cutting them off. Like, making their fucking life fucking miserable. And when people who are online personas that don't fucking disclose that shit... And then pretend like, oh, I would ask the fucking, I would ask this limited fucking hard-hitting question that I'm presenting as hard-hitting. No, you're not, because you're not going to ask about fucking, you know, systemic initiations and fraternity-like shit. And if you want to get mad at anybody in the media for not asking any fucking questions, guess what? The fucking well-funded mainstream media um, uh, and, and people that, and, and also fucking people who cover fucking political fucking shit, but they're too busy acting like they want to be social climbers in the fucking entertainment world. So you won't get fucking anything from me. Like, it's amazing the independent media never fucking covered anything that these billionaires are fucking doing, like a Vince McMahon for some odd reason. For some reason, you, you could only cover celebrity shit when it's, like, designed to be something that's relatable to regular fucking people. Or, like, it's something that, like, has a political kind of fucking message in the most bare minimum fucking way. You won't fucking talk about how these fucking... Again, maybe because of how much power these people have, but they make you think no one oh, no one cares about wrestling and all that kind of shit. Well, maybe if some of these fucking mainstream media outlets and other fucking, other fucking uh, hard-hitting political outlets... You know, um, maybe you should be covering what fucking Vince McMahon has been doing. I, I never seen any independent... I haven't seen TYT cover any of the Vince McMahon story. That's a pretty big fucking deal. You guys are probably better than mainstream media. Where's your coverage on that? Because it's wrestling related? No, but this, this, this is about a powerful man that fucking abuses fucking power. And there's a lot of long, long list of fucking... Uh, long list of history of cover-up that you guys are not going to fucking mention at all. No one on the Majority Report. No one on fucking Joe Rogan. No one on Glenn Greenwald's side. No one on Jimmy Dore's side. That's not important to talk about because it's a entertainment fucking form. No, but when you have th- th- these people that have ties to the political fucking world and people in their fucking world are, um, you know, De- DeSantis doing a private fucking wrestling show during a fucking pandemic, that should also be something that's alarming to a lot of people. For some reason, it's not. But when it's Saudi Arabia, of course, people will run their fucking mouths about it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, 
So again, I don't know what epic time. What, what again? I've heard that like you know I. It's one of those things when I'm taking in discourse about things that I should be alarmed about and what kind of other deep ties like you know like 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 who they, like what kind of talent and what kind of fucking personalities are being produced that do some of that. So whenever anyone who's like kind of like shady and is aligned with the far right, like normally sometimes Epic Times, um, you know, um, E P O C K. They're always see the thing is it's hard because again, there's so many people that are fucking corrupt and so many fucking shadiness going on. You can't keep up. I, I don't, like if you're a smart person that can, you know, adjust your fucking thoughts. Me being scatterbrained, and then I have to like go okay, epic times. I remember that they're not fucking. They're in the bad section of of people that I'm not supposed to fucking trust because of some of their ties and some of the people that praise them and all that kind of shit. But so 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 I know that well enough. So then I know Matt Taibbi is going more in, in the right... In, you know, I, maybe he's always been a right-wing fucking guy, but he's going more into the right-wing fucking direction. He's going more into the right-wing direction. So now, you know, he's giving fucking, you know... Uh, he's giving, like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, look at the integrity of media, basically, at a... At a, at a, at a on, on, on a on a platform that literally fucking does propaganda themselves. So, you know what I mean? So he looks like he's a truth-teller. Anyone that's fucking opposing him... I don't know. Um, like people refer, like you know, like like for example, like I, 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 the one plate, the one count that I have seen mentioned it over the course of the last several years, at least. Has been Robbie Martin's account, so like you know what I mean. So like, I I know he's been he's been mentioning it, but the thing is sometimes with the call, like I I, I with the call because I'm, I'm I'm like going through this discourse like in in you know speed like you know in in, in fucked up speed and all that you know uh, I I just I I can't keep up with, the, with everything that they're about. I know they had fucking uh, uh, ties with that full on gong guy, whatever. Like I'm sorting Epic Times because 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 I'm searching it by people I follow, and it seems to be like like you know and again and sometimes the results they don't like like for example when when I when I'm following someone and they say a fucking word I go okay fine let me test this out so then I'll type in the word that I'm looking for and I'll go people I follow and then all of a sudden it won't be like a lot of people that I follow or it might be a couple of people that I follow. But it won't mention. So it the tweet that I fucking saw mentioning that, mentioning the word that I'm looking for, won't be on that list. So the only ones that see to be popping up for people like that I follow is Robbie Martin's account, and he's like, like, like the ones that are popping up right now from like the main ones recently, in the last few weeks or so, has been like dunking on Robert F. Kennedy, calling him like somebody that's a Epic Times boy, basically. 
and it's connected to Fulon Gong, you know. So yeah, this is, so again, that confirms it right there, you know. I'm reading some of these things, but I, 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 I'm looking for, hold on, I'm looking for, like, an explanation, again, I don't know. Let me see, Matt, uh. So something for him, also edgy Matt Tavy to speak at the Libertarian Conference Freedom Fest that are uh, partnered with the far right wing. He so, so, so someone says so, so, um, Epic Times gets Matt Taibbi to cry about suppressed heterodox voices, and now we find out that they are funneling money to QAnon at the same time. influencer into the matrix has announced that the epic times is paying him to promote the outlet's content the outlet previously has been connected to QAnon youtube channel yeah it sounds about right but i couldn't keep up with like you know um Yeah, I don't know. So Matt, I guess he was crying about like you know, like the integrity of of like you know me, the voice of the media. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like the, the like for example, if you're someone that's not following, you go yeah, well yeah, the media has like whatever and all that. But if you see this guy like doing this on, on this platform, you're like well, this platform must be like this is how dumbed down people can fucking get into it because if there's like a common like you know a common thing to be said about like the about about the media and criticism of it. People are going to have criticism of the media. They might look at themselves as apolitical. But the thing is, now there's a whole C... There's a whole fucking section. I would probably say a whole C section. There's supposed to be a whole fucking section of personalities that make it their whole personality trait to make it seem like, oh, they're fighting the big... It's like, it's like professional wrestling when you want to dethrone the establishment guy like a John Cena or a Triple H... You think, oh wow, this guy is gonna be speaking for us, but no, that guy ends up being a piece of shit too. You know, it's, it's all fucking propped up in that fucking direction. That's why you tell me if WWE's booking some of this uh, political discourse, like it wouldn't shock me. They've had fucking training and training people into buying into the anti-establishment person that goes against like the WWE's fucking, you know. Transparent establishment fucking beliefs, essentially. You know, it's like, you know, it doesn't, I don't know. Uh, I 
people are going nuts about um I, I mean it's, it's not surprising here's the thing like we like people because Robert F Kennedy keeps saying he's not anti-Semitic and all that kind of stuff even though he's like said some you know anti-Semitic things he's using like his pro-Israel thing to like show that he's not anti-Semitic but like now it's like it's becoming like way obvious because now he he asked the CEO of the Zionist organization. I didn't even know this fucking exists. The Zionist Organization of America. More inclined to serve as an advisor on Israel to run as... The thing is, even if Kennedy doesn't get the fucking, you know, the presidency, whoever does, like, all these guys, like DeSantis, uh, you know, uh, RFK, I'll even say Marion Williamson, even though they're trying to act like, you know, she's going to be this ultimate progressive fucking person. I don't think she is. Especially if you're tied to TYT. Especially if if if, if you're like like telling telling the audience that what to call you and fucking Marion Williamson Marion Williamson talk is uh, you know. Let me see. Hold on. Like, Mary Williamson is like, you know, um, let me see, hold on a second. Uh, but this is, uh, what what uh, Tulsi Gabbard was for Jimmy Dore, Marion Williamson is going to be for Jang and Anna. They think that what they call, like, asking her, like, like, in a, like you know, like, uh, kind of like, you know, complaining about mainstream media and the Democrats and asking what's what was her they they think that's hard hitting. They re, they really think they really think that. I I I really hope like like I hope both of like they they do the why they're doubling down on on a lot of the shit is because they know eventually their their shadiness is going to be fucking, you know, exposed and then by the time it is, they'll already have their next fucking gigs or whatever they're fucking doing. That's why they're bailing on the whole justice democrats thing. Trying to see more about this church of today. Let me see. I don't see anything about this church today thing. Hold 
so I can try to look at um so let me see what this church is on. Let me see something. I'm trying to look at this church today. I, I, I think it got mentioned on Reddit once or a couple. Again, this sounds familiar. But I'm trying to see. But, it's, but the thing is, like, maybe I didn't take it seriously because right wingers on a conspiracy subreddit. So you don't know if they're just, you know what I mean? Like, well, then, you know, like, are you discrediting Marion Williamson or whatever and all that kind of shit? So you're like, maybe she is a good choice, but then at the same time, it's sports entertainment. You know how no, nobody in the alt media who's been propping her up mentioned that shit? Like, people think because somebody says good things on the surface that it means that, like... Like, I, I, I used to... I, Ten years ago, I'd probably be buying into... Uh, Marianne Williamson because they're oh look they're fucking discrediting her and even though the people who are discredited themselves will be fucking discrediting her doesn't mean that the fucking things about her are not fucking you know they have to make it seem like because the democrats are the ones saying it that it automatically means that you have to fucking fight for Marianne Williamson even though people are literally fighting for these candidates that they say are being fucking censored like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what the mainstream media says anymore because everyone's going to be looking at different alternative media for, like, the people that they're going to be propping up. And again, if if, if, if Jenk is propping her up and you propped up to just the Democrats who, quote-unquote, didn't get enough done, then why would I fucking want to... Why would anyone want to back Marion Williamson if you're the guys that are going to be backing her? And you talk to her all the fucking time. Trying to look up uh See again, see some of the fucking posts that I saw this is from two thousand nineteen, like see again when Paul Joseph Watson was going at her. I was like, okay, maybe she's like, you know because again he was presenting it like this. He's presenting it like this. A new video shows Democratic uh, presidential candidate Marion Williamson leading a, a large group of white people inside a church to make collective apology. You know, to so like when you present it in a sensationalist way, it's like, oh my god, they're 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 for like they're making you do it in such a religious way to like do some type of apology, like to make it seem like, oh my god, everyone's bowing down to black people. That's why you have guys like Ian Miles fucking Chong putting out. Like, now he's putting out fucking... Because, like, uh... 
I don't... Because some people don't know who these people are, right? So I think people are getting mad at fucking uh, uh, Cameron Hawk and Seahawk for applying to a video of, like... Like, uh, you know, like, uh, this black guy that was trying to, like, rob a, a, a convenience store run by Sikh people. And what to call, like, he's dumping it all in the garbage can. So, like, they had to do it, in, like, so it's presented in a comedic way where, like, oh, look, I'm, like, knocking your merchandise into the fucking garbage can and I'm gonna roll it away. And then these guys beat the shit out of the guy for fucking doing it. Um, but basically when, Ian, but people should, I know people are not gonna know who everyone is. But these guys like Ian Miles Chong and Andy No, they're like, you know, part of like the conservative Asian delegation that are trying to like hype up fucking, you know, anti-blackness against anyone that's Asian, like whether it be like Indian people, you know, all that, you know what I mean? Like, and it's always like, you know, uh, over the top, like, you know, black people that, that are doing it. Like, I mean, in an over the top fucking way, whatever, you know what I mean? Like some of them might have like, and again, and again, I'm I'm not I'm not condemning. I mean, I'm not condoning like any violence that's done to like you know someone because of like them being Asian and all, or someone being black and all that kind of shit. What I'm saying is that the different delegation of conservatives who like prop up, prop up stuff online can also then twist it with like, oh look, um, we can have an anti Asian thing going on here, showing Asian people being racist towards a certain group. So you constantly have like so the conservative delegations are getting people to, like, be at each other's fucking throats. But Ian Miles Chong, he fucking does that, so he promotes, um, you know, so he sensationalized shit to fearmonger about about crime and not fucking disclosing that, you know, some of the shit that goes viral is also, like, funded by billionaires, in my personal opinion, so that you can promote vigilante fucking justice, so you can fucking have an excuse to have, like, anti-blackness in you or be racist and be racist towards other fucking people or be elitist towards other people who are homeless and all that kind of shit by you know people act like this can't be fucking funded at all whatsoever and when people don't fucking disclose that and you're acting like you're doing a news job you're a piece of fucking shit and again these people are never gonna fucking ever like face the consequences for the lies they're fucking spreading so they can go more to the fucking right wing you can tell it's getting... You can tell, by the way, fucking Anna's rea being a reactionary. You can tell, like, she's, like, forced to do it. That's why she can't do a story without flailing her fucking shitty arms in the fucking air and, like, lo lo losing her fucking mind. She she knows what she's fucking doing. She's not, ever, she's, she's not very good at it, though. But it, it doesn't matter if she's good at it because the people that are going to give her... I'll, I'll use her own lame lingo. I'll, I'll use the TYT lingo. If someone's going to give you cookies... Who told them that the, the, the what what think tank meaning you guys fucking have where you thought that that was gonna be a creative thing? Oh, you know, be witty. We can act like rewards are given for corporations or g the good points would be cookies. That, that that's a really good one. What they call like, dude, everyone's been using that one for a long fucking time. Come up with something fucking new. What are you gonna do next? End every story by you yelling YOLO? Like, I I don't I don't give two shits. Again, I listen to you guys because you guys are supposed to be better than mainstream media, right? You guys say that. That's your whole fucking tag. That's your whole personality fucking trait. You know, I, I, again, I don't fucking know, man. It's just, it's just getting out of fucking control.
And then Trudeau's in the in the news because he was getting fucking divorced. I'm 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 going to guess cuz he's a fucking character and everything has to discredit him. I'm sure maybe his fucking wife will become a character and she'll start fucking talking about like uh, shady things he's done or something like that cuz every person in power will have like horrible things they do uh, say or do in the relationship. It'll come out. And then and this this prop this guy that got suspended, this guy, this guy Dom Lucra. I forget what his name is. The reason why I I I thought he was like the you know um that show um Grownish, not like the the current version with like Junior um being the fucking um like you know um the son now is like taking the role of the oldest daughter that used to be on the show of Anthony Anderson whatever. So in in when it was about her and her friends. The guy that she was, who who was he? Um, let me see. Hold on. Let me see. Hold on. Cause I thought it was him that was do that was like becoming a, a hardcore, hardcore right winger. Let me see. Um, Luca, yeah, Luca, Luca Sabat. But his name is in real life. His name is Luca. Uh, no, no, no. It, Lucas is it Lucas Sabat, um. But in the show, his name is Luca Luca Hall, basically. I thought it was him that was this Dom Lucra guy, but he claimed that he what he's like doing like the fucking like Sherlock Holmes shit, where he's like you know on, on you know like doing like but about Democrats, but he got suspended because. He was saying that he was exposing, uh, you know, like, uh, some, like, person having, like, oh, he's exposing, like, like, all oh, the ab- abuse victim type of shit. Like, you know, like, um, like, but the guy that he was exposing was already in fucking jail for what he did. So this guy was just basically planting fucking child porn on the fucking timeline. You know what I mean? So then he pretends, like, oh, my God, I'm being censored for this. But no, you're being censored because you... But he's back on, but he's been going to town about how uh, Castro, Fidel Castro might be, um, might be, what's his name's, um, what's, uh, Trudeau's, he might be Trudeau's father. The thing is, I know people are going to think that's fucking ridiculous because whatever, but the thing is, none of these public figures that become public figures, this is, why, this is why I say, even if, like, they aren't aware of it, it's like, once you become a public figure of somebody that's already known in the public fucking sphere, and they have a little bit of power of politicking and the delegations and all that kind of shit, they're gonna end up becoming characters, and part of, like, their journey is you're gonna find out that, like, oh my god, did you know that this guy was... Like, you're gonna find out that there's gonna be a lot of celebrities and a lot of politicians who might be, like, they might have, like, you know, um... Like, for example, the one that they have lurking out, that they've always been lurking out... Like to be an open secret, so that when they make a documentary about it, you you know you go, oh my god, this has been looking out. But they've all, they've always been putting out that um, Khloe Kardashian is really OJ Simpson's daughter. That that she had with uh you know uh, Kate with with uh you know with the um, what's the fucking what's the mother's name? I don't fucking give a shit. Chris Jenner. Because again, people who become public figures and become powerful people. This, it's not just like they come to that. It's like they're pat. It's like they're chosen from the day that they're fucking born. That's how much of a fucking game we're living in. That you wouldn't fucking think that. Like you know what I mean. So to me, it's like if you find out that he is actually Castro's fucking son, 
then, you know what I mean, like, it, it would not fucking surprise, I'm not saying it's true, I'm just saying it would not surprise me, because all these powerful people are in the mafia-level world, where the next generation of, like, you know, scandals are coming out, so there'll probably be a whole documentary when they finally reveal that fucking Trudeau might be Castro's fucking son. Like, it would not fucking shock me. And since people fucking think uh, Castro was a fucking, you know, uh, People think Castro's a bad fucking person. I know he probably did bad fucking things because he's a person in power. But then there's also people that fucking talk about the good shit he fucking did as well. You know? Especially when people, when, when people in the U.S. have done fucking worse and you're accusing him of doing it. Capitalismo. No ha resuelto ningún problema. Ha saqueado el mundo. Ha dejado toda esta pobreza. Ha creado estilos de vida y modelos de consumo que son... This is him going off about capitalism. So because Bernie's, I don't know, I, I don't know, but the call, like, you know, here's the thing, but pe the people who, like, you know, like, like the, th the people that were, like, you know, in the alt-media space that big up Castro, whatever, right? It's like now they've become, like, problematic, so, like, now anything that they've promoted, because they go, well, hey, the mainstream media's not going to tell me about, like, you know, the nuances of Castro, right? But, like, now that I know that, like, some of these people have now gone more to the fucking right wing without fucking saying it. Um, I don't know. The thing is, the guy took out fucking you know. Sl I mean, like you, like you, you, you tell me things like you know he took out you know uh, uh you know uh what's it called um. Like, you know, like, uh, places where, like, slave, like, you know, where, places where slavery w w was being done. It's like, I don't know, like, is that really a bad fucking thing? Is that really a bad fucking guy? I know there's a bunch of white Cubans from Florida, Miami, and all that, that don't like them. But the right wing will use that Trudeau is like, oh, like, see, because to a lot of a fucking, to, to a lot of fucking right wing people who hate on Castro or whatever, they will then, like, oh, the way, oh, um, if, if, uh, if, uh, I mean, to me, if, if you tell me that Trudeau is fucking Castro's son, it actually makes him kind of fucking cool. I don't know.
It would not shock me. I don't know. See, the way Dom Lucre is putting it right here, he's putting it after Cuban communist dictator. Like, I don't even know what's going... Like, like, for example, like, like right now, like, people are keep hinting that, like, the, the, the bad faith accounts, right, who are, like, from, like, you know, the, the U.S. and Canada that uh, on the people that I kind of follow that are, like, people that used to be left or that, that, that are now going right, like, they claim that, like, um, what, like, you know, that, um, that the coup in, um, the coup in, uh, in, 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 uh, in, 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 uh, in Niger... It's actually pronounced. I, I look at look at the fucking the, the the I I thought see again I thought it was Niger but then people were pronouncing it Niger, whatever right people are pronouncing it in that fucking in in, in that fucking way I I thought it was Niger and I looked up the fucking pronunciation and is you know hold on a second let me just double check. Niger. Yeah, see? I knew I was right with that one. But some people on, on the fucking... Some of the people that are, like, on the news thing were, were doing it with, like, not, like, the the nih sound rather than the ni sound. But, but anyway, what they call, like, ni- like for example, Nigeria cut off fucking power uh, or something to, to Niger. And then people are, like... Like, people who are, again... Is there 10 years ago, and you're telling me that the U.S. is, like, you know, like, trying to put a fucking coup in there, like, of their own, and, the, and, and this, like, what, what I mean is, like, if, like, the right-wing trajectory system decide to put a fucking puppet person in there, they think that the, the coup couldn't be backed by other fucking fa- fundamentalists from different fucking countries, like Russia, from U.S., and all that kind of shit. So, like, the, the bad faith accounts, uh, you know, that I don't fucking trust anymore... That were like pretending to be fucking left, or like, or now that I've, to- like, there's one that one chick, Samira Khan, whatever, like she used to actually act like she was like a left leading person. Now her account basically says, um, like you know, mega Muslim or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, but like she's like one of the people that are hyping it up. So I don't fucking trust, like you know, trust her fucking take on it. See again because I because I, I'm a dumbed down guy and I don't know what, like like what exactly is fucking happening and again the, the, the history of the the U S fucking with fucking with it but they're acting like the coup couldn't also be designed to be like you're acting like the coup couldn't have like also been funded by like the, the by the West as well by making it seem this is why maybe it's like. Maybe there's different factions of, of putting people in fucking power or whatever, but by making it look like people are uprising against it, it automatically means that, like, oh, that's, like, the good side to be on. But, like, if bad faith fucking actors the, who are getting propped up um, with, with this topic, like, you, you look up Niger, and a lot of the fucking accounts that I see in the algorithm are some of them I do, some of them I do follow, whatever, right? Like, because, like, you know, I, I, I used to think they were fucking left, whatever. But, like, they're the ones that are being propped up, and then there's other blue check marks that are not, you know what I mean, that are basically dominating, dominating that, which tells me that, okay, so then I can't trust that fucking side of it either. But it doesn't mean that, oh, I'm, I'm pro-fucking the U.S. putting in another puppet in there if you're trying to say that, oh, if I'm against the fucking coup.
That's why I'm I'm always even fucking unsure about, you know, what goes on with, like, my distant uncle, Imran Khan, whatever, because, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Because to me, it feels like another, like, 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 a, like a way to kind of hype up, um, to basically kind of hype up, uh, trying to look, where did I put that in the, in the notes here? Like I again, like like for example, like people will go, well, you know, people, a lot of people love Imran Khan or whatever, right? And again, I, I again, if maybe they do, but at the same time, you say like like that's how people can also justify like how people love fucking Trump or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, so I never know what fucking side. I, I mean, it, it, again, if you're telling me that fucking U.S. interests are trying to put fucking you know their bases on, on in there, he didn't want that. Like you know what I mean? Like. You know, I, I could, I could, um, I don't know, man. Let me see. Let me see. Because uh... again, people are, are, are at him because he's staying neutral in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. thing is like he's aligned like, like to me i don't know if he's like aligned with putin and all that that's what makes me fucking not like you know i don't even know if he's if, if he if he is aligned with putin or not but like Trying to look at um It's like di- different it's like by country versus country aesthetic. Even though like, I think there's far right wing elements. But I, I I don't know, man. I, I never know. Thing is, like, what the call? I'm again. I guess like the the the, the Stern fans have stopped fucking. You know, like the only only time I knew about Imran Khan being in the news at the time when I'm not really paying attention is when like the Stern fans would fucking bring him up because of like my fucking name. I I never met the guy again. For, for all I know, maybe people in my life are lying about him being my fucking distant uncle. I don't. It, it it was pretty cool to talk about when he was just a fucking cricketer, but now that he's like a politician, the thing is, what they call like you know, I I know like people are gonna be like, well, you know, like they're trying to take him out, but it's like if they want to take him out, they would have already taken him out then. Like you know what I mean? The fact that he's like, like to me, like like what they call you know how Trump is t- talking about like them t- trying to take him out, whatever. Like they're not actually fucking like you don't ever see that, but like with, with Imran Khan, like you're seeing video. Of them actually fucking, uh, you know, taking, like, uh, taking, taking him and all that kind of shit. You, you're seeing the actual physic, physical shit of it. 
But you don't know if that's like, you know, sports entertainment. I don't know. I'm gonna come back, you know, I got a lot of things to fucking talk about still. Okay, it's uh, 12 a.m. August 5th. I'm, I'm in no hurry to fucking watch SmackDown and all that type of shit. Because the next podcast I can do, I can just do that portion of the podcast and then add in the fucking SummerSlam and all that fucking shit, you know? But there's still a lot to fucking talk about, man. I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I, I sometimes you know, you want to like cut it down, but then like you know, you you want to make a habit of trying to get shit out of your fucking chest. Sometimes like I might not, I might not be clear on some days. Sometimes I'm better on other days. Some days I'm not, and then I give the warning too late into the fucking podcast because you know why the fuck not? It's been my nature. By the time they get the message, it's like. Most people that are listening have already bailed. I'm going to guess like the first hour, like, okay, I can't take any more of this shit. I don't know. But, yeah, um, I guess there's a, there's a, oh, what's her, what's her name? Let me see here. Gian Marazzo. I guess she's supposed to be, keep in mind, whenever... Um, I get a hold of, like, some breaking development of, like, someone new to be promoted. It's normally on the conspiracy subreddit, and so I would take that with a grain of salt because it's most likely a lot of the time, like, even if there's, like, something that's anti-Trump, there'll be a lot of discussion in it, but it'll be, like, negative one, like, uh, you know, points. Like, basically, it's not really well voted up, basically. You know what I mean? So it's like anytime there's like legit fucking criticism, it always leads to, uh, you know, Trump and like, you know, like, oh, then it's like, oh, what about the Democrats? It's always become one of those fucking things. You know what I mean? So then, uh, so whenever they promote something, you know what I mean? They'll be like, oh, this person's replacing Fauci. So already, whoever, because the position Fauci was in was already considered a fucking an evil fucking position to these right wingers, right? Um,. So now whoever's replacing them, and here's a, and, and again to add to, add to the fucking culture war shit, you know, everyone talks about how the left fucking, you know, engaged in this culture wars, they turn every fucking issue into a culture war, where you're forced to fucking talk about it, where, like, because now the woman apparently, I don't know, I don't know if it's true or not, but they're claiming she's a lesbian, so now she's taking over Fauci's job, but she's also a lesbian, so let's tie in the fucking, you know, the uh, anti-LGBTQ situation that's, you know, in- increasing. And, you know, add it to that. So if she does something evil, then it'll be because she is apparently a lesbian, according to the right-wingers. You know? Uh, let me see, Gian.
Yeah. So you, so they, so so the way the blue check marks are, this is their check marks of why she's discredited to the people. She's a mass lunatic, harder on lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and who, World Health Organization fanatic. Please consider wearing a mask when you go out. You don't need to wear one when you're at home. Masks in young people going to. You know, uh, so that's basically right there. Fanatic, again, like, the, just the way that, the way that the fucking, uh, the way that the, every, like, it's all fucking right, if you search, if you search Gian Marazzo as replacement, this is what you fucking get, a bunch of fucking, of the right-wing fucking accounts, they already had it there. Let me see if I can look up anything without her... You know, it's it's all, it's all again. It's all right wing blue check marks, because like you know, again they they have like you know, it's all like. So I just look up Gian Marazzo. All all it is right wing fucking accounts. Yeah, I mean. Uh... They'll probably be setting threats her fucking way, most likely. And and because she's in the system, not because of like what her like you know like you know like you know being you know, um you know being kind of conscious 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 about uh conscious about the uh, the pandemic and all that kind of shit. See, like anytime someone does that in the system, they're already seen as a fucking enemy. So you know, I mean, this person's gonna have her fucking work cut out for her. I never understood that fucking phrase. Work cut. I if your work is cut out for you, wouldn't that assume that your work has actually fucking been done for you? Like you know what I mean. Like if your work wasn't cut out, that means like, like you you don't have your work cut out for you. Basically, like I don't think that would be more hard, more difficult. I guess I, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Um. So basically, like, all the... Oh, who, how come all the people that got COVID wrong are, you know... Like, that? Th that's their, you know, that's their fucking way of doing it. Let me look up... Let me put her name in and put lesbian. Because, again, the, on the conspiracy subreddit, that was, like, in the title. So I was like, I, already by the title, I knew that they're, like, oh, to, to make it fucking worse, basically. Yeah, with well, a couple people are pointing out she is a lesbian. So I guess maybe she is one. There's a couple of counts right here doing in the negative that are blue check marks. Yeah. Whatever. They're gonna again, you know. It's it's a way to weaponize, weaponize shit. Basically, I can I already see how they're gonna fucking play that one. 
you know. I'm gonna go over some other shit. By the way, R.I.P. to um, Hector Salamanca from Breaking Bad. What was the name? What was the name? Uh, Mark Magolis. Was he in other shit that I you know? Was he in other shit that I may have seen? I just don't remember because he he did he even when I watched Breaking Bad he kind of looked familiar in things that I may have fucking seen, and maybe I just don't remember you know so sometimes I can't remember the fucking faces of the people that were in shit. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, he was in Scarface. I, I, that's one of the ones I remember for sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, Secrets of My Success. I remember that movie. But, but he was just a maintenance man. I don't know if I remember him. And if I remember the movie, you know. Tales from the Dark Side. I remember that movie. I don't remember him. He was in Ace Ventura as... Uh, He was, in, he was Mr. Shika Dance. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Could have sworn I saw I shot I, Andy Warhol a long time ago. I don't know. The Paul Bear. That movie sounds familiar. Oh, that's with uh, David Schwimmer. I think I've seen that one. Uh, hold on. He was in Mickey Blue Eyes. That one's with, uh, what is that? That's, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Grant, I think. Flawless. No, I don't think I saw that one. Somebody's, somebody's going through it, you know. Oh, he was in Requiem for a Dream? I remember I saw that, I saw that movie, um, I remember, like, Reddit used to, like, just post old movies on there. I wa I remember that was, like, one of the movies I watched on Reddit. I heard that movie was really good. You know, it was with Marlon Wayans in that movie. Gone, baby, gone. He was in love. Oh, he was in Black Swan. I don't see that movie. That movie was pretty fucking good. Stand up, guys. Yeah, I saw that movie before. He's in a lot of fucking movies. See what television shows he was in. He was in Quantum Leap in one episode. He was in Santa Barbara. Oh, he was in Oz, huh? That's probably where, yeah, that's, that's probably one of the fucking, I don't know, he wasn't in the first, because again, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch past the first season. So I don't know if I saw him or not. Antonio Napa. 
Incredible luck. Breaking Bad, yeah. He's an American Horror Story Asylum. He was in Gotham for two episodes. And then he was in Better Call Saul. Of course. Yeah, I've seen a couple of seen him a couple of times and things. Yeah, I know. So yeah, man, that sucks, man. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure someone will blame it on the COVID vaccine. Who fucking knows, really? It fucking sucks. Well, yo, I, I thought this thing would just go away. Um, the DJ Envy shit, but like, it just seemed like he is getting into like. Like, 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 this fucking, like, property fucking scandal that he was in. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, des it's designed to, like, you know, hold on a second, DJ Envy, let me see. Like, he's, like, ducking media, and people think he's, like, here's the thing, what they call, like, I, I, listen, I, sometimes I go to, sometimes I go to, uh, Hip Hop Uncensored, but it does feel like they're more on the conservative side, where, like, if you don't go on their fucking show or anything like that, then they'll start kind of bad-mouthing you and start fucking leading out shit like, well, oh, maybe this is true because you're not coming on our show. Like, if you're going to do that kind of shit, like, I can already see you guys seeping in more and more. Like, even when they do, like, the fucking conspiratorial element of, of stuff, it feels like they, like, lean it more to the fucking right wing. Like, the obvious fucking... DJNV allegedly took 25 to 100 million from investors. But I guess this is his way of turning heel, essentially. All these guys are like, it's like, it's like they're, they're allowed to run the Ponzi scheme that they're running, right? Allegedly. They're allowed to do it, and then it, the fucking discourse around it is also that it makes money for everyone because it'll constantly be part of the controversy. Whatever social media currency that's valuable now that they're fucking changing in. There's definitely some type of fucking social currency that's, like, you know, allowing it. But what, but what I mean, these things normally end up becoming, like... Uh, like, I can just tell by what becomes the fucking discourse and how it's planted there. So, like, to me, it's like these people know what these guys are fucking doing. And then all of a sudden, people are going to be like, oh, my God, can you believe this is happening? It's like, well, yeah. You know? By the way, what the cold, uh, you, you want to know how I, how I can now t tell that this Lizzo shit is also kind of... Uh, this little shit is also kind of, um, 
planned out, kind of, in a way. Because now there's an interview of her talking about wanting to go to the place, one of the places for, like, you know, the strip club type of deal in, I don't know, in Amsterdam, where, um, you know, she's going to be, where she ended up taking her dancers, essentially. So, so basically, it's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, like, these people, like, are, like, going, are, are, like, are, like, basically, you become famous, and you get fucking propped up, and then people will like you for what you do. Then you'll become an annoying personality to some people who are going to constantly hate you. And in the midst of doing all that, then you know you you'll be doing some of the shit you're booked to by the fraternity initiation shit, and then eventually, when you're ready to turn heel and go to the other side, you know, and become and become a full fledged right winger, you get exposed. And the part where you know the, the Christianity thing, it's it's gonna be what saves her from being canceled by the far right, because then they will fucking kind of. Uh, then they will, like, I, I guarantee you, once she goes heel, she'll suddenly start fucking, uh, you know, because, again, you know how in private she said that she was uh, fat-shaming. I bet you any money she is going to, like, you know, they'll get a campaign around her to ma- maybe make her lose weight, and then she's going to be chastising everyone who's, fu- you know, I mean, she, she, like, I can already tell you where the fucking discourse is going with her, and maybe she'll fully fucking, you know, embrace, you know, going to that side, but, but, but th- that just confirmed to me. That like in the in in the showbiz world under the guise of liberation, there is like some type of fucking fundamentalism shit going on behind the fucking scenes, and people always generalize and think it's oh the oh like they'll generalize and say it's the Jews and all that kind of shit. But what if it's just fundamentalism, like you know, like you know Christian fundamentalism? That's where showbiz is kind of fucking going. I fucking uh, pressed. Um, I pressed um, the I pressed the uh, mic button, so I cut off for a second. But I mean, yeah, that's where showbiz is fucking going, in my personal opinion, at least. And it's becoming more and more fucking clear with that shit. And Meek Mill keeps like kind of speaking out. It feels like once these people, once people in general in the showbiz world, start kind of like speaking out about um. Um, let me see, again, because, you know, like, I wonder if it'll be under the guise of, like, doing, you know, anti-liberal. See, again, Dom Lucra is the one that's promoting it. So while Meek Mill is probably allowed to talk about what's, like, like he's, like, he, like this pro- stuff that he's probably talking about is probably true in what goes on behind the scenes. But the fact that he is now being allowed to do it and people on the right wing are the ones that are fucking pr- propping it up. You know, hold on a second. Get paid to rap about that stuff. They actually pay us more when we rap about more ignorant stuff. So I make sure I even align and come up and talk on stages like this. But you guys, the NAACP. For people like me to be able to power for because the things that fund us, that don't power me for, you know, I just make sure because I know better and I'm at an age point, I'm 36. So like, even though he's talking fucking truth, right, you know, um, like he's talking truth, but like, you know, the fact that like a lot of right wingers are like, you know, more conservative accounts online are the ones promoting it. It's like he's probably going to embrace some fucking far right-wing shit. 
like I, I was wondering when he was like you know because again whenever someone that's supposed to be going more to the fucking right eventually and then they, they do tell you something like ice cube was telling you truth about what some of these labels do but then at the same time now he is kind of aligning himself with fucking you know the, the like you know the far right now so part of me wonders if like this like some people who are who are going to be speaking the truth because nobody in like you know like the liberal fucking circles really touch some of the fucking conspiratorial elements behind the fucking scenes right so so like so and so you you can be apolitical and not really fucking you know like be like you won't think that you're aligned with like fucking a political party but like if you just recognize that someone's fucking trying to talk about what's going on behind the scenes but then the other thing they fucking co-signed, I was, I, again, before I even read about, like, you know, why Meek Mill is getting in trouble, because people always hype it up like he's getting in trouble, I guess I go on the hip-hop on censor, and they always go, Meek Mill blew the lid off this fucking, you know, like, you know what I mean, like, they always over, you know, hype the fucking, you know, the, the video, whatever, but, like, it's, like, one of the other fucking channels that, like, you know what I mean, because, again, I used to go to the academic channel, but, like, you know, now you become a gimmick. I don't really fucking listen to that. I, I might listen to a, a, a channel that has, like, some of the stuff that he streams about, like, to see what, like, he's currently doing. If I got a fucking, like, I don't want to watch a whole fucking stream of the guy. But if I want to see what kind of other shit he's putting out there, like, to see if, like, yeah, he's a rumble guy. He's a rumble guy now, so you got to wonder what fucking stuff is going to be, you know, like, what other stuff that he's going to implement to his show, like, you know, in, under the hip-hop guys, basically. You know. I was I was ready for I was ready for him to uh do like you know talk about maybe like he he'll like generalize or something like that about Jewish people but like he'll probably make reference to like powerful people who are in the music industry who happen to be they they're, like they're not evil or fucking you know greedy because they happen to be fucking Jewish you can be literally any fucking background and be fucking a powerful person in the fucking music industry or showbiz industry and fucking be a greedy fucking prick but for, for some reason they make it seem like oh look you can't fucking say it but everyone does fucking end up saying it so they make it seem like it's banned from being sick like they'll ban you if you actually make fucking real valid points about and specify that's why they always do it you know that's why they always have to generalize it so i thought he was going in that fucking direction since they and and, and then also because another rapper you know, so they can, t so then the fucking, you know, the neoliberal, the, the neoliberal asshole then can tie, you know, oh, look, it's all these, uh, it's, it's all these black rappers and that are, you know, uh, it's, it's all these black rappers that are, you know, like being anti-Semitic. So like, you know, and again, when you use a celebrity, you basically, you know, tie it into their whole fucking community. So that's like another trick they fucking do to like discredit the fucking community. You know, like Sarah Silverman when, uh, like, the, like, there's a lot of black people that are calling Kanye West out and Sarah Silverman putting to her followers, oh, my God, no one, uh, like, even MGF was doing that, too. Like, oh, my God, no one's, like, kind of, like, defending us or whatever and all that. Oh, my God, we're all alone. Like, dude, the people were condemning him from all fucking backgrounds. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And putting that fucking dangerous fucking nonsense out that just means that, oh, you want to make it seem like, Oh, you like a justification for why you guys have to like, like the fundamentalist version, um, b between Jewish people that fucking make it seem like, 
oh, no one has our people's back, whatever. And then other fundamentals from different backgrounds do the same fucking shit on the conservative, neoliberal conservative fucking side. But then the ones that, you know, uh, pretend like they're... The ones that pretend like they're calling out, like, the fucking powers that be will fucking embrace, you know, Christian fundamentalism that will generalize all of, all of the fucking people, basically. You know, it's, you, you, you gotta look at the fucking codes and what, what they're doing with that shit. If you crack the code, you know, people don't want to, you know, think there is one. Because people don't want to admit that there's, like, b- b- by nature... A mafia fucking delegation. Yeah. It is what it is, man. I don't know what's going on. And then there's more shit about, um... Caught, what they call like so now that what they call like do this this whole fucking like gimmick shit, because every person who's made in the who's who's a made man, whatever like I'm trying to notice that that or, or you know a made woman they're all fucking hypocrites who are celebrities, so like you know like like Boozy's on a fucking whole campaign now, to talk about how Kodak Black was in protective fucking custody. Listen, man, if 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 you're in jail and you want to fucking be safe, I don't fucking give a shit. Like, everyone, like, like, this whole fucking, here's the thing, everyone preaches a reputation, everyone who's an, who's an entertainer, and I'm not talking about just in hip-hop, hip-hop always gets, like, the, hip-hop always gets thrown under the bus for every fucking thing, but, like, you know, within comedy, especially comedy, you know, just just look at the alt-comedy fucking scene, they're all fucking, like, law enforcement or, or some shit like that, or aligned with law enforcement, everyone's a fucking, I feel like everyone's an agent. And then everyone uses it against somebody else. It's, it's never meant... The discourse has never really meant so much. Um, like, 20 years ago, this would be all a big fucking deal. This would be more of a fucking big deal, but, you know... Na- like, now it's like, you know, everyone is aligned with some fucking bullshit. Like, you know, like, it's just... A, it's, like, it's like, it's a mafia system, but, like, the fucking, you know, feds are involved with the mafia, kind of, in a way. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, and, and I think, part, like, you know, the portion of the fucking feds, the entertainment li- liaison, basically, that basically, you know, has people who become these, like, you know, social media fucking characters, basically, and they're kind of producing it. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, they, like they'll be, like, they'll allow these people to do whatever fucking shit they're doing. And then when they fucking want investment, their investment is to make a show out of, like, the story, like, of your arrest and then people involved, like, it, it, it's designed to make fucking money off of it. Like, that's how they make bank off shit, in my personal opinion. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, with, like, with little Meech, for example, he's a son of, like, you know, one of the BMF guys, right? So, like, now, like, you know, like, this is what a current, what a current day, like, the son of a gangster would be doing. Like, like, this is what Agent Soprano would be doing, getting himself into relation, like, celebrity relationships so they can constantly be in the news because that's what makes fucking money. And they're, you know what I mean? Who can get in the discourse a lot more and control the fucking media? Well, you know what I mean? It's, like it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new level of mafia. Like, it's a reality show, but you gotta, you know what I mean? So, like, whatever, you know, him and Summer Walker, like, you know, and then all of a sudden he's just discovered by somebody, some neighbor, some, like, by fucking the, like, the, like the doorbell, like, like, the, like the door, um, 
the peephole fucking camera that literally fucking catches him going into a woman's apartment. So, like, it's more gender war stuff. But, like, that's, like, how, like how they book them, book fucking sons of the mafia fucking people. Or mafia people in general, you know what I mean? It's always been a showbiz thing. That's why I always say that, you know, that even though The Sopranos was, like, realistic, like, the, the aesthetic of, like, oh, like, the feds not really being involved, that's very 70s and 80s. Cause I think by the time the 90s rolled around, Every like the like the like like the mafia was aligned with like the f like me and the FBI would let them do their shit, but then the fucking part of the fucking thing is, they would fucking be propped out for you know books, and all that kind of stuff. But it's all like kind of organized by like the feds, whatever. It's like it's more to me. It's more aligned than you know. And by the time it got to the nineties, it was probably well more advanced. So even though Sopranos talked about current day politics and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I felt like the aesthetic of stuff that, like, how they did stuff, like, just, uh, you know, like, how how they would fucking hide from the mafia and all that kind of shit. Like, hide from the the feds and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was more of, like, an 70s, 80s aesthetic. Even though they made it seem like it was in current day. But by the time current day happened, it's like the mafia, in my personal opinion, like, the, the way it runs was already changed by the time it got to the 90s. Certainly now, especially. Now it's more obvious now. That's why all these mafia guys go on. Like, if DJ Vlad is a fucking, like, works with the feds, whatever. Like, there's a reason why some of these mafia guys go on his fucking shows, because it's like, you're a, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're you caught by the system. But, like, they're going to use you. They, you know, you're, you're allowed to fucking roam free for, you roam free. But you're going to do some fucking interviews, especially from some people who are kind of the fucking feds. It's kind of like the Howard Stern show, you know what I mean? Like, they were probably kind of fucking feds where, like, Henry Hill, like, you know what I mean? Like, like part of them is, like, you know, a, a mafia aligned with fucking feds kind of in a way. And then they would make Henry Hill, who used to be in the mafia, like, meaning, like, in, in, in the current day fucking world. Like, like if, if, like, say, the, by the time in the 90s, if you want to do what would happen to the Sopranos, by, by, by that time... Members of the Sopranos people would be doing showbiz level shit where there'd be characters on like the Howard Stern show. You know what I mean? Because, you know, this is my opinion at least. I don't know. Let me go through some wrestling discourse before I fucking, you know, have to go to Dynamite Recap and Impact. Um. By the way, I don't know if I, again, I don't know if I talked about, I didn't get to watch uh, the latest fucking, um, like, the WCW bash of the, I'm not really interested, because, like, like the debates around it, whether it be on Reddit, or, or, or listening to other things, I feel like everything's just limited, you know what I mean? And I feel like the discourse around it is always about, like, how this, like, oh my god, like, like did they think this idea was actually going to be a hit? I think, here's the thing, there's elements this is the way that I, t- I took it, right? And I'm not saying that, like, I was justifying it or whatever. But because I've always envisioned that sports entertainment was incorporated into wrestling, I thought the whole fucking storyline, not that they were exposing that what they called wrestling is fake, but, like, Vince Russo was trying to implement sports entertainment at WCW that he was trying to fucking get someone to take a dive. And then they fucking basically, sh- like, basically they fucking went out there and shot on the whole idea that someone was trying to fucking script it. That's how I took it as. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and I feel like, like you know, like elements were supposed to be, like, put there because it was supposed to be a common trend about exposing sports entertainment. You 
But that, like, that's one of the cases where sports entertainment actually killed WCW. Um, you know what I mean? So in that regard, right? So with the cold, but WCW was it wasn't supposed to succeed. Like you know what I mean? Like maybe the most you'll find out is that like Nash and Captain Hall and Hogan, all these guys went there to take it fucking down. You know what I mean? Officially and make money off of it, and then Vince Russo basically killed it in the end. You know what I mean? And everyone got their fucking payday, and then everyone fucking walked away. Even though people were like, you know, even though you know, and I feel like Vince Russo is someone that they use to go and fucking do that, but, like, I think, like, everything is by design, like, they always knew that wrestling was going to hit a boom, and they knew that WWE was going to be the top, they, like, you know what I mean, like, I always felt like Ted Turner and Vince McMahon know each other, right, and I feel like Ted Turner took it over for the purpose of it, um, leading to a Monday Night fucking war, but people don't think that these, because, again, you put, like, oh, they don't know what they're doing in the creative every, every single fucking day, so you, so you don't assume that they know what they're fucking doing, but downplaying their fucking, you know, their fucking, you know, their fucking smartness. Because everyone has to be a fucking cartoon character. You know. It's like, it's like I'm, so, I, I, so, so basically what I guess it's going to be is a Bischoff-Vince Russo way of coming back in the discourse and bringing this attention about, oh, was it right to do this or was it, like everything that was designed to happen was planned out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, it was all, to me, it was everything that was happened there was planned out. I know people don't fucking think that, but like, I, I just hate these Attitude Era discussions because it just, it's the same limited fucking bullshit. And it's like, it, it's like, like to me, it's like, you know what I mean? I, I just check out, I just check out of it, really. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't give two shits. I hate energy, you know. But I, I don't know if I, I talked about the Bam Bam Bigelow one. I'm not sure if I talked about it. I, it is, like, I know I wrote down some thoughts about it, but I don't know if I talked about it, but that one was, I, I, again, the I, thing is, like, I, I know that it, I, I went off on a, a ta- tangent about, like, how they always blame the drugs part on him. Like, uh, like you know, on the, like, oh, like, oh, like, feel bad for the talent, but, like, they make it seem like it's, like, only their fucking issue, not that it's become a fucking issue in these institutions, and no one sees the overall fucking pattern of these fucking of these industries and institutions, like by design making these fucking people fucking worse, you know. But I always thought you know Bam Bigelow was a really good talent, you know. Even as a kid, he was a bad guy, but like he was so fucking good in the ring that I fucking you know, because he, because I, I remember like as a kid he impressed me with how like fat like how fast he was and all that kind of shit for a big guy, and I remember he just left for a bit and I was like, where did that guy fucking go? I remember seeing him, whatever, and I thought he had a cool look. And then when he came back in the 90s, I thought, like, you know, it was pretty cool, and he had some really good matches. Should have been... Yeah, see, I, I, th- I think I did talk about this, because I was talking about, like, how uh, he should have been, uh, you know, the main event guy after WrestleMania 11. Yeah, I, you know what? I, n- n- now that I think about it, I, went on a, I remember I went on a rant about how I didn't think... Like, I know people always give WrestleMania 11 shit because... But I, I, I would give that WrestleMania shit, but not because of Bam Bam versus Lawrence Taylor. I thought that was a pretty cool fucking build-up for how they did it. It was just like, you know, you had, like, one of Bret Hart's worst matches at WrestleMania. Then Vince McMahon versus Bret Hart happened, but him versus Bob Backlund was, like, one of the worst fucking matches. Like, like, like uh, not, it, wasn't that, it wasn't, like, super fucking bad, but it was, like... Not not on par with what a like you know what you you know think a Bret Hart match would be like their nine like their Survivor Series match was a lot fucking better and compelling. So yeah, I, I guess I did fucking talk about that. I guess 
Okay, so I'll fuck, fuck, you know, I'll forget that. Wardlow's been popping up in the fucking discourse lately about, like, MJF politicking not to, like, let him have a fucking title and how he's been depressed since being off television. I feel, I feel bad for the guy because, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they... It's not even that, like, things are not working out or, or something fucking happened, whatever. It's that, like, you're literally designed... Like, it's, you're literally designed to be a discourse character where part of your fucking whole storyline now is, like, they purposely fuck it up and then people online who pretend, like, it's... Like, it only is a talent's fucking fault and, and then start, like, going, well, you know what? I don't think he has it in him. How about this? If he was supposed to have it in him, they would have fucking made him have it in him. It's, it's fucking the way they fucking booked him by fucking design. It's supposed to represent Tony Khan's more fucking uh, concentrated on having like scar like scars on his resume, for you know like like doing like oh like oh like you're building up heel fucking heat for when you become a fucking you know when you become a fucking heel character, and all you guys that helped meme him and fucking encouraged his online shit talk, you guys are responsible for it. But again, none of you guys are ever gonna fucking hold it be held accountable. But I think the fact that he's been doing more fucking interviews that normally indicates that he'll probably he'll probably be on television again soon, maybe, and maybe he'll be and maybe he'll like you know actually be like you know he'll have some life to him basically. For some reason, they they did unnecessary fucking damage to you know to him basically, and I guess it was more concentrated on booking real life discourse so the MJF fucking storyline would fucking happen. With, like, oh, he's going to be going home. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, once 2022 started fucking hitting of doing these work shoot type of deals, I knew it was going to fucking take from the actual fucking product. And then people, you know, acts will have to fucking suffer. You know. I don't know, man. By the way, WWE. I, I guess in the reveal of some of the quarterly or um quarterly quarterly fucking meetings that they do, um, it was like people are noticing that like you know the the official attendance was like one hundred twenty one thousand, even though they said it was like one hundred and sixty thousand. See, that's why you know, listen. If 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 a company ever showed me a history of them getting caught like you know kayfabing something or piping something in or encouraging chance. At something like when you tell me that Shane McMahon did that at WrestleMania twenty, then to me it's like okay, well they make it seem like it's a, that that only one time they've done it. Now I'm gonna assume that there's a lot of other times. If you want to sabotage something, you guys would fucking do that to organize it, or you will inflate more numbers. And then and then and so the next time they fucking do a fucking pro- a proclamation of how much they fucking sold out something. If I fucking you know, um, go, hmm, they have lied to me before. Could they have? Could they lie to me again? Basically, then I become the asshole because I'm not going along with believing it until it gets revealed more. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I, like I know people wrestling wrestling heads are like a glutton for fucking punishment where like they have to fucking gaslight you into like oh my god let's expose something and talk about this but then all of a sudden I have to fucking buy into a new fucking kayfabe type of shit. 
Like, yeah, some of my conspiracies might be fucking off, but if if, if I know that, like, WWE, like, Vince McMahon is capable of doing some of the most fucking evil and heinous fucking things, like, I'm sorry, I don't have to fucking believe he's innocent. And if, if that And if that bothers fucking people, then it just means that you guys are fucking just suckers for billionaires. That's like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's a more of a you issue because you can't fucking fathom the fact that you're, you know, praising and being supportive of somebody that, like, l- legitimately... Cause then, because then it sounds psychotic, right? Because then whatever fucking um, shit that you guys complain about, like, let's say Saudi Arabia, like, let's say anyone complains about Saudi Arabia, you know what I mean? You have to sound like you're morally correct in one way. But then if you point out that you're fucking, you know, you know, supporting somebody, like, willingly supporting, like, you know, somebody who has ties to, like, far right-wing politics and has a lot more fucking power than you fucking believe, then all of a sudden it's like it's too much for you guys to fucking handle. So that's why you can't really talk to anybody in the Western world about some of the corruption in fucking wrestling. Because it makes them feel uncomfortable. You can only do it with a limited guy that has to do it with a... Oh, Vince McMahon doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, you know, it's, it gets boring. That's why I'd rather talk to my fucking self about it. You know what I mean? And, and, and then if other people want to get conspiratorial, they go into, like, a far right-wing direction to appease the edgelords. And I don't want to fucking deal with those kind of fucking people, really. I'm sorry, I'm getting sick of that fucking shtick. And then they look down at me, people look down at me, because I don't want to fucking, you know, be aligned with that. Like, Owens did an interview with Ariel Hawani. I saw a bit of it. And again, I, I can't memorize every single thing. You know what I mean? But he was talking about, like, how, you know... Again, like, I kind of fucking have a kinship with, like, some of these guys. Like, on a mental level. Like, I can't... Um, you know, I don't know what they have gone through. Like, I can't fucking, like, you know, like... Uh, I can't, like, you know, um, relate to them. What they go through fucking physically. But, like, as, like you know, somebody that's, like, you know, been a, like, you know, been a performer in his own fucking right in my limited fucking ways, I feel fucking kin, because, again, when I was, like, you know, like, you know, like, pretty well known for them Stern Show shit, I wasn't enjoying any of the fucking moment about it, you know what I mean, whether it was, um, um, you know, uh, being, you know, being nervous, being fucking paranoid about people in your life, um, and what they fucking benefited off of behind your back, or whether people using me as a guinea pig and not being able to fucking enjoy shit, you know what I mean? Not getting any, not really getting any of the rewards for, you know, that other people have gotten based off my fucking name. You know, that kind of shit. You don't fucking enjoy it. And then, you know, you got kicked to the fucking curb. And now with the call, like, people, like, you know, are, like, you know, are, are, are allowed to treat you like fucking shit. And now that, like, you know, you, you don't have to fight back. Now people just ignore you, hoping that you will just fucking, you know, get a hint and fucking just fuck off. But... They, but because I still fucking go on without fucking being propped up, it's supposed to look embarrassing enough because, like, when people do notice me, they're like, oh my god, he doesn't get any engagement. It's like, yeah, I don't really give a shit. I'm not really propped up by the fucking system, really. I don't fucking, you know, I mean, I'm not supposed to, but like, they get annoyed with it because they would rather me go fuck off and die than. But, you know, but Owen was talking about that. So he didn't, he didn't enjoy the Jericho feud because he didn't. The, th- the thing is, 
the, the way that certain things were booked around that time and how Kevin Owens was booked, I would constantly fucking, you know, be someone that would kind of complain about it. Like, I should be protected better or they should do this better. People would fucking, you know, on Reddit or Twitter and all that kind of shit or on, like, Busted Open or whatever. They would all fucking, you know, like, you know, or people, people who you talk to in person or whatever. They'd be like, oh, no, no, he's fine, it's fine. But then, like, it's like, then in a couple of years, you find out that these people didn't like that fucking shit. It's like, then I'm, it's, I'm you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's the same shit with, like, New Day. When, like, you're like, hey, can these guys be a little bit more serious? And then people get mad that you insist that, that, that they, they, like, not that they, they, they totally become, like, you know, guys that are just 100% serious. But, like, when there's a situation that calls for it, like, if they get attacked... Or, like, they're being wronged in a situation. Their characters are allowed to fucking get angry because they're human beings and they have emotions. Right? And then whenever fucking Kofi, Xavier, or Biggie, like, act more fucking aggressive and get more fucking serious, everyone the next day is, like, always like, oh, my God, man, why couldn't we see more? Like, it's like, dude, dude, do you see what? I'm not even saying, the, 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 like, like Biggie when he was world champion, he did a, he, he did a good job still keeping his, like, light-hearted, you know, the, the, the light-hearted spirit, spirit shit, you know what I mean, like, you know, like, you know, being, like, you know, like, you know, like, uh, like, like, throwing in, like, some comedic lines, whatever, but he would still, like, have, like, a serious tone to him, you know what I mean, like, he, like, you know what I mean, and, and Kofi can do that, too, basically, Kofi Kingston can do that, too, you know what I mean, and then Woods, whenever, you know, if they, see, like, 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 right now, they could be propping up Woods, to being someone that gets a single, like, you know what I mean, like, like, well, next time I'm gonna see him on television, it'll probably be him with New Day, but I was hoping for the meantime, since, like, Big E and Kofi are kind of out, you know, and I know he's still fucking doing other shit, like, you know, off, you know what I mean, like, he's still probably making money and doing fucking, you know, dope shit, whatever, right, but as a fucking fan of the fucking guy, like, you know what I mean, like, it'd be cool if, like, you know, you, like, let's say, for example, Woods, like, had a little feud with Cody Rhodes, and they can play off of their fucking amateur fucking background that they had. Because that story, it was in the documentary too, I think, that you know, they talked about it. But I remember hearing it on, on the podcast when they initially talked about it. And, they were ta- and I, I thought it was like one of like the fucking more interesting stories about how, how you know, uh, Woods and Cody had like a rivalry in, in, like in, 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 amateur, in amateur wrestling, essentially. You know what I mean? So like you can play off something like that and you can get fucking, you know, Cody to raise the stock of Xavier in a fucking, you know, in a, in, 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 in like, in a legit fucking singles fucking feud or something like that. But they don't even use Xavier Woods a lot you know, anymore, really. You know. And I still think New Day still have a, you know, I know, I know they're going like, to, they're beginning retirement, you know. But I still think they have, I think each member still has, as a unit and even, like, single, I think they still have one, like, you know, last great run that they can have, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they have enough longevity that you can use and they have past accomplishments. And they've done enough good storylines, even though some of, like, you know, it's like the, the more recent years, it's kind of been, like, stagnant. They've been kind of stuck in, like, not, like you know, nonsensical feuds at times. But, like, you still have enough, you know, juice to them that you can, like, you know, put them at the top again, basically. You know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. You would think with the new world title, it would... Kind of raise the stocks of other fucking people like Woods, Sami Zayn, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Nakamura. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't just be, you know. I don't know, man. 
And then he said something about, he said that he didn't like being used. Like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, there was a period, like, on, like for, like, a couple of months or, like, weeks or so, he was used as, as like, a fucking crash test dummy for fucking Braun, with Braun Strowman. No, and it, it was like he was getting anything out of it, and this guy had to, like... It, it, it basically it's like it, it's like you know you, your systemic fucking bumps you gotta fucking take so you go okay well at least I'll get a storyline out of it in, in an interview. And then he said that his his moment with Austin was probably the greatest moment you know of his career basically in in wrestling in WWE because of um, you know the, the, the thing is like, I, you know, dude he, they did a good job but here's the thing I just wish like even if you weren't gonna promote a match. I wish it wasn't done with, like, the fucking comedy of it. Like, I, I wish it would have been something like, you know, Kevin Owens. Like, again, WWE, in AW, like, you know, if they had that, they probably would have done it a little bit more serious. But you could have had Kevin Owens, like, call out, like, some of the fucking propaganda that Austin has done as this false fucking authority, anti-authority guy who fucking, at the end of the day, sold his fucking soul and became a fucking glorified sports entertainer doing that type of shit, like, you can go to fucking levels, but for some reason, they had to fucking center it around fucking comedy, which is what took me out of it, even if there was gonna be a fucking match, but they did a good fucking job with it, and it's a cool fucking moment, so I'm not shitting on the moment, it's pretty cool, but, like, you know what I mean, like, you could've, like, Kevin Owens is capable of doing a lot more fucking serious and viciousness on the microphone then rather than fucking doing the well i'm you know i'm i'm doing a losing streak and uh, i want to get on wrestlemania like i i'm sorry i i just hate those kind of fucking storylines where your your talent's supposed to be this fucking you know this uh like you know what i mean like you know someone that's supposed to be like a like a, it, it just felt it felt like you know what i mean like even though they're, they're using him it feels like like the character becomes watered down from its like original original version of what he was like a prize fighter and all that kind of shit you know what I mean? And and it kind of, like, like that kind of stuff. Like, like, I remember, like, he did one serious fucking promo to hype up his Goldberg match. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it it basically made his character look like shit because he lost. Even though he talked a gang load of fucking shit. That's why you can't, like, cut compelling promos in WWE because if you cut them, you make people believe. And then if the booking's not there, then it makes your character look like fucking shit, basically. You know, it sucks, like, that way. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is just so fucking stupid. But, by the way, the collision ratings were fucking, like, higher than usual, like, 750,000 or or something around those lines. And I guess, like, the highest rate, it was, like, the, the highest quarter was, like, the MJF and, you know. So to me, it's like, does that mean MJF's more of a draw than CM Punk? Because that wasn't CM Punk fucking on the main event, right? But, you know. I mean, listen, man, the rating's going to go up. Again, me, me personally, I just don't give a shit. If the show's fucking good, the show's good. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, this obsession with ratings is, like, like this need. Like, it, it's become one of the worst fucking discourse shit. And and and, and to, so many people in the industry have normalized like this constant discourse so that you use it for like, oh my God, can you believe this is happening? Even ten years ago, I didn't like this fucking talk. I thought it was fucking useless. Uh, in, in my head, I was like, this must be, you know what I mean? They 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 got a taste of it with fucking with TNA and Raw whatever, but that didn't pan out. So they just kept hammering home about the fucking. I I just fucking thought it was stupid. 
Because, again, like, there's other ways to fucking watch shit now. Like, no one's all, you know what I mean? Things that, that weren't counted. So, like, to me, it's like it's all fucking bullshit. Like, everyone just becomes a sports entertainer. Like, everyone's a parody of what they used to fucking be. By the way, they keep saying that Orden is going to, like, he's not gonna, listen, man, if, if Orden can't fucking compete anymore, the guy's had a hell of a run. The guy's had a legendary fucking run. He's put on fucking amazing matches. Were some years kind of bland, but even some of the years that he was bland with the call, I still thought, you know, he did a decent job. I've always been a fan of Orden, even when it wasn't popular, too, for some odd reason. But, like, you know, he's he's always found a way to, like, up his fucking game and be more fucking compelling. He's probably like one of my fucking favorites, you know what I mean, as far as, like, you know, the way he paces out his fucking matches and shit. Some people thought that was kind of boring, but, you know what I mean? So, if the guy fucking can't do it anymore, thank you for all the fucking great moments, whatever, you know what I mean? Go relax, be with your fucking kids, be with your fucking wife, whatever, you know what I mean? But, like, now it's like, like, they have to keep propping his name up in the fucking discourse, so then people are wondering, oh, my God, you're going to come. Because to me, because the more they keep fucking d- doubling down that his career could be over, it, I, part of me feels like it's going to go in this direction. He's going to come back and he's going to be fucking fine. You know what I mean? And and what the cold and all of a sudden people go, well, yeah, last minute with the cold, he actually, you know, was actually cleared the whole time. It, it, it could be some fucking, something stupid. Like if the guy can't fucking compete anymore, fine. But it's like you keep putting his fucking name out there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to fucking extract something from it. But, like, to me, like, I still think that, you know, maybe some of these celebrities fucking, you know, get advancements to them. And it takes a, lo- it takes a little bit longer time to rec- recuperate. Because, you know, recuperate because, you know, they're getting some fucking shit done, whatever. But I'm sure he'll come back and, you know, maybe he'll be in a new Illuminati fucking body or something like that. I don't know what's happening with fucking Bray Wyatt, but apparently he's not coming back. But they're like, oh, credit to WWE, they aren't, um, they, they, they aren't disclosing his health thing. But they're still putting it out there. If it, if it was really a legit concern and they, weren't, they didn't want people to know about it, they wouldn't even put out anything about it. They would just say that, you know, he's uh, taking time off or something like that. But again, like Bray Wyatt's not another one that was supposed to be a discourse fucking character. Like, to me, it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, part of me hopes is not like, an, like, you know, a systemic fucking sacrifice or some fucking shit like that. Because, again, sometimes industries have that. You know what I mean? And then there's, to me, I feel like there's more to this life and more to the celebrity world, especially. Like, people want to pretend like, you know, like me, I'm not saying that they, they don't have human emotions and all that kind of shit. I'm not saying that kind of shit. I'm saying, like, they're involved in deeper level fucking shit. The celebrity world, like, the, the, it, it's, a, it's a very mafia-like fucking world. For some reason, people can't fucking, you know, like, you know, like, you know, get on board with the probability that, like, there's more to the fucking story of, like, how things are presented. So I don't know if this is going to be him leaving or something seriously fucking is wrong with them. I hope the guy's all right, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I always believe that these guys are way more advanced. Nothing about, like, you know, how, like, you know, they're able to, like, look the way they look is, like, you know, completely fucking, you know, I don't know. The the, the Bucks, apparently, are now, like, the, like, um, you know, the highest paid tag team in the industry, apparently. 
Again, they have to make it seem like, you know, they're doing Kevin Nash and Scott Hall level fucking shit. So it's like a real life kayfabe accomplishment, you know, that they're they're given essentially. Yeah, that's their status now. Apparently, I don't know. But the AW on their YouTube channel has been doing more compilations of uh, of like you know some moments like oh like top like you know debuts or oh, like like a lot of FTR title defenses. So I thought that was pretty fucking cool. They should be doing that more often because there's no place to watch old AW Dynamite episodes officially. So people have to fucking you know go and uh, people have to fucking go and you know. Um, you know, I, I guess if you have the VPN on Fightin' TV, you can probably get all the fucking episodes there. By everywhere else, you know, I don't know. Doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't know. It is what it is, but, you know, that's that's what I gotta talk about. Anyways, I'm gonna, um, come back with fucking the Dynamite and, uh, Impact Recaps in a minute. What's going on? 1 a.m. Probably when I'm playing Pantera. But RVD came back, so. And I forgot how good this fucking song, his ECW song was. For the longest time, I didn't know, I didn't know what the band was. Because then I got used to the other themes, right? But it was, The way this sounds, you can tell they try to incorporate some of this fucking type of, uh, they, they try to incorporate this into the WWE theme a little bit. Like, you know, I mean, not, it doesn't sound exactly the same, but they try to. fucking recaps okay so overall I thought this show was pretty good show it was pretty enjoyable they made they made it feel like a real milestone show by showing footage of the past in an overall package but for each match they showed uh, what some of the what's what some of the stuff each character has done on or notable matches they had on dynamite 
And the matches were all sample of everything AEW has to offer, and I felt like they were kind of all different. If you watched a show in a bubble, you would enjoy it, but since this is a discourse company, this is where the focus was going, so to, that's where the focus was going to go, right? So, you know, it's going to be, so, so like, you know, after the focus of, like, so to, even, even after, like, so, like, the discourse about this, like, the fucking women shit, like, this is what fucking got propped up after a milestone show, and we should be talking about the milestone show. It's, it's, you know, it's filled with discourse, but I felt like they made, uh, but I felt like overall this show just, it felt like it, it, it made some movement as far as the card goes for All In. We still have one match, but it's like the main event match, so that's like a, like, that is at least important, at least. Not like it's the least important, it's at least important match that was put on. I don't, I don't feel like the AEW should be, you know, some people think they should be doing a fucking surprise card. And when I say some people, I think it's mainly Bully Ray. Um, but to me, you can have a cool sub. You can have cool surprises, but you know, you should give the UK audience a card ahead of time. Like, listen, going to an AW show, you'll have a good fucking time, but you have to know some of the fucking matches going in. Like, it becomes such an effort to get, like, to get like the UK to get a show, and then even when you give them one, it has to be like, oh look, the strings attached. Like you. You think you continue to like, like basically you're trying to just tickle their assholes with their with a feather essentially, you know, and you, and you think that will suffice. But the, but anyways, I don't know. Overall, this show though, it had you know, it not only had fun and dope matches, but there were some angles being moved forward. And I thought they came off pretty well. Maybe, again, maybe I was enjoy, maybe because I was watching on delay and not partaking in the online shit, it became more of an enjoyable. You know, it became more of an enjoyable. Um, like, you know, I was, like, from my position, it was, it was, the show was a lot more enjoyable, I guess. I know it's taboo to just give, uh, you know, it's taboo to just give a shit about the actual show. You know, call me crazy. I mean, you will regardless, but, you know, I'm just going to try to analyze the show, I guess, as much as I can. It opened with Jericho Takashita versus Sammy and Garcia. I thought um, some funny business would happen because it just feels... Way too obvious for Jericho to join the family. And it's like they're taking a break from going to the Elite or, or to sort out this JAS stuff first. And it's really, you make, it's really making you think Jericho feels conflicted and it feels like he's actually the one who might become a babyface. But, I, you know what I mean? Like, at least they're giving you that impression. But this is still pretty decent. I like the pace of the match. And the thing, maybe because it was the 200th episode... It felt like a livelier than usual, and they, 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 they did a decent job with the character work and pacing of the match that it makes you forget temporarily that Jericho storylines, you know, have been structured horrendously. And you kind of wished, you know, there was better structure or, to how they're going to make this group implode, but this felt like, you know, there was some freshness into it with the storyline, so maybe this actually carries out well. I feel, I, I feel like by embracing a storyline with Jericho... I feel like you know. I feel like staying trusting Ric Flair for like the umpteen time, but I'm curious to where it'll go. I guess like you know, I guess like they are competitors who had matches against each other before, like when Inner Circle were together and they all faced each other in a tag team. You know, and they're still a unit. So I I was expecting a little bit of drama with hesitation to have Jericho go at it with Sammy, but they faced off each other. They faced off each other before. You know, the ROH match and full gear and all that kind of shit. So it is what it is, but it was a really decent match. The ending does bring some intrigue into all this, but it feels too straightforward where I feel like 
I'm supposed to expect a fucking swerve that might not make sense. Like, I keep thinking Callus is aligning, but with maybe the members of the JS, and they don't actually want Jericho. But how would that make any sense? Like, you know, could it be a deal where they they do the million-dollar man shit, trying to proposition Lex Luger to join him, but it was really Tatanka the whole time? I don't know. We'll see where it goes, but I thought this match was pretty good. I was surprised they just let Jericho and Sammy, like I said before, I'm surprised they let Jericho and Sammy go at it. Sammy kipped up when Jericho was celebrating from a shoulder block, which let them get chops back and forth, and Sammy gets the best of him with the leapfrog and a backflip, and then Sammy got a leaping knee. Him and Garcia do their pose and taunt to Jericho, to pose to taunt Jericho. Garcia and Jericho go at it for a bit. Gar- Garcia keeps dancing when Jericho was chopping. Garcia dropped him and danced over him, and then wanted Takashi in the ring. Then the the Takashi line takes down Garcia. Then Takashi kind of mocked the dancing. Jericho Jericho did uh, one of his old school WCW pin attempts, where he kind of like flexes basically. Jericho did a decent standing vertical. Actually, Cal's trip Garcia, which let Jericho get the advantage before the picture in picture. The commentator didn't know if Jericho was aware of the trip. They had, I mean, that would carry over in, in, into the ending of the match. They had control during the picture-in-picture. Picture. Garcia did try to bite Jericho. He counted a lion's soul where you weren't sure if he let the knees up or not. Sammy gets a diving cross body onto Takashita. Sends both of them out. One of the, um, them out of the ring and topes onto Jericho. A tornado to Takashita. Jericho broke up the frog splash. Sammy did, um, you know, for the pitting attempt. Garcia and Jericho go at it, and then Takashita gets the blue thunder bomb. He does a lion tamer, um, but calls it the wall to Takashita. Jericho gets hit with the Spanish fly. When he charges the ring, Garcia got tagged in and eats a code breaker, but it was a near fall. Garcia did a flying kick. I thought it was like the bicycle knee, basically. I thought it was, but they didn't identify as that. Takashita broke up the pin. Sammy nails him with a leaping knee and then does a shooting star press to Takashita outside. Garcia counters the Judas effect and gets a roll-up. Garcia goes for a dragon tamer. Takashi's pulled out by Sammy, and then Callis hits Garcia with the bat, and Jericho didn't like that. I think he swore, you know, and Jericho then hesitates, but he pins Garcia. Then later, Renee gets a word with Jericho, and then Matt Menard shows up and says, JAS mandatory meeting next week, and he's going to want to be there, um, and that was basically it. So I like that. They showed the footage of Jericho in Inner Circle and the JAS before the match, like, you know, like just to show you some of the highlights of what he's been through. The match itself was pretty fucking good. Garcia was the most over in the match. Sammy's over too, but it's more because Garcia has kind of caught fire with the dance. Takashi has been working a slower style since he's being a heel and absorbing more heel heat, so I was kind of surprised when he did the Takashi line because I don't, I don't think I've seen that in a long time. I felt like he I felt like he was doing more character work with mixing in the insane style of when he was a babyface kind of. Not, not that his matches have been bad as heel or anything, they, they, but they have more about his character work than the actual, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's slowing it down a little bit. Like, his Blood and Gus match was, like, the first match in a while where he he did some interesting shit in the match, but this was, like, I mean, I guess he did, he's in other promotions where he's probably doing better shit as well, like, you know what I mean? I know he was in, uh, I think he got sent to Revolver, but he was also in, uh, I, I don't know if it was um, in pro wrestling. I don't know if it was in DT or Noah, where he aligned with like, he aligned with like you know um uh like you know a, a stable that he we used to be a guest or something like that. P- people were talking about it on Reddit. I I couldn't keep up with it. Too much news was being taken in. But this is one of the first regular matches he's had in a while where he's done more than just the basic stuff. 
it feels old school where you see someone do heel squashes and they're in a real competitive match and they match and they bring out more. Um, Garcia's dance is still over. I know you can't enjoy the sports entertainment and that, but Garcia pulls it off and it gets people to pop every time. So I always kind of enjoy that. And he he breaks it out at the right time, which always adds to it in my personal opinion. Not that he's just doing it for the sake of it. And I did like the ending of Jericho not approving of the bat being used, but is he lying about it and he's acting like he's shocked or are they playing him as well? Like maybe not Garcia and Sammy, but when Matt hinted they're going to have a mandatory meeting, the tone felt like one of those preludes before Jericho has to play the role of like, you know, Pesci and Goodfellas where he gets taken out, you know, to, when, you know when, when he's going to be made, but he gets shot in the head. You know what? Let me opt to use Pesci and Casino reference because Goodfellas, good, cause the Goodfellas one is not really accurate, really, because Pesci wasn't a made guy in that movie in the Goodfellas. The Casino one, I don't know, was he made a Casino? I'm pretty sure he was, right? The Casino one feels like more of an appropriate one. You know what I mean? Like that feels, you know, the fucking, you know, stripping down to the to tidy whiteies and burying him, and I don't know. So I, I don't know if the members of JS turn heel. But the pro wrestling swerve in me thinks that Cal's has been playing Jericho. But maybe they want to think that while AEW just does the goes for the obvious, uh, obvious one they're hinting about, basically. And anyway, I thought the match itself was fine. The ending was interesting since cheating to win is an overdone trope, but it made the dynamics of the storyline more interesting. I'm just I'm just confused if Jericho's legit gonna be uh one of the be a good guy. If you feel like this whole family thing is kind of like stared away from the elite. And now, like I said, they're kind of focusing on the Jericho minions. I thought it was a good, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it's hard to figure out where it's fucking going. I, th- I thought it was a good opener for the crowd, and I thought that they might do this in the main event, but I actually, they actually let the woman fucking main event, which is surprising. I was not going to complain, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of complaining online afterwards. But it was fine to open the show with the Jericho being featured since he was like the main, main like the, he was one of the main guy focused for the first episode of Dynamite. I'm trying to stretch this out as much analysis as I can because I, I've expressed so, uh, as so much about the discourse. It feels like I, you know, when I read this, that my heart was not really into this as much anymore. Like, it's one thing when the company was in its honeymoon phase, but it's like with Jericho storylines, they purposely made them become go-away heat online, and then that is what's always lurking in my head. Like, is there a point to put effort into it when... We know Jericho feuds are not going to be structured properly, and then they have people wanting them just to fucking end. That should not, you know, be the ideal goal. But I hope that it actually ends up being something compelling. At least when they seem to have, you know, a big storyline plan. You know, I don't know. You know, at the very beginning of it, Jericho. You know, like at the very beginning of it with Jericho, they do tend to start off, start with promise. So I have to wait to see where it goes, but. Because, again, I don't want to be the naive baby face and think they got the correct formula with the Jericho-related storyline. Tony Khan thanked the audience for support in putting over their milestone show and the uh, show highlights of Dynamite over the last you know, 200, 200 years. <laughs> like Brody Lee debut, Thunder, Britt, Mox rejecting Inner Circle, Sting debut, Omega winning the title, Blood and Guts, Cody stuff, Brian and Punk, you know, there's just too much to keep up with, but this was good. Between this, the intro video of having the highlights, showing highlights of before the matches from different wrestlers, it felt like a pretty decent video. It just felt like a really good way to summarize the last 200 episodes. Not the last 200 years.
uh, Jack Perry and Jack Lynn, uh, Jack Lynn, Jerry Lynn fucking face-to-face, J- J- Jack grabs the mic from Tony's hand, he said he gave J- um, Jerry a week, um, and he tells him to take his ass kicking like a man, Jerry Lynn comes out, he sees it on the stage, and I always dread his promo, so he calls him Jungle and tells him he doesn't run the show, and as much as he would like to run down the ring to teach him a lesson, he won't because that would be child abuse. I mean, it hasn't stopped powerful people in the industry from, from, from doing that before, but whatever. He says he doesn't run the show here and that um, the plate uh, the plates and the screws in his neck, no doctor would clear him. He called a good friend who he, who, who, uh, he, um, he wrestled in ECW and who still wrestles today, and people thought it was going to be RVD, and it was. And I put here, I think it was the same song the ECW theme had. It actually was. It was Pantera Walk. The crowd made this feel like a big fucking deal. Jack gets out of the ring before anything could happen. He went to the front row, front row in front of a kid. Um, it was Pen- yeah, so it was Pantera, Pantera, Ken Pantera. Um, yeah, you know, I imagine Ken Pantera performing "Walk." I don't know. Um, no, it was the Pantera song. Um, called what? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. At the time, I, I just kept jotting it down because I was gonna forget. Um, Jack tries to come back, but while RVD and Jerry Lynn were kind of embracing, so he missed a chair shot, and RVD missing, missed doing the Van Daminator on him. Then later we saw RVD being interviewed, he said he heard Jack running his mouth, and he asks, does he know if he's listening, and he wants, do he know that people are listening, and he wants to challenge him for the FDW title, and when he does win, he says that he'll do what he does with titles, and inflate the value, and maybe retire it, but if he was... But if he was a fun, but, well, but he says if, but um, if he has fun, maybe he'll keep it around for some shit. I don't know. What a ringing endorsement to your career to say you devalue titles. But I mean, that's the most RVD thing, you know. I guess he's being self-deprecating. But I did enjoy the segment. And if Jack goes through with, like, I don't know if he's gonna go through like a bunch of old ECW guys, but I would not mind that at all. Because if Jack beats RVD next week. He's going to be the multi-time world champion. And I feel like in kayfabe, when co- competitors beat former world champions or who, who are champions in other companies as well, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, like, you know, if you, you could name like other companies if they didn't win the world title in this company. But you should fucking bring it up and add value to someone who's still on the rise. So I wouldn't mind if Jack Perry gets a win over a former world champion. And it kind of adds to his credibility. But if this is like their way of prolonging a match from Hook and Jack and Jack, and, you know, and Hook and Jack, whatever, I wouldn't mind this at all. I mean, let me say that RVD coming out to Pantera was incredible, though. I definitely never liked his impact theme. And the WWE theme, I never really liked the best, but it grew on me. But I always loved the ECW theme. But I never really knew, because again, I never really asked questions about the music. You know, I mean, even though I, even, though I, even though I never knew who really sang it, whatever. You know what I mean? But the crowd, like, 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 like this crowd, and having the budget where a billionaire can afford to clear some music being used, like, like this was actually incredible. I don't know how long how long RVD is staying, but people are using his past comments about calling all elite wrestling all petite. But it's like it's like these guys are going to be hypocrites, and they will always have an excuse and story of why they've changed their tune. They just can't admit they're working for people online. He at least copped, uh, you know, copped to it. But I didn't think, you know, I, I didn't think I would care for another RVD run since I know his best days are behind him. But if it's a one, if it's a one week thing, it's fine, I guess. I don't know. I don't mind it as long as it helps Jack Perry, who's like lesser established on the grand scale. 
if I was relieved we weren't going to get more Jerry Lynn, but it made sense why he got involved because him and RVD's rivalry in ECW plus other companies. I think Jack Perry's theme needs like something else added to it, but I still dig it more than the other theme he had. I always was always getting tired of it, even like in year two of the company. Maybe they should remix the nine oh two and oh theme in the midst of the classical song, maybe, you know what I mean? Like in the back like you'll light in the background, maybe, I don't know. I want to assume this could be a way for, um, I always wanted to assume this could be a way for Jack Perry to destroy a bunch of ECW guys, but it feels like this company's pattern is that Hook will probably get involved pretty soon, and it, it won't be like this whole Jericho wanting to face all ROH champions. But I wouldn't mind this if, you know, it means Jack Perry raises a stock in destroying the legacy of ECW. It'll at least make Hook versus Jack Perry feud get like a real blood feud because now Jack is making it more personal by having a vendetta against his, you know, Hook, the belt, his dad, and ECW. You know, Jack could be more venomous about the promotion and how it's always been astroturfed by a scumbag owner who sold the talent a dream. You know what I mean? And they, and they knew it wouldn't go far or something like that, you know. But they don't allow that to happen, you know what I mean? Trent versus Mock with the Penta. I thought this match was pretty exciting for what it was. This was like intense hardcore style you come to expect in AEW, and it was represented that well. The whole, you know, since the whole night was about having different flavors of what they have established, I knew there would be a, I, I, I knew it would be a good match. But I was still wondering what the official feud was coming out of this, and I feel like I was right that even though Penta was like the one who lost, it's clear the remaining BCC and best friend are the ones that are feuding. I'm glad that Trent got something out of this since he and Best Friend never get a win like some big-time matches. You know, they did show footage of um, Best Friends doing their parking lot match with the um, Proud and Powerful back in the pandemic era. And that would come into play later, which I kind of appreciated. I'll give this match props for Mox not being the one to bleed in this one. I, I, I just hate that this nonsense of having to use Mox in this discourse fodder where shitty online personas who don't have the charisma basically to make their own personality that mocks the sloppy when their hero punk literally has been having, you know, sloppy matches quality-wise. Like, he's lucky he's over as a character because his character is what dictates the reaction, but I don't feel there's anything wrong with the stuff Mox does, per se. Like, I don't like how he always, how he always, how he's always in matches every week after grueling battles, or he goes to blood way too often, but he still, you know, has been decent in the ring in other areas, even if he's not the best at it. But the effort to discredit him doesn't come across, like, as genuine. People clearly give a shit about people's mental health, but the, imagine how unhinged you have to be to use your shitty brand versus brand agenda to pile on someone who's being put in that position to play the role that is supposed to cater to the internet discourse while you act like you're being completely fucking genuine. Anyway, this match was enjoyable. Penta getting some shine in this match reminded me of like the early days of the company with how over he was. Too bad the booking for his character has never reflected that in this company, even if they give Lucha Bros accomplishments. So anyways, Trent topes onto Mox, and Penta leaps out onto Trent. Penta gets a sling blade on Mox. Trent spears Penta. Mox gets a lariat. Penta hits Mox with a trash can. Um, Trent gets a, you know, hit, gets hit with a, gets hit with a, hit with a lid when Penta counters a tornado, tornado DT, and Mox rocks Penta with a cutter. Mox brings out the barbed wire by a uh, trash can lid to do the running knee. Mox, uh, you know, scrapes Trent with the two by four. He gets the stuff pile driver. Trent gets a Sayedo suplex when Mox was going for the King Kong lariat. Mox rakes the barbed wire to Penta's face. Then he was on top. Um, he was gonna dive out on Trent. 
um, you know, laid on table, like, you know, um, who's on laid on the table. So Trent ends up getting a superplex, uh, um, to the outside, to the, t- to the double table. Um, I, I, I had to forward through the break because I was watching on delay, but they came back and they're, you know, double, th- the, you know, they're, um, all exchanging strikes between each other. Moss getting hit with a double thrust kick, Penta hits Trent with one. Penta ended up getting an avalanche destroyer from the top through a fucking table. You know what I mean? Like this, see, see, this could have ended the fucking match. You know what I mean? Mox does an aggressive shoulder tackle to put Penta through the table. In the corner, Mox, of course, brings out the thumbtacks. Penta blocks the fucking paradigm shift and goes for the fear factor. But Mox blocks that and gets a stalling pile driver for a near fall. Mox does one of those release suplexes onto the tax. Then Mox sacrifices his own body, um, you know, and did a cutter on Trent on the tax. Mox was, like, basically getting hit with all the tax, basically, even though he's doing all the moves. Trent got, gets a strong zero, but Penta breaks it up with a garbage can shot. Mox is now selling the amount of tax on his back. They all exchange strikes at each other, very hard-hitting chops and strikes. Trent gets the momentum, but he gets hit with a thrust kick. And Illyria from Penta, Mox uh, and Penta um, go back and forth. Yeah, for no, Mox and Penta got thrust th- th- kicking a lariat from Mox and Penta. Then Mox and Penta are going back and forth. Mox hits a paradigm shift. Trent hits Mox with a sliding knee, and then he pins Penta for the win. Mox then chokes Trent afterwards. Claudio and Yuta are walking through the crowd, but then Orange Cassidy and Chuck were in the crowd, and they cut them off and beating being up. It spilled over the ringside area. Trent dives out into BCC. Chuck throws a chair into Claudio's face. Orange Cassidy and Mox with the orange punch. Chunk get Chuck Chunk. Chuck gets uh, on the mic and says, "This is an accomplished a goddamn thing." And they can say on Rampage for them to meet them at Daly's place for a parking lot brawl to tie it back to one of the company's most infamous matches during the pandemic era. So now this feels like it's focusing on the best friends and the BCC element of the feud. I don't know if the death triangle fit in, but I still think Mock should be the one who takes the title off Orange Cassidy. But if Orange Cassidy beats Mock to retain the title, then it would be another made guy that Orange Cassidy beat. Uh, you know, it could be go that way, but I could see Tony Khan letting Orange Cassidy have the title for a full year since they want to give him the notion of being the, you know, the most successful champion in AEW. I do think if you, uh, you know, if you uh, want him to drop it, Mox would be a good dude to dethrone him, but it, because it, you know, it would be important, you know, it would be an important, like, made guy who would take the title to stop an epic title run. I still maintain Swerve taking it off of Orange Cassidy, but whatever. I can't complain about how they're using Swerve after the angle they shot later in the show. I personally don't think, you know, it needed to be the ultimate hardcore fight in this shit. Like, does Trent need to be doing superplexes, you know, through a table with his neck surgery that he's fucking had? It just goes to my theory that these guys need to have bump cards all the time. But I enjoyed the match because all these guys killed it. Uh, the Avalanche story was pretty fucking wild. Some of the moves could have been finished the match. But I did like that Trent screwed Mox over for the win. I was expecting Mox to just win, but this prolonged, but this prolonged the best friend in BCC, which already had some hype to it. Even though the clickbait shit online to get the negative shit against Orange Cassidy by making him seem like Orange Cassidy got a job that Bret Hart was supposed to have. Like, listen, everything in the interviews to me is kayfabe, so that Bret story to me might not be a real fucking story because everything he says is for the online discourse now that I take with a grain of fucking salt. But since we're supposed to have discourse, you know, we have to make it seem like this is why Bret didn't get a job, so you have heat against Orange Cassidy for no reason. Maybe he's working with them on the side since all these personalities have ties to the companies, even if it serves the online narrative. 
The online shit is just as kayfabe, man. But this is supposed to be the negative against Orange Cassidy for being an agent or a producer for some reason. Even though he does some really good shit in his matches. I figured they would have just done a trios match at All In, but they're giving away the ramp. They're giving that away on Rampage. And that kind of. Like, like and that is kind of smart to have the match that would be taped elsewhere. So we have to tune in. But that must suck for the people in the crowd who had to sit through, like, you know. Like, you know, like, you know, matches that, you know, ultimately are not going to, like, really matter in the long run. I thought it was the right winner, and I wonder if BCC ultimately put over the best friends to raise their stock even more. I don't know. I want you to take a more central role in this because the rivalry he has been brewing with him and, you know, not being aligned with the, with the BCC, with the best friends, they've crossed paths over the last year, but I'm glad they're actually doing a storyline where they can maybe play off that past. Because this was that was always the one thing I liked about the best friends when they would interact with BCC, is that there would be tension between Yuta and the best friend, and I felt like they could, I felt like they could have done done a few with Yuta and Orange for the international title when, but they they gave that one away, kind of like you know like just a one one off basically. I keep saying that Mox could take the title off Orange Cassie, but maybe the ultimate goal is for Yuta to get the title, baby. That would be a plus, like, but but it feels like. Mox and Orange Cassie have been kind of the focus, which makes me think this is where it's going. I thought it was a good match. Okay, the MGF promo. Okay, this promo segment was really good. Here's the thing. I know people think MGF has to remain a babyface. I'm not against the idea of MGF legit coming off as a babyface down the line permanently. If there's a plan down the line to do that, and then I, you know... Then I don't think he has to become a full fledged babyface just yet. Thing is, people will clamor that they, they want it, but people will turn on him even more because the over the top over the top stuff he does will eventually get fucking boring. Right now, it's fun because he's teasing that fucking line. I'm I'm not talking about his promos about his past that are, and what he went through, but just him practicing panning to the crowd feels feels good. Like right like right now. But if this if if he does it this way all the time, it'll get really old fast, and that's why I'm of the belief he should remain a heel, who often makes you think he could be a baby face because in the future, when his heel heel run is actually running dry, and 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 there is like a motivated and justified way, um, you know, uh, for him to officially do it, it'll pay dividends. Like I said, the whole struggle with him being a good guy and a bad guy is supposed to be a career-long storyline that, to me, will play out. People don't want to believe, believe it. They want to be reactionary and make him this guy as a baby face. Listen, if they do that shit, then it's fine, but he won't be the baby face, you know, going into Chicago. And that's the truth. He might get cheered for a bit, but, you know, um, it feels like the character's overdoing it. He's not addressing Punk just yet, so instead of addressing Punk... It probably infuriates Punk because MJF is not getting mad. MJF is trying to fool people that he's going to be into this babyface direction, essentially, you know, in storyline. I still think there's a bunch of stuff, you know, you can accomplish with MJF being a heel. And as far as other talking heads online, you know, I'm I'm probably the minority here, you know what I mean? I'll give MJF props, though, because he and Cole, you know, and, and Cole and MJF props, but because he and Cole have what it takes not to not just go do the good guy route, but they do the psychology of what they have felt that made them embrace evil, and they explain their story, uh, and their arc, so people can so people can get behind the process, process of how they struggle instead of like lazy just saying hey someone's a good guy and we forget the evil shit they have done. 
they're going like the macho for the build they're going the macho man ultimate warrior route for this build like the same theme like not the exact same situation exactly but back then going in you assume one of them would need rick flair mr perfect help because it was a good guy versus a good guy so it's not the exact same thing but it has those elements of going to a title match with both of them being baby faces and since you saw strong and kingdom backstage it feels like there, there's gonna be a bunch of people from maybe mjf and cole's past that could be involved in this match as far as being at the ringside area so MJF gets a positive reaction. He does the devil worshiper spiel. He wanted to have a real heart-to-heart convo with people in Tampa. I don't know why. And people at home, he goes over having ADD, which gets an ADD chant, and he goes over what that entails and talks about rejection-sensitive disorder. His brain is structured differently. He cannot regulate rejection based on emotional emotions and behaviors, making life difficult for him. And to be honest, life would be difficult without RSD. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't know about his past. He's been bullied, abused, cheated on, lied and battered and beaten up. A lot of it, you know, he blacked out. But, um, but there's one thing he still remembers to this day. It was when those kids had a hand filled with quarters and threw it at him and told him to pick it up, pick it, pick it up, and called him. Jew boy. To the day he wakes up in cold sweat, he can feel the sensation of his skin being hit with quarters and the laughter from those kids. He remembers saying that, that to himself the day into believing everyone on this planet was an evil scumbag and if he wanted to survive this lifetime and protect himself, he would have to stab everyone else in the back before they stabbed him and he's beginning to realize that there's no way to live. While he's protecting himself, he ended up becoming a scumbag himself and to be honest, being a scumbag is easy. Making them hate him is easy making them boo him is easy and what's hard is being vulnerable and being open is hard he knew um with, with the disorder if he opened himself up to um up and he was max they would boo him and it would kill him because then it would bring back those memories as a kid he's not scared of, of um scared anymore um he could people he proclaimed that he's not scared anymore and then because of every one of us they taught him to um they, they, they do care about max they taught him that they got sympathy for the devil he's not going to change overnight but he's still a scumbag he's ready to be the audience of scumbag the crowd chants that he's a scumbag over and over he says there's one person who taught him uh, to think like this a person who taught him not to not to live with hate in his heart and can trust to be and trust and be vulnerable and even max freeman the devil deserves a friend he puts a person over as one of his best as one of the best wrestlers and one of his uh you know best friends in the world he tells cole to come out Cole does with no music. He says M. Jeff um, impresses him every day. And M. Jeff tells Tampa he's impressive or right, whatever. Cole says not because of him being a young, uh, at a young age, being one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's because of the man he's becoming. He appreciates him sharing the story and having the guts to talk about, you know, what he's been through and tells him he's not alone and goes over being a jerk and thinking he needed to do all that to succeed for years. He was afraid and scared and didn't understand what being a man was. And M. Jeff has become a man that he's supposed to these people love and adore him and they want to cheer for him and not because he's the one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet but deep down they know there's a good guy in there so he wants to make sure he knows this he 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 is and the crowd is incredibly proud of him m jeff says as much as he loves cole performing verbal fellatio on him he's also wearing their new shirt and doesn't add for the shirt 
This is not why they called him out. He made him a promise after the match at FTR. Said he would give him a shot for the Triple B. He's been thinking long and hard and said he doesn't even deserve a match. And the crowd is shocked and they're kind of booing. And MJF, Cole is shocked as well. MJF brings out a contract and says he deserves the match. In front of the most historic crowd on the most historic night in the name of our sport. And then he sets it up for All In. There's no one he would want to make history with. And he gives Cole a contract and encourages him to sign it. And Cole does, and Cole says he loves them, and MJF says he loves them too. They hug, and MJF off. Mike says he's gonna win though, and str- and then Strong is you know, and then they both you know, they both like kind of like posed in their corners, whatever. Strong is backstage, and he's throwing shit around like he's throwing a fucking fit. And then Ben and Taven show up and say Cole's always been forgetting about his real friends. I thought they did two things to make you think about um that make you think that both Cole and MJF. Are not to be trusted. First, Cole did the same hug he did to Roddy before turning on him on NXT, and of course, M. Jeffrey mixed a bunch of his origin story promos from the AED, ADD, and then the anti-Semitic shit that he had to deal with, and we know how that ended up the last time he used those th- used those things. Like if he's being genuine, his character wouldn't, you know, like like if he's being like, uh, you know, uh, hold on a second, if he's being genuine, his character wouldn't give fuel for, you know, right-wing conspiracy theorists who think Jews are Satan worshippers and calling himself the devil constantly, which is why I don't really fully trust MJF's intention because it feels like he'll take something horrible that, you know, did happen to him and use it to his advantage to gain sympathy like he did last time. But the difference this time is he was copying to why he feels the way he has felt in, you know, since those days and thought that he had to be a scumbag. And even though I genuinely think his character is struggling with that, I think much like the Mafia and, like, you know, Sopranos characters, you root for Tony to be able to get past his issues and the trauma inflicted on him because you don't wish that on anybody, right? But he's in the Mafia because it's, you know, and he's in the Mafia because it's a wrestling business and they always go back to, like, old fucking habits. I do relate to the promo, though. Honestly, him describing a lot of these conditions and explaining them, it makes me now have the answers for why I was so fucked up. So I do enjoy these promos, but the parts of where he's playing the, you know, playing up to the crowd for the chance, it feels kind of like over the top. And maybe that's like um only way M. Jeff is doing it. But if like it was more genuine, he shouldn't even be embracing being cheered just yet and kind of still be like me that he wouldn't be used to being like he struggled to even be a good guy. Like maybe like kind of still scolding, scolding the um like give them give the crowd a scolding, essentially, like uh, like uh, when they cheer him and M. Jeff is going off on his tangents he should scold the audience for cheering him but then calm down and say yeah i'm still getting used to like you know what I mean? like you, you, you could do it in other fucking ways like that they could showcase that a bit better but i like the effort from both cole and mjf because when these two are baby faces there's like some phoniness to them where you don't feel like any of them are actually being genuine at least because cole has never really been one of the best baby faces he's always been a heel most of his career or you know so it's hard to see him do this baby face stuff and you're left being confused in a good way about what their true intentions are and i feel like this is kind of build like you know for the for the title matches more fresh than one of the one of them turning heel because a heel turn could happen at the pay-per-view and you are at the crossroads about who could turn heel and you want them both to remain baby faces because you're not ready for this alignment I was glad they announced the match finally. This is like the, you know, I hope this is the main event. Even if they, if they, if they want to pretend Punk has a real world champion. 
This should definitely be the main event of the fucking show, in my personal opinion. Thought the segment was really well done. Personally, I would have had MJF be the heel after this, but because I feel like the Punk and MJF stuff is going to be the big payoff for a lot of shit, and maybe it would happen sooner if the brawl-out shit didn't happen. I thought Kingdom getting involved was interesting, and it feels like a bunch of people from Cole's past at least are going to play a part in this match in some way, where there'll be some interfering or there'll be fall guys for MJF and Cole to fucking fend off, but who knows. I thought the segment was really fucking good, and it played off the past stuff MJF said, uh, you know, MJF said, you know, explaining why he felt the way he did. And I like Cole coming out and being proud of him because he was going through the same thing. Because it's easy to be the bad guy, but if you follow the theme of, you know, again, the mafia, Sopranos at least, people want to do the right thing deep down. But at the end, the temptation of the evil that comes along with the spoils is too much to give up. And even though I feel like MJF's character is getting there mentally and wants to be a good person down the line at his core... I still feel like he's still playing people to an extent. I personally would keep MJF a heel if there's a future plan for him to become a babyface, right? But now with the internet discourse of chaos happening backstage, they don't want you to think, you know, they don't want to, they don't know, like they want you to think that they don't know what they're doing. They're now treading into WWE territory that if you think there's a plan, They'll be dismissed because you have to act like the booking errors are genuine to sell real-life discourse. But again, I thought this was a good setup to the match. People think that think this takes away from, like, you know, the title match um, because of the fucking friendship angle. But the title match itself is not... But, like... But, like, the title match is still the... Fo- the title is actually still the focus. Like, you know, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's still the background fucking player and all this kind of shit. Like you know, what I mean? like, like, like it's st- like it's still based on just, just because they have, they have elements of mental health and friendship doesn't mean the title isn't important. The title, the title is important because of these issues as well. Like you know, what I mean, like, because MJF's character is wanting the title and think it's all he needs to make him fucking happy. You know what I mean? Like I would have preferred it a different way from the beginning, but they ended up convincing me with this odd couple tag team essentially, and they managed to make it fucking compelling. Like this was this was fine, but I like I said earlier, the more I see MJF doing baby face shit, it feels like you know get old. Like I like I, I said that, I said that because AEW showed footage online of MJF and Jericho or Tony Khan after the show to celebrate the two hundred episodes, and MJF was coming off like you know MJF was not coming off like a genuine baby face, and it felt like the typical pandering baby face that he kind of does, and that that's a style of his baby face stuff that I will like get sick of it within a fuck within a month or so. <laughs> I still think it was. I still think it's too soon to turn him, even if people are getting behind him. If there's more important way down the line to do it, like I would do it then. But I know if he turns heel again, then people will feel it's a step backwards. But it doesn't mean that you can't do the bay face run down the line. I just think there's still enough for him to do as a heel, especially for the you know Punk MJF shit coming up. Uh, Bucks and the the elite, the Bucks and Omega versus Jarrett Lethal and Singh. This match was weird when they announced it, but I was interested in it. And I figured before they announced they re-signed, this was just going to at least be the least interesting match they could do for the two hundred episode of Dynamite. But then when they re-signed, it became amazing because it made me look forward to what they could do in the match because they'd probably be kind of riding the high of like their you know siding with the company. Online, the persona sold the fact that it would be interesting because the Bucks have hatred for Jarrett. 
but because of like the TNA shit. But you never know if that's all genuine. I'm sure they all have the same politics at least. Um, but this match was fun and it was a nice mix of uh, two styles because I I I knew Jarrett wasn't uh wasn't gonna work the, that fucking Omega style right or Buck style. Lethal, sorry, I, my stuttering is all fucking fucked up. You know. I, I can't control my fucking... It's like it's like the... What did I call it? The um, Bruce Almighty effect. Like, God's in the fucking room. And he's, like, hitting me in the head while I fucking try to speak. And then some words I fucking... I can't just fucking say. And then it's like I'm developing Tourette's, essentially. So Lethal might be one of the... The one in the match who could adapt to Omega and Buck style. But I was curious of how they would protect Satnam Singh in this match. So he wouldn't be overexposed, and it came off better, you know. And I, now I want to see an Omega versus Satnam Singh match. I think if you do that for Dynamite, if you could do it for Dynamite, it would be like you know when Cena gave the Great Khali like his best match. I think I think the same shit would happen with Omega and Satnam. Like the only thing that that I hate is that Jer- Jared's all, like Jared and company always lose their matches. Like they exist for utility guy shit, but you can protect them more and extract more heat from them, but. Like I, like I never thought the day would come where I'm conflicted about Jarrett not being protected enough, but I think you could do much more with him and the amount of heat that he's able to get. But anyway, the guy, the, the, I mean, the guy set up an angle with Grado, and I'm sure he'll be in the UK card in some way since Jarrett, etc., are feuding with the Hardys. I'm sure Grado will be incorporating that in some way. Omega and Jarrett start out, and they do the typical spiel Jarrett does. Jarrett gets a hip toss. Scoop slam, he doesn't start, Omega tries to get the advantage, but Jared pokes him in the eye. Lethal's in, and he gets hit with a deep arm drag. Nick does a diving stomp while Madison has a wrist lock. They get an assisted Ron Iowhead, hit Jared with a double drop kick. Lethal teases getting singing, and Matt is begging for, him, begging for him to come in. And then Matt regrets it, and Omega and Nick walk off the apron, and Matt tags Nick in by, cho- by chopping him. They try for a double drop kick, and then Sing cross bodies onto them. And the heels do a, you know, the, the heels do a box and Omega pose, which I thought was funny. They come back and they have control over Nick, and Nick nails a super kick. Omega gets a hot tag, a bunch of uh, Polish hammers. He does a you can't escape, but Singh grabs him by the throat, but Bucks pull him down. Omega hits a moonsault portion. It gives Lethal a chance to get the knees up. Bucks counter a double lethal injection. They kind of do a reverse back body drop and they nail super kicks. Then get Jarrett Singh comes in and grabs them both by the throat. They double super kick his knees and do a multiple super kicks. Omega does a V trigger. Bucks leap out on lethal and Jarrett. Omega tries for the fucking one wing angel, but Sanjay comes in and prevents it. This is awesome. Lethal gets a lethal combo on Omega. Cutler sprays Karen with the with the fucking cold spray, and Sanjay drops him from the apron. Hardy's um Hardy's come on and beat up Sanjay and give him the twist of fate. Jared gets like a has a guitar in his hand behind the ref's back, and then Jarrett misses and Hangman's um out out of nowhere does a buckshot Larry to him. Omega hits Jarrett with the V trigger, and then he he he's playing the guitar for a second, and then the one wing angel. And then uh, you know, and, and then he wins the match. And Omega says, uh, "Hangman has some exciting." He kept saying, "Come on, Hanger!" Like, you know, like the way he just kept saying, it, he sounded like a fucking dork. But whatever, um, you know. Omega says, uh, "Hangman has some exciting news." Hangman says, "They are the big announcement about the elite signing with AEW. They're they're here for another Twitter episode." And Omega says, "Whether it's on Dynamite, Rampage, and heck, even Collision, they're gonna see more of them." And does a typical ending here for his promo. You know what I mean? Goodbye, bang, whatever. So people think because the collision mentioned, they will definitely be feuding with Punk for Wembley. 
I don't think it will, and if it does, it's fine because there's already been a build-up for it for the real-life discourse. But I don't think that, that that's happening. I could see FTR versus Bucks, though. Like, that could be possible, but who fucking knows? thing is, when you don't announce matches and you have no idea what could happen, because on television, it's like one thing, but then they could just randomly announce a match and people will complain they didn't do enough on television to really hype this shit up. But the match with these guys, uh, you know, the Elite versus Jared and company was pretty entertaining and overbooked chaos in the best way possible. I liked it for what it was. I really did think that Lethal's portion of the match was probably the best ring quality you could get since Jared's older and does more character work and Sing is not really there yet ring style-wise. But this was fun and I guess Jared said are going to be involved with the Hardys. I still, I, 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 I laugh when, uh, you know, Cutler fucking spray, uh, sprayed Karen in with a cold spray. People um, think that now that the Elite resign, they'll do the Punk versus FTR there. And maybe to get people buzzed, they'll have, like, the Elite show up on Collision, like, this fucking, uh, like, today, today basically. It's Saturday now, right? Because SummerSlam is happening, and they would want big news. But it's weird that, you, you know, it's weird because you think they would be going more into the Dark Order direction or feud with Callus and his family versus the Elite. So it's like you're going to cut those storylines short to do something Punk-related, and maybe they actually do it. But I, 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 I really figured this was, would be a Discourse storyline where they would prolong it with the Elite dodging Punk to go to WWE. I'm glad they didn't. that didn't happen as much. So I would, I, I would love to see... What the, <laughs> I would have personally would love to see what the elite could do in WWE, because they'd probably be given like carte blanche to do whatever they want, like you know as much like Cody, like I still want to see the elite versus the New Day, and the Bucks versus the Usos, and maybe when they decide to do the WWE versus the AEW feud down the line, you know, even though we're supposed to pretend like it won't ever happen, but like I don't know, I don't know if I you know, thing is if they resigned. I would like for a situation to come where you gradually bring it up on fucking storyline. If you're just going to fucking go, oh, look, we're going to show up and then we're gonna just going to do the match. Like, to me, it's like, you know, like even if you get the fucking match going, it's like. water you know i don't know swerve swerve an ar promo and uh nick you know and other shit now this was cinema i thought we were gonna get this promo but we got ourselves a mini movie which could always be a gamble when you have wrestlers doing attacks when they're filming themselves uh, because they could come off campy but this showed you how dangerous swerve can feel like as a character and it really, you know, it really uh, made uh, this partnership with AR feel like it's going to be a dangerous alignment. And for the first time, it felt like I feel sort of storyline actually going somewhere. But even though I'm happy for this, it still doesn't excuse the company dropping the ball in the last seven months with this feud with Keith Lee, which, you know, had a good thing going on in, the, in, in, in 2022. Swerve got, um, goes over the explanation for what happened last week. AR says, Darby said without him, there would be no Darby Allen. Asked why why didn't he call him when he got signed to AEW. He didn't say a word to him for like five years until he saw him backstage. And he's going to take away everything that he gave him. And then Anna says, and get, ba- get, in, get back in blood. And get it back in blood, my friends. And he holds something up that's covered in blood. 
and sort of says when you're a mogul embassy, they, t- they, they take care of theirs and talks about um, casting them in a movie he just made. And then you thought they were going to commercial and that would be it. But then we see footage they recorded themselves, a show, you know, where Nick Wayne was training at. And sort of asked what, um, you know, um, asked what's up, turds, basically. And then Nick asks what they're doing here and sort of says to, to train. He says um, they never saw the Buddy Wayne Academy in person. He calls it a complete shithole, and Swerve says, uh, "What does the fox? Uh, um, what what does the fox say?" And he makes a noise when Kakoop. I, I I don't know what, what we were trying to do with that. Like that was kind of you know. But Ar throws a skateboard at him. They beat up the other two guys that were training there. I think there was maybe one guy. I don't know who. How, there were two guys, and then Nick is all by himself fending them off, and Swerve smashes some glass frame over his head, and there's a picture of his dad and Nick, and Swerve says he's gonna lay it right here. When he found out that his dad wasn't with him anymore. And Nick is crawling to get to the phone. And sort of grabs it while AR is holding him back. And Nick is bleeding too, by the way. And they, t- they, actually, they actually tell Nick to like... I guess he was trying to fucking call Darby. But I think like he legit need to put the fucking pin code in. So they had to like, kind of pause this fucking breakdown. And they actually tell Nick to fucking enter the pin, the pin code. And Nick awkwardly does it. Which made me fucking laugh. Not only was it cinema. They had a blooper reel right here too. Uh, they could have edited around this actually to set, set, set the phone or set the fucking phone on facial recognition on Darby and then maybe Darby answers and AR tells him this is this is a Nick it's AR and Darby says like what and Swerve then tells him to listen I think it was Swerve maybe that told him I don't know maybe I meant to put AR because it was uh, I was like going over this fast but I don't I don't know if it was AR who talked to him but someone talked to him Swerve tells him to listen. Or something worse is going to happen. He says, you know how easy it is to make a phone call? How come you couldn't make one years ago when uh, AR signed to AEW? And they say they're the, they're the ghosts of his past. They're going to haunt him. And they say, mogul affiliates forever. I feel like this table has some legs to it. This is really solid. I figure when they're going to cut to this movie, I, went to, I thought I went to commercial and they're going to go to do something later on. But they actually went to, to this angle. I thought it was really fucking cool. Felt like a throwback to like it felt like a throwback to how Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and X Pac um, X Pac were doing their camera shit, and they ran the Steiners off the road. Like not the exact same shit, but it felt like a like a sense of danger from those segments because it felt like something out of the ordinary of how you see wrestling segments, right? And this felt like one of them. I think you know Nana was the one who was filming. I like when uh, Nana said that they'll get it back in blood. I thought that, that, that was some shit talk. But he actually held up something with blood in it, and it made sense because, you know, the Nick Wayne was bloody, and he was, you know, probably got blood on his shirt. So that was cool. I mean, that was cool detail. It made sense. This felt like a really dope segment, and it automatically makes AR come off like a star, and I feel they could uh, really have something dangerous with the Mogul affiliates. You know, part of me thinks this will probably be Nick Wayne and Darby versus AR and Swerve, which would be the way to go, most likely. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do a match where they have, like, you know, all the Mogul affiliates being involved. But if that's the case, more um, more of them would have been, you know, uh, more of them would have been involved with the segment. It felt, uh, it felt more of a focus on Swerve and AR and AR. Um, it felt like more of a focus on Swerve and AR and... Like, and the thing is, AR and Swerve have their own history in Lucha Underground, but they're not going to mention that since, you know, we're a completely different characters. But I, I think I, I didn't clue into that part of it. But I thought this was one of my favorite things on this fucking show. It felt like, it, dude, this was like, it felt like really, really, like, you know, violent and fucking scary and dangerous. See, see this feel like, see, this feel like, this feud feel like the bigger feud 
which is why I'm kind of confused why they have Darby going for the TNT title. Unless they want him to get the title so he and Swerve can feud with it, but because I hope they aren't going to put a stop to this feud once Darby has to fucking face Lucha, Soros, and, under, and, and all out, basically. This is why it's confusing, but I'm glad that the Mogul affiliates like have momentum to them, and Swerve really feels like a sociopathic fucking leader, basically. He's giving me, like, Pac and Juice vibes with how, like, his character is kind of, like, dangerously unstable, essentially. Aussie Open versus Commander and Vikingo. Alex is comp- accompanying the Lucha guys, of course. But Fletcher, Fletcher and Vikingo avoid offense and get fossi- uh, fancy offense in the beginning. And then Commander walks off the shoulders of, uh, um, onto, uh, onto, like, a uh, shoulder, uh, um, onto Davis for, like, uh, you know, um... You know, um, I forget. I forget how this was laid out. I think he did it off of uh, Vikingo shoulders. Aussie Open do their typical do- double team offense, which ended up with a big senton. Davis does. They do the hoist off the shoulders into a rising knee, then assisted cutter, while which clutch, uh, Fletcher did off the second rope. Commander fires off. Uh, you know, thrust kicks. Um, this was a pretty interesting. Commander was laid out across the ropes, and I figured he was just posing. Maybe he was, but then Fletcher ran toward him to kind of, and he kind of shifted to the second rope to lie across, which would make Fletcher land outside. Vikingo off of Commander's back gets a Rana. Fletcher, who's laid out um on some double, uh, from some double um team offense, um. Like yeah, no, the Fletcher who was uh who 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 was laid out. I forget how I do. I know, I was probably in a hurry writing this whole thing. Fletcher, who was just laid out from some double team offense into the ropes, gets hit with a flying leg drop. Okay, I don't know why I, I had to go all this way. Both babyfaces tope were caught, so that led to an Aussie Open doing the battering ram into another, into one another before the picture in picture. They come back and Viking go off the top rope, uh, right to a double drop kick. They do the pendulum. Um, Aussie Open does the pendulum bomb like move. They go for the forearm smash, but catch themselves as before Vikingo moves out of the way. But they still get one afterwards. Commander springs onto Vikingo's back while Davis had him in the Death Valley driver position. And he jumps off the back and does a destroyer against Fletcher. That, that was fucking insane. Vikingo then got Davis for a crucifix bomb. The baby faces both tight rope walk to meet the middle of the double moonsault. They both did 450 splashes from the same section of the top, but... Fletcher broke it up. Davis avoids a tightrope shooting star. They do the forearm smash and they do the um the Coralius for the wing. Think it's difficult to know what they'll do with the Luchador guys because they always interchange them with different tag teams or associations. Like commanders with like Lucha Bros, he's with Bandito or someone else. Like they always mix and match. But this match felt like there was more of an effort to make Commander and Vikingo come off like a legit tag team with matching gear and actually having t- tag team moves which stood out really well. They paced their high flying really well. And if they keep this up, you know, I'll start, I'll start, I'll really like this. But the thing is that it gives me less hope in, in, in that this company is like the spirit of WCW for better or worse. And it feels like they'll have these guys do the same, like some really dope matches. 
but there won't be any t any elevation past a certain point, which used to take me out of the quality of the match with the lucha with the cruiserweights because I knew they were not going to advance to the next level. So I guess it's cool to have like other styles, etc. But the, but will there be any real effort to give them like storylines? Like yeah, they could have they could have matches and that'll be good enough or something. It can work, but in this era, like you know, where I'm more invested in characters and character work mixed with the quality, it feels like people who do that style have like a shelf life in Western companies essentially. You know what I mean? Like Lucha Bros have a lot of accomplishment on paper, but like you know, have their reigns ever really been anything special as far as compelling feuds go? The trio feud with the Elite was based off like all the parties' past rivalries, but the Lucha Bros and Bucks were never had the best creative behind their actual feuds, even if the matches were always blow away, I guess. Penta and Phoenix had more of a storyline, you know, um, had more storyline advancement for their characters and impact than they've had in this company, essentially. Even though, like, or if they do, they fucking drop it. Like, you know, you know Phoenix and them being conflicted about their, you know, about, like, you know, whether to use a hammer. You know, th like, that was pretty decent, but, like, they didn't really go anywhere afterwards. And, and before the shills, like, lose their fucking, fucking mind, I'm not saying they haven't had any feuds at all or anything, but, like, their feud with House of Black felt like, like, for example, like, that felt like a vague promos, and then they would come back to it after a couple of weeks. So on paper, you can, you, you say you can paste a feud, but, like, nothing really came from it, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, just... Seem like, okay, we're on paper going to just make this feud kind of fucking stand out, but, like, we're not going to do things for weeks. I don't know. But anyway, I, I enjoyed this match. Um, and I was glad that uh, that um, Ozzy Open got a chance to do that thing on this show. I feel like this is going to continue more in ROH than anything. Yeah, I thought this was a really, you know, I thought it was a really good match, though. I thought it was really hype. They show a video package for Starks and Punk. Um... People really hate the real world champion thing. They think it's shitty for Tony Khan to promote this, that, you know. But I feel like that'll be designed until they decide to face each other, face MJF and M face each other. But I understand why they're doing it, because Punk didn't really lose the fucking title. You know, so he can do the pro wrestling trope of proclaiming he's a real champion. Like, that's not like, you know. But if this ends up becoming a real title for the Collision brand, this will be fucking stupid. And And, and all the people that are super pro-Punk will co-sign it, even if, even though they don't want, even though, even though they, they act like they don't want WWE tropes being done within the company, so they will encourage a fucking shitty brand split. I figure they might do that after the all-out and whatnot, but, you know. Anyways, uh, Rampage will have Anna J versus Sky Blue, you know, Swerve and AR versus somebody, Keith and Hardy's, and the Butcher and Blade versus uh, Hardy and Keith Lee versus Butcher and Blade and 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 Kim basically I guess I don't know, and then the parking lot brawl. So the main event: Sheeta versus Tony Storm. They fire off strikes back and forth. Tony has a retreat, but Sheeta still wins the advantage when she um, just batters her for, as batters her for a bit as she mounts her with strikes to the back of the head. Um, Sheeta approaches um, the outcast. Um. But she just does a running knee straight at Tony. The cameraman was too close for the ten punches against the barricade, and she was doing some like low, like you know, some weak strikes. The cameraman should have been better positioned. Sheeta ends up um, suplexing her against the corner. 
Then in the opposite direction, towing the hip attack to Sheeta, which ends her, uh, sends off the apron. The heels outside attack, behind the ref's back. Tony had the advantage before the picture-in-picture. Picture. Tony had control throughout the break. Sheeta counters a hip attack, um, which gave Sheeta a waist lock into a German. Sheeta goes for a rising knee strike in the corner, and then a German. Sheeta goes for the... Um, did I say that right? Uh, no. Sheeta goes for the... Uh, Rising strike in the corner and then a jumping one in the opposite corner and then the ten punches. Sheeta got a pretty weak missile drop kick which Tony had to sell like it was a more impactful. So credit to her. Sheeta does a meteor for the top. Ruby got involved, which let Tony do the training to DT. Tony uh, sets up for the hip attack. She gets in in the DT but a near fall only. Tony bullies Sheeta, and Sheeta strikes her as they do the back and forth and the crowds doing the boo and yay chant whatever. Tony lays in some kicks to the head. Sheeta gets a knee strike and then the falcon arrow for a near fall. Soraya throws in the candlestick, which in front from the ref. So they so both Tony and her fight over it. Sheeta was about to strike Tony with it. She opts to strike Ruby, so no DQ obviously. So Tony spray paints her by the ref's back, and then storms zero for a near fall. I figured that was over. Sheeta got a back got um, um back body drops another um you know uh, uh back body drops another attempt. Um, at the Storm Zero, at the, you know, Storm Zero, and they do a pinning combo exchange until Sheeta gets it, and she wins the match. Confetti drops for her. It went overtime. They did say that they would stick with it. This is a cool moment. Now Sheeta has had every design, has every design, um, hold on a second, um, Sheeta has, um, you know, um, my, my, my fucking eye is fucking itchy as fuck, and I did lose my fucking place. She's held every, uh... Hold on, wait, 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 where the fuck... She, she's had every night of the title. The first one she won with the... With the she won the first one with the first title, with the, the first uh, design, right? Um, And then they gave her the new design to celebrate a year... And then she lost that to Brit, and they and they changed it again, and then Sheeta, and now Sheeta has that one. So a good milestone to celebrate one of the original women in the company who you know should have had the title when the fans came back. So it's cool she still you know will have it with you know she she has it now with the crowd there, and I hope that this is for a while. I could see like you know Soraya maybe winning at her from at Wembley. It sucks Jamie wasn't able to be there for the title for the title with the, in Wembley, but. I think Sheeta winning is cool. They could have a rematch with Tony and her because I don't think this match itself was the best uh was the best that, that, that they could have done, but it was cool to, that they main evented it and it feels like one of those matches where they will, you know, do better with a with like, you know, a better like, you know, with a on a bigger stage essentially if they can go that route. But this is the right call for a big milestone show to have a title change. No angle really done afterwards. The overbooking of the interference was getting old. And if Tony had won, it would have sucked with all the interference. But when a babyface overcomes it, it does get people hyped because we are trained that all that shit ends the matches. Nothing nothing much else to say about the match itself because, I mean, it didn't matter, you know, the day after with all the fucking Lufisto shit going on and the work shoot elements being more focused on more so than the stuff that's in the fucking show itself. It's like they always do something good, but then they rather fucking book forced fucking internet discourse for like the better or the worst of it. Let me go to Impact now. 
Uh, Trinity came out for a promo about her journey, and this is where she made her debut in Chicago, almost wanting to quit the business because you know, you know, at the time when she wanted to quit the business, put over a title win. <laughs> Deanna came on basically said they set up a rematch for emergence, and Deanna's emphasizing that no one beats the um the the virtuosa twice, which has been evident with past booking. So it makes me wonder if Deanna wins. Then to me, they could go the rubber match route, but it would indicate that maybe Trinity might end up losing to the title because maybe she might sign somewhere else. But I would hope that she at least stays until maybe like after Bound for Glory if she does end up leaving. The COVID interrupted, but the but the focus being on Deanna and Trinity, and basically Santino makes a match, and the COVID actually won and beat Deanna. I was surprised with that. I guess it was good that Trinity didn't take the loss, so maybe Deanna win the title, and that will set up a title program that they can go otherwise. I don't know why you had Trinity and Deanna to lose, you know what I mean? But I don't know. The Rascals talk about the first time they've had a match together in three years. They're hyped up for the tag team eliminator tournament title for title shot. Scott says um, that he shows up and tells them that their behavior is unacceptable, so they're not being paid for like two weeks. They can still partake in the tournament. Not bad, really. Jody Threat basically got in Alicia's face for bragging about running the locker room, so they're going to have a match next week. He beat Alan Angels in a decent match, but nothing storyline-wise was really happening, so it felt conclusive. But it was a good match. We had EI do a, EY do a promo about addressing what happened when he was supposed to be dead. So they, they, they didn't see everything. He's going to show people the truth. And Gio was shocked that there was more footage of what happened afterwards. I like that they addressed it. I was hoping for an advanced truth about how people come back for shit like this in real life. But um, I was intrigued, and I'll, I'll get to that later in a second. You know, I was doing this in order. Uh, Jake something beat some jobber dude in a glorified squash. I'm liking the new version of him. He feels like he's going to be destined to be like be, for big things with the way that they're presenting him, essentially. I guess they need him to show up, show, show up to show the, at the, at the pay-per-view, like to show out at the pay-per-view so people would think that he has some new shit to him. And then he and then he carry off that momentum where people you know are actually into uh, him doing these matches despite you know how short it was. We see Leo on the phone and bully pull, bully and um etc. Pull up with Musa you know Musa Myers and they ask who he's talking to. Leo doesn't want to tell him. Bully said that he made the right decision. Leo says he doesn't like what this is. Says that this is gonna last long. Bully said they can last forever if he wants to. They want they want to trust him until he gave him a reason not to. This is okay. We didn't you know get much else this week, but I'm guessing with Leo being injured, we won't see him wrestling anytime soon at least. But the fact that they are not mentioning it means that it won't be for long by the time the next show is happening on the pay per view. He'll be fine maybe. I was expecting maybe he would have a title stripped from him or something, but anyways, later on, Josh Kushida and Shelly and Saban cut a promo, uh, you know, like a vignette packing about, like, being disappointed in Leo, and it wasn't much substance other than just addressing, addressing the attack, and then Saban talks about how an emergence he'll become the first 10-time X-Division champion, and Kushida holds the X up that he, you know, that he'll get a title shot. And they kind of kind of have a stare down. It was it was just that you know, Kenny King beat Yuya and Joe Henry. I like that Joe Henry singing his own theme and during the match. And then when you're supposed to clap, he would chop people um twice in the chest. The, you know, this guy really needs to be utilized on a bigger fucking stage for people to you know, like creative you know creative wise he's doing well in Impact right with a bit you know, but with a bigger crowd at some level he would feel like a a really over fucking act, you know what I mean? Like he would fit like in all promotions essentially. That's like the crazy fucking part. Although WWE would probably water down his music videos, but whatever. 
Kenny, like, like they would water it down, but Joe Henry is still creative enough that he'll still make it fucking funny. You know what I mean? Uh, Kenny King won though. You know, um, you know it was pretty, pretty good match. Kenny King um has made the DMC feel pretty valued. Uh, Grisham and Bailey talk about the tag match for the tag team eliminator and Bailey. I said that. He had talked Grisham into this match because he's not liking how the rules are being enforced. And Grisham says the problem is that there are no rules being enforced and brings up how the rules were not enforced, which cost Bailey his match the week before. And Bailey is being optimistic, but Grisham says optimism doesn't win you matches. And you'll have his back. You say you'll have his back and ba- and Bailey. He'll have his back and Bailey have his. I, I like that it's seeping into his character from the from Grisham. I hope they follow through with it. Too bad he, he couldn't do this in AEW when he was there for a bit, but, you know. But B- Bailey also sounded better on the mic, too, as well. The more he can get mic time, the more comfortable he'll be on the mic, you know, as, as much as, like, he, he tries to get more, you know, more time on there, you know. Courtney and Jessica are trying to get an emer- uh, get on emergence, but they don't know, they, they want to talk to, uh, you know, uh, they want to talk to uh, Scott Demore. Crazy Steve needs to talk to Rosemary, but they kind of just walk away from him. I really don't know what, what's going on with this fucking storyline. And again, sometimes like, like they'll show me something fun, funny, but sometimes I just don't fucking care after a while. If it gets the if if it gets decay back together fully, then maybe this will be cool. But who knows? The Rascals beat Grisham and Bailey in a good match. There was some miscommunication in Bailey and Grisham because they were arguing a bit afterwards. I don't know if they were arguing, but I don't know if they were talking, you know. But it was cool that, you know, Wentz and, Tr- Wentz and Trey um, team up again. Grisham took, the, Grisham, took, Grisham took the pin, and he was spray-painted, so that's adds to his storyline, you know. And then they closed with EY showing what happened after he was stabbed. It, it, I don't know if they, if they filmed all this at that time. It showed that they knew he was coming, coming back. But maybe they filmed this recently. He spit out the blood, and then he struggled to get on the, get on the fucking, put it on the mic, on the bike, on the motorcycle. And, it, and then he, as he's riding the motorcycle, he goes into a monologue. He asks if death is final and what, and, and what it is to live. So death, the curtain call, death can be beautiful. And the last thing any, any of us will know, but he isn't dead yet. He lived thousands of lives in this business, and he'll live a thousand more. Flesh can be removed, but this idea he he's an idea that's internal, and he can live forever. He said that it's uh he's more than death. He's an idea, and he will live forever again. Whatever I thought that was cool. I figured that maybe they would show like him being cloned or some shit. But I mean, this will be cool to you know to bring back and you know I mean it'd be cool if you did that, so you can probably like make it canon into the fucking storylines. And excuse why some of these guys can get this, have their bodies destroyed and come back so easily. Um, but this is fine, and at least they gave you some explanation. Now, whether you choose to accept it, that's up to you, basically. Anyways, it's 2, it's 2 a.m. now. I gotta fucking go and watch Rampage and uh, watch fucking SmackDown. So anyways, peace out. Mm-hmm.